，枪炮也不灵。开枪！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epitome as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss five deadly venoms, a Shaw Brothers. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlpool action. Four men, sworn death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing cross. Pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter, and they deserve to die. So he's doing it again, his way. Charles Bronson, he's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2, rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, from New Line Cinema, rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijacking. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的我本来想推荐你上去，但系上头唔批准。点解？呢、這个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
听说声，漫长路快要走过。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界。有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts.
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. Of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 comes a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken. In a Tony Scott film, the critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. Better tomorrow, too.
just the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. No. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Peddling that has got to be spooks. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a scream fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. Pedal projectors ever want to speak Even though I come and visit them like once a week Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek The NYPD just sprung a leak Not one of these pedal protectors they want to speak Even though I come and visit them like once a week Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek The NYPD sprung a leak Bastard, you did it again All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and, uh, you know, before we get started, uh, there's a lot going on in the world, very serious. There's a lot of very serious things going on in the world, and, you know, uh, perhaps it's time to just uh, be more of a serious show and, uh, and uh, you know, take things uh, and give them the, the deference uh, that they deserve. And so it is with that I would like to share uh, a very serious and important breaking news story that is probably the most incredible and serious breaking news story um, that I've ever covered on this channel. And uh, it's by way of a video. And uh, this is probably the most important news broadcast uh, you'll ever watch. Let's, uh, let's have a look here. Tonight at 10, we have footage of this fat nigger bitch getting knocked the fuck out at a local target by this white guy. About fucking time, right? Let's ask this nigger here. 
And I'm Labonte DeChantrell. Y'all motherfuckers need to calm the fuck down. I, this nigger bitch right here dropped the left and done got stole on by this based as fuck white boy after she requested reparations. Instead, he offered her layaway. And as you can see, she gone and put 100% down. Chandler Handler is live now on the wrong side of town, Chandler. It looks like that bitch needs some milk. Trisha, nigger shield, hoppin' heckin' fuck. Did you see that old nasty shaboon get fucked right off? Damn, that shit was like boom, bitch. I gotta say, this video is fucking based as fuck, isn't it? You can see her fucking neck snap back as she ate a fucking knuckle burger. Well done if you know what I'm saying. Niggers be mad as shit, but hey, y'all fucking niggers done fucked with the wrong fucking white boy. You heard? Fuck niggers. The camera caught everything, just like her fat black fucking mouth. This fat black bitch was probably running her fucking mouth when this Chad fucking wrecks that bitch with a right cross. You can see all the food stamps fly out of her like a ghetto pinata. You can see the guy immediately posting to Worldstar while he asks her if she wants another taste of those hands. Two local pigs showed up and kneeled down in front of her, you can hear me in the background, asking them to beat her to fucking death with a club. Fuck niggers. Beat her fucking head in. Take that, you fat black bitch. It's not yet known if this huge land whale has diabetes, but we do know the bitch has AIDS. You can see her here in the camera footage as she tries to eat one of the clerks, then she started getting fucking loud. Other nigger witnesses say the fat bitch started chimping out over reparations because her food stamps wouldn't cover all these costs. She waited for the cops to come, and the cops immediately tried to choke her, but she was way too fat. Incredible, uh, utterly incredible story. Uh, food stamps flew out of her like a ghetto pinata. One of the greatest lines I've ever heard. <laughs> so there you go. It's very, look, I've said it many times, and it's not something I came up with. It's one of the oldest internet memes. The internet is serious business. Now let's proceed here. Uh, Biden, underwater in deep blue state, poll finds. Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a shame. The pedophile in chief, uh, his poll numbers are underwater in New York. In New York, as his favorability rating drops, Biden's favorability, unfavorability rating in New York fell to 45.52, a drop from 50 to 45 in September, according to a poll from Siena College. A majority of Democrats, 52%, want a different presidential candidate in 2024, compared to 54% who said they wanted Biden to be the nominee for the upcoming election in September. Losing ground with Democrats, he is. While 70% of Democrats view Biden favorably and 70% of Democrats approve of the job he's doing, 52% of Democrats say they want a different presidential nominee in 2024. And in the general, Biden only leads Trump 46-37, a far cry from the 61-38 margin Biden won in 2020. Biden's lead slips to just seven points if RFK and West, who combined, win the support of nearly one in five voters are on the ballot. So far, it seems like since he has um, run as an independent, RFK is attacking Biden from the left. Um, so if RFK is going to strategically try to court Biden voters, then I think it's unlikely it will have much effect on Trump. I would like to see how this plays out. And again, I'm very interested as election season continues to see what the likes of uh, people like Rich Barris have to say, who are very credible pollsters. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Biden's slipping poll numbers in New York comes as Americans are growing more concerned with the 80-year-old president's age. 77% of Americans. Well, yeah, he just had a, 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 a moment where he 
probably shit his pants again. He was like in the middle of a speech and he's like, oh, oh, I have to go to the the Oval Office. I gotta go. And he left. He probably shit his pants. He probably shit his pants like Nadler. Unbelievable. That's what he gets. This was uh, a poll that was taken October 15th through 19th uh, with uh, 1,225 uh, registered voters. So uh, they they nominated this guy Emmer for speaker. I don't think he has a chance. This is probably going to be a clusterfuck, but good. Uh, what are they going to do? Uh, approve more fucking money for Ukraine and Israel? Fuck that shit. Um, I'm fine with the chaos. Republicans selected House Majority Whip Tom Emmer on Tuesday to be the third nominee for speaker. Again, from what I understand, he, he is not going to win. Trump came out against him. And so it's just fascinating to watch um, the corporate media and the Republicans and the uniparty Republicans, the rhino Republicans, all coordinate together to pull off the same media narratives. We're seeing a lot of teaming up right now uh, that we don't normally see. I mean, that's that's you could argue that's normal, but just this like Israeli-Palestine thing is is um, is is possibly going to cause some kind of changing of teams for people. Um, on the left, you have the uh, Jewish liberals who are realizing that they've been in bed with people who want to kill them, which is fascinating. And on the one hand, you know, I welcome anyone having a realization that uh, AIDS commies want to kill you. Um, but over here the whole time, we have been saying, hey, they want to kill us. And look, if Barry Weiss wants to make a huge deal about quote-unquote anti-Semitism and anti-Jewish sentiment, um, where were you? And granted, you don't have to, to do anything, but for me to take you serious, you have to be consistent. So if you, from the beginning, were like, hey, look at all this fuck white people stuff going on. This isn't good. And then you happen to be Jewish, and you're like, wow. And in addition, look at all this anti-Semitism shit. I'd be like, yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, okay. But no, 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 no. Only because it's about people who are Jewish. They were totally fine with, what are we at, a decade at least of a very intense fuck white people narrative in the media that is continuing to this day. Um, and I have a weird feeling, I hope I'm wrong about this, because then on the right what you have is you have um, this weird, I, I think it's ultimately somehow going to be turned around against Trump supporters. Because you have advocacy for censorship from conservative and conservatives against people who are pro-Palestinian. Now, on the one hand, um, I give zero fucks about people who want me dead and want me censored. So, you know, make the best... I don't give a fuck. Okay, on the other hand, though, I would argue it is strategically foolish to advocate for the Palestinian people to be censored, to have their... To have their um, protests outlawed. Obviously, if that happens, they're going to do it with Trump supporters. Here's an example of what's happening. Happening, It's very fascinating. So you have this fucking whore, I forget his name. This guy is a total lunatic who is the, apparently the key guy that's been pushing Ron DeSantis to do all of this um, um, Israeli uh, censorship stuff in Florida, right? So this is a guy who claimed that he was quote-unquote jumped by a person, I believe, from the Goyam Defense League. You know, these guys drive around in a U-Haul truck. One of them dresses as rabbis, whatever. Like or dislike them, 
uh, that's legal behavior as far as I'm aware. Um, you can dress up like a rabbi if you would like. You can hold signs that say whatever, you know, uh, and, and you can like Hitler if you want to like Hitler. It's a free country. Anyway, this guy has, has been one of the key people, I think he's in Congress, uh, for DeSantis doing all this stuff. And DeSantis has been very obedient to people like this. He's been a good boy. He really, he's just done everything. He, he made it where you can't pass out pamphlets to people, um, which is crazy, especially for Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I don't think the Jehovah's Witnesses are going to be targeted, but the point is the law, the pamphlet law is so broad that whoever's in power is going to determine who's not allowed to pass out pamphlets. Right now, it's people who have criticisms of Israel. But at some point, obviously, there's going to be another group of people that aren't going to be allowed to hand out pamphlets. Anyway, this guy suddenly doesn't like DeSantis because DeSantis wouldn't explicitly shut down protests from Palestinian supporters or Palestine support, whatever the fuck. Okay, so now he's turning to Trump and he's arguing that Trump is better than DeSantis on Israel. Now, I've, I've criticized Trump in the past for sucking Israel's cock, okay? But I, the idea that Trump is better than DeSantis, I think that's a little bit crazy. Uh, and I mean, granted, if you, if look, I don't care if you vote for Trump, I don't care. I want as many people to vote for Trump as possible. I don't care why you're voting for Trump. I think this is fascinating on the one hand. So it's like, is there going to be a bunch of um, uh, Jews that see what the score is and realize that maybe Trump, look, this could be a similar thing with like the evangelicals, right? Evangelicals like Trump because he doesn't want to exterminate them. So now it looks like there's there's Jews looking around and they're like, wow, there's a lot of these fucking pro-Palestinian people. I mean, look what happened in the White House. He got the dumb press hoe, was specifically asked about anti-Semitism, and she answered as if they asked about Islamophobia. There is something fascinating happening. And when you put that on top of the fact that the pro-Israel people, they just cannot hold the media narrative. They cannot hold, I mean, they hold it to a, a little bit. I'm not saying they don't have any control, but particularly online, they have no control over the narrative. They are losing the narrative badly, which is fascinating considering how this started. This started with a bunch of animals from Hamas coming in, kidnapping fucking grandmothers and babies and fucking slaughtering people, okay? And people were aghast at that. And then because of this nonstop footage coming out of Gaza of kids being buried in rubble and one with the scalp torn off and all this crazy shit, the sentiment has now gone completely in the other direction. And they, they just don't have good arguments, you know, like, oh, well, that's what Hamas wants you to do. They want you to, you know, have a problem with that kid with his scalp torn off. What kind of an argument is that? What are you arguing? What do you like? That's not. I don't care what Hamas thinks about what I think about that. Like that's not even part of the equation. It's just very fascinating. And then there's this whole thing where Dave Chappelle said some things that they don't like, and they might there might be a cancellation attempt of Dave Chappelle. You better make sure, given how much you're losing the information war, pro-Israel people. You better hope if you try to cancel Dave Chappelle that it sticks, because if you don't, you're going to look even weaker. So this is all very fascinating. So, um, yeah, this kind of uh, pro-Trump sentiment now. And then you have, uh, um, who's this woman? 
uh, Barry Weiss, she's like, oh, there's anti-Semites everywhere. And it's just funny when you compare the previous talk of anti-Semites, right? They pretended that the Trump supporters were the anti-Semites, okay? Trump supporters would like to be left alone and to live their lives. They would like reasonable, uh, and, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone. This is just my observation. They would like reasonable gas prices, just like anyone else. Okay, they would like reasonable grocery prices. They they don't want to be infringed upon and they don't want to be fucked with. Okay, um, th this is a group of people that's probably, I hate the word tolerant, but it's more tolerant of anyone because they a lot of them are live and let live. But they are demonized as the anti-Semites. And now because of what's happening in the Middle East, you have these fucking people that are publicly chanting gas the Jews, they want to kill the Jews. And it's fascinating, and I, I just, somehow, they're going to fucking still try to stick it to Trump supporters. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm telling you, I just think, and, and I don't really think that, um, you know, on the one hand, if you want to hop aboard the Trump train because you think, you know, a bunch of lunatic muzzies want to kill you, okay, no problem. But, you know, for me to take you serious, like, you, where were you before? This has been going on for years. It just didn't affect you personally. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's all very, it's all very fascinating. Um, anyway, back to the. So they got this fucking guy, who, uh, who uh, is going to try to be speaker. He's not going to be speaker. Who is it going to be? I don't know. I don't really care. Now we have this shit. So this is, this is fascinating. So you have another uh, uh, former Trump lawyer pleading guilty. Um, it is a huge mistake to put any legitimacy to any of this. This is wholly illegitimate. I don't like Jenna Ellis at all, okay? I talk about Jenna Ellis in a similar way that she talks about Trump supporters, so I refer to her today as a fat hoe, okay? You can call her whatever you want, whatever. You know, I'm not saying it's the kindest thing, but fuck Jenna Ellis, I don't like her at all. However, I vehemently disagree with the Tim Pools of the world, who, and you know what's interesting? Tim is doing this thing right now on multiple levels. And then there's the whole thing with Israel uh, that he did last night, which was hilarious. But th that's a whole other story. Let's talk about the election. Um, so Tim Pool ha is um, trying to make up for the fact that he was dead wrong about the 2020 election, which pissed off a lot of the Trump supporters in his audience. So what he's doing now is he's pretending, much like he did last night, to, be, to, to have the biggest stick when it comes to defending Trump. And so uh, what he's doing, he's, he's now arguing a couple things that I vehemently disagree with. One is that, um, that uh, it's possible that what's happening here is that the lawyers were lying about the election and that the election was actually safe and secure. And, and for that, they belong in prison. Okay, so first of all, that's preposterous to argue that, it, that the election was not safe and secure. That's, that's like saying the vaccine was safe and effective. Ridiculous. Okay. Secondly, look, you can have whatever threshold you want. For, and I talk about people that I think should go to jail. Now, I have a specific threshold for that. Okay. I don't talk about Biden voters going to jail. I'm not interested in that. I, don't, I wouldn't put Biden voters in jail. I have a specific threshold. And I'm not saying it's a legal threshold. I'm just saying if you're a person that, for example, lied to the public about the vaccine side effects... If you said that myocarditis was mild, deliberately tricking people into doing something that damaged their health, I think you should go to jail or at minimum have some sort of civil penalty for that. Okay. But the thing about it is when it comes to Jenna Ellis, um, I don't think she should go to jail. 
and I don't like her at all. I don't like her at all. It would absolutely give some sort of legitimacy to Fannie Willis, uh, ass Willis, um, if people start going to jail. These indictments are total fucking bullshit. And I don't care if some fat hoe gets in front of a, a judge with a gun to her head and starts crying. Okay? That doesn't mean that this has any legitimacy. And, and I retweeted this earlier, Salty Cracker had a tweet uh, uh, explaining exactly what was going to happen, which is the media is going to take, and they're already doing it, they're going to take these guilty pleas as evidence that the election was safe and secure. Because they're going to say, look, the people who said the election was stolen are pleading guilty to lying. What Jenna Ellis says in court has no bearing on the evidence. The evidence is it rises or falls on its own merit. Okay, And whatever you want to assess to that. These people will never even walk through any of the evidence. But what she says doesn't matter. What Chesbro says doesn't matter. None of that matters. To argue that she belongs in prison is a big mistake because um, it would make it look even more legitimate. Um, and he's act actually holding out the possibility that, like, this is somehow a righteous prosecution. That's nutso. That's complete nutso. Um, now, if you, um, if she does end up, because we don't know what the hell is going to happen, because the media, another one of the things that they're making up, and they do this all the time, is making a big deal about flipping. Oh, this person flipped. They're going to testify. You got to wait to see whether they testify and what the testimony is going to be. Before you say, oh, she betrayed Trump, and I don't even know what the fuck that means. You can you can have your own threshold for whatever that means. You got to see exactly what she did. But even if you're like, well, if she, let's say you consider that she betrayed Trump and you're like, fuck her. I don't care what happens to her. No problem. But if you want to see something bad happen to her because she betrayed Trump, it's got to be something not related to Fannie Willis. To, to argue for anything that could possibly add legitimacy or power to the completely illegitimate indictments, I would argue, is a huge mistake. And I think it's a very try-hard move from Tim Pool to try to act like, oh, I'm the big Trump defender for 2024, guys. Forget what I said about the 2020 election. I'm the big defender of Trump. And it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. Anyway, um, so Jenna Ellis pled guilty in the election interference case in Georgia. Um, Jenna Ellis, a member of Trump's legal team after the 2020 election, pled guilty on Tuesday to reduce criminal charges in Fulton County's sprawling racketeering case. And, and I mean, and it's obvious what this is. This is so obvious. They indicted these people on a bunch of felonies and now are letting them get off with no jail um, because they have nothing. They've overcharged. They can use they can use all this shit to destroy someone. So when you offer someone like Jenna Ellis no jail time and all you got to do is take a cock in the ass for 15 minutes and read a teary letter, they're going to take that. And and again, you can you can argue that she should, you know, spend all her time and money fighting for this and whatever. I I, I have no problem with that. But just don't lead any credence or legitimacy to these indictments because the whole thing is totally illegitimate. Anyway, it would make more sense if someone was like, fuck her, I hope karma delivers her a DUI or something. Okay, well, whatever. As long as Fannie Willis is not behind it, then I don't care. I don't give a fuck what happens. 
but you know, giving because I'm telling you, uh, I was sensing that part of what Tim was arguing was within the media narrative of now we have evidence they knew they were lying. Yeah, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. The election. Jenna Ellis kn- knows. She sat through the hearings. Those hearings, uh, they went over plenty of evidence related to uh, election fraud. They were in multiple states. Of course, people completely ignore them, but they did happen. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Um, She pled guilty to one count of aiding and abetting false statements and was sentenced to five years probation. She must also pay $5,000 in restitution and a letter apologizing to the state and testify against the remaining defendants. All right, we will see what the testimony is. I was watching Viva and Barnes the other day, and this was in in relation to, I think, um, Sidney Powell, and Barnes was of the opinion that she's probably not even going to testify because what do they have? They don't. No crime was committed. So what are they going to testify to? You know. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. The penalties that Ellis faces are significantly less than if she had been convicted of the charges that she initially faced, which included violation of the Georgia RICO Act. She delivered a emotional statement. And she said, blah, 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 as an attorney who's a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in my dealings. Um, I believe that challenging the results on behalf of Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. However, she said she relied too heavily on the information provided by other, other lawyers and ultimately failed to do her due diligence. I relied on others, including lawyers with many years of experience than I do, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to the legislators in various states. This is as trustworthy of a statement as the ones where the fucking people coming back from Hamas custody were like, oh, yeah, they treated us good. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. So it is what it is. They had a gun to her head. Um, but uh, uh, any legitimacy, especially from a uh, um, independent media commentator, giving legitimacy to anything with ass Willis, huge mistake, in my opinion. Um, all right. So I hope Trump's wrong about this. But the next article indicates that the, there might be something to this. I really hope that nothing happens. Um, The fight in Gaza is coming to the U.S. thanks to the Biden border crisis, according to Donald Trump. Former President Trump warned Monday that Hamas terrorism is coming to the U.S. after tens of thousands of Middle Eastern men have invaded the country through the southern border. Now, it's going to be wild if that happens. It's going to be wild to watch the people who are defending Hamas, who say they're just dealing with colonizers. They are going to go along with those terror attacks, too. And it's going to be a hell of a thing to watch. Especially it's going to be a hell of a thing for to watch some of the liberals go, I can't believe they, they are like this. Yeah, we've been saying this for years. Welcome to reality, asshole. Trump slammed uh, Biden's policies that have resulted in record numbers of illegal border crossings during his time in the White House, which have paved the way for potential terrorists to enter the country. Um, and so uh, we have this leaked... Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists could already be in the U.S., according to a DHS report. A new internal memo from federal officials warns that members of terrorist groups Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad could be crossing into the U.S. through the southern border in a memo obtained by the Daily Caller was sent by the San Diego Field Office, Intelligence Division of Customs and Border Protection, on October 20th. As the war began, Israel and Hamas continues, and pro-Hamas protests spread around the globe. 
Yeah, so like, it's just there's so much bullshit propaganda on both sides. I do enjoy it. I I, I really enjoy. It. But let me let me focus on this article before I comment on it further. San Diego Field Office Intelligence Unit assesses that individuals inspired by or reacting to the current Israel-Hamas conflict may attempt travel to and from the area of hostilities in the Middle East via transit across the southwest border. Foreign fighters motivated by ideology or mercenary soldiers of fortune may attempt to obfuscate travel to and from the U.S. or to and from countries in the Middle East through Mexico. In the 2023 fiscal year, U.S. Customs and Border Protection encountered 172 people on the terror watch list attempting to cross the north and southern borders illegally. At ports of entries at both borders, 564 encounters with those on the terror watch list were recorded. This is up from 2022 when 98 people were caught crossing illegally and 380 were encountered at ports of entry. The memo warns authorities to be on the lookout for indicators that include military-age males, military gear, solo travelers, and time to the region. The memo also includes questions of interest to be asked related to the individual's familial or personal associations with Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, and other related groups. This comes as CBP quietly released fiscal year 2023 results on Saturday, revealing the highest ever recorded number of apprehensions at the southern border, 2.4 million. The number tops the record previously seen in the 2022 fiscal year at 2.3 million. In a letter sent to the Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, to Mayorkas, uh, Josh Hawley demanded answers for the uptick in potential terrorist-linked illegal aliens. Oh, I'm sure he'll get right on that. I'm sure that sternly worded letter will really cause, cause some change. All right, Hawley, amazing. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to matter. Um, I'm sure the people that get blown up by the next Muzzy Terry, they're really going to go, well, that, that strongly worded letter from Josh Hawley, that really, that put my legs back on. We're good to go here. We're good to go here. And so now again, you got pro-Palestinian activists in New York City chant Nazi sentiment at anti-Semitic march. There's only one solution, isn't it? It's so fascinating. Oh, it's just again, I just laugh and laugh. Because Trump supporters, this is how Trump supporters have been portrayed the whole time. And they don't ever do this. They don't ever do it. And now you have, and it's not just like 10 people. Oh, did you see the fucking ADL? Amazing. The ADL, okay. There are anti-Jewish protests all around the world in Western countries where they're explicitly saying things like gas the Jews and, okay. So the ADL comes out with a bunch of uh, tweets and reports about like six guys on a highway overpass in Florida that held up a sign that said, fuck the Jews, like six white guys. Okay, that's what they're focused on. The six guys in Florida, instead of the hundreds of thousands of people across the, the country and the world. That is incredible. That it, what it, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And then there was this weird thing where it looked like Chayarichik was taking the ADL seriously, because there's something going on. There's some shit. There was like a public something happened in a public school where there was some shit, and uh, the ADL made a big deal about it. And then like Chayarichik retweeted the ADL to like like helping them. And I was like, what are you teaming up with the ADL? Even for like five minutes, that doesn't make any sense. Even if they're doing something that you like, what are you doing? This is all... So, uh, Twitter is amazing right now. It is uh, amazing. 
to see. So yeah, I would say that was a big misstep. Don't do that. I mean, I, I know why. I know she's Jewish. I understand. But holy shit, man, to just say that publicly is wild. Anyway, well, there you go. But then, of course, the next day, she was like, hey, the ADL put me on the extremism watch list. Yes, yes, they have to be dismantled. The idea that you can just take control of... No, it has to be dismantled. Anyway, it's, it'll never be dismantled. But uh, the only thing you can do is just have... If you can somehow take control of the culture and then just keep making fun of them. And then no one takes them serious. And then that's how they lose power. Not happening uh, for... You know, probably not going to happen. But uh, anyway, so you got these... Uh, you got, and there's a lot of these people, and they they're in, and and these people have infiltrated. Isn't it fascinating that you know you talk about how you know like uh, Zionists or whatever they've subverted different parts of the government and Hollywood and blah blah blah. I tell you this, the fucking crazy muzzies, they've also done a lot of subversion. Um, you know, you got these uh, uh, kids in high schools that are taking the Palestinian side. Oh, this is also fascinating. And then you look at the polling. Like, a lot of the older people are pro-Israel, but a lot of the younger people are not. Man. And still, and still you see... Look, you know what could help the uh, Israeli side? Why don't you be a little nicer? Okay? Just, uh, just could you be a little nicer? You just, you know, you're, you guys are bullies. You guys are bullies. If you stop being bullies and you were just nicer, I think people... Like, how about stop censoring people? Uh, in America. How about that? How about stop doing that? Um, and uh, how about uh, stop with the advocacy for the open borders in America? Now, I know this is preposterous. It'll never happen. But, it, you know, it's just it's so fascinating to watch them lose the information war on this. But you still use the same tactics. It's really interesting. You know, they're they're in a little trouble. And again, if if they don't pull this Dave Chappelle thing off correctly. It's, it's not going to be good. Because Dave Chappelle gives zero fucks. He gives zero fucks. And, uh, yeah. It's a hell of a thing. I, You know, it's just a shame that you, you would think, well, if, you know, finally they're seeing that there's this group of people that wants them dead. Maybe you could, like, ally or whatever. But I, I, I just don't... I don't think... I think... I don't... I don't think they will. I don't think they... Uh, I think they're okay if you get fucked with. They just don't want to be fucked with. Well, that's you can't out. You can't be allies in that situation. You don't have to like each other, but you know. Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. The shocking scene comes after Palestinian terrorists murdered more than fourteen hundred Israelis. Yeah, and then because of all of the footage coming out of Gaza of the children being maimed by bombs, sentiment completely shifted. You, you had people shocked at what Hamas was doing horrible shit murdering civilians kidnapping babies they're kidnapping these like redheaded children by the way I was like who are these red what are they Irish people in Israel they're they're kidnapping they look like two Irish kids you ever you see what I'm talking about these little boys with red hair I was like well I guess there's some Irish Jews who knew I don't know it's a, it's a hell of a thing um and uh and it's like wow look at these fucking animals just killing people and you know, stealing babies, killing babies, and then Israel fucked it up. The, the Israeli government totally fucked it up the narrative because you went too far, and you were like, well, there were 40 beheaded babies. And people were like, well, that's quite an extraordinary claim. Yes, certainly, I mean, look, Hamas does kill whoever the fuck they want to, so it's not like they would spare a baby, but you're saying 40 beheaded babies. That's a hell of a scene. And people were like, well, you know, where are you getting that from? Do you have any evidence? How dare you, anti-Semite? So, you know, the people who could have potentially been on your side, you just attacked them because all they did is demand evidence. 
But that's, of course, a rank act of anti-Semitism because the Israeli government and their propaganda apparatus for many years has been operating as you must obey or else. Well, that's not working anymore, Rabbi. It's not working. You, you're just going to have to come up with a different tactic. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's really crazy because you really had, you know, you, you could point to these people and go, look what they just did. And, you know, it's a, it was a valid thing. Yeah, that was fucked up. And then you, you had another problem because you had this security lapse for six and seven hours where people were like, hey, how is that possible? And instead of, you know, coming up with a reasonable answer, you just tried to destroy these people. How dare you? You're an anti-Semite. You hate the Jews. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. You know, there's some reasonable people that are Jewish that also ask those questions. Viva Fry asked that question. Viva Fry's being very reasonable about this. So far that I've seen, that was the first thing he started talking about, which I think when, when the attack happened, that was my initial question. How the fuck were they able to pull this off? And that's still not answered. We're called conspiracy theorists. Isn't that fascinating? Anyway, I don't know. It's a hell of a thing. So yeah, with your failed propaganda campaign, and now that you're bombing the shit out of Gaza, you've completely shifted attention away from the lunatic Hamas people. Because the lunatic Hamas people, they defend Hamas. You see fucking retard Hassan Piker talking about, oh, there's baby colonizers. Really, there's baby, you gotta watch out for those baby colonizers. So this guy, it's so fascinating. I can, if, if a conservative, uh, or, or I don't even, is that the right word anymore? I don't even know what word to use. If a normal person, if a kulak, if an American kulak tells a joke about trannies, they'll get censored. It's, oh, how dare you? Okay. Hassan Piker can go in front of a huge audience and argue that a group of animals were justified in kidnapping babies because there's such thing as a baby colonizer. <laughs> and it's totally fine. It's not a violation of anyone's terms of service. Isn't that fucking fascinating? That's a hell of a thing. That's a, yeah, gotta watch out for those baby colonizers. You know, they'll poke, you know, baby colonizers, you gotta, you gotta be careful, okay? You gotta be real strategic because they will kill you. They will shove their pacifier into your eye like the scene from Die Hard 2 with the icicle. You better watch out for those fucking pacifiers from those baby colonists and those rattles. They'll crack your head open with a rattle. You better watch out. Yeah, those redheaded kids, they were a big threat. You gotta, gotta kidnap them. Gotta make sure you kidnap the babies. You know, it's one thing if the Hamas people were like honorable and they were like, look, this is a fucked up situation. So we only go after the men, okay? And then you only went after the men and you didn't fucking kill and kidnap the women and children. Then you at least have a leg to stand on to, to argue. But like we saw what you did. But then again, you have Israel come in on the other side with this just preposterous propaganda. Oh, it's totally fine. Hey, we're going to bomb the shit out of this neighborhood because, you know, Hamas has some weapons in there. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. In America, this is what Israel, the Israel people argue. Uh, uh, this is what it would be like in America. So you got a bank robbery, right? And, and the cops come in and one of the bank robbers takes one of the bank tellers, holds a gun to her head, takes her as a hostage. It would be like if the bank, uh, excuse me, if the cops just killed everybody, just immediately killed the hostage and killed the bank robber and said, well, you know, it's, it's collateral damage. No one would accept that. And look, you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. No one's going to stop you. You're going to fucking level Gaza and you're going to do what you want. Can just be honest. Just be more honest. Stop telling people, oh, you're a bad person if you don't go along with what we're doing. That sounds crazy. Do you understand how crazy that sounds to regular people? If you're angry at what happened, I understand that. And you might not give a fuck, but that's okay. I mean, you know, look, I, would I 
be able to be objective if someone fucking came into my house and took my kids? Of course, I mean, yeah, I understand the anger. I'm just saying, with the moral fagging, it's just so unseemly, especially using pictures of, like, burnt babies. It, Twitter is crazy. It's, it's, it's weird. It's fucked up and insane. But it's also, in a weird way, entertaining. Anyway, back to this. So uh, this Eli Klein... Uh, Eli Klein was really good on COVID, I think, and, the, and he was very against much against the mandates. Uh, he is a, I think he does like art or something in New York. I'm not too familiar with him. But anyway, he says, just came home to hundreds of people outside my apartment here in New York City calling for intifada, which given recent events may well be considered a call for mass murder of Jews. Yeah, and eventually it's going to be a call for the mass murder of the rest of us. Okay, so that's, that's how they view it. Never did I expect to see this kind of open anti-Semitism. So close to home. Yeah, maybe it was a mistake to bring all these people into the country. <laughs> oh, but you know, you are a white nationalist if you said that. Oh, those evil white nationalists with their strict immigration policy. How dare they? Oh, what a bunch of crazy guys. <laughs> the uh, Intifada. It's a violent Palestinian riot or attack against Jews or Israelis. In the video posted by Klein, the far-left extremists were chanting... Intifada, and long live the Intifada. Moments later, they said, there is only one solution. <laughs> the reference is to the final solution of uh, Germany, which meant killing all the Jews. Anti-Semitic pro-Palestinian activists often chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is a call for destroying the state of Israel. Yeah, well, that's a hell of a thing. Subsequent video posted by Klein showed the scale of the protest as there were at least several hundred participants, potentially more. The protesters called for a complete defunding of Israel as they carried various anti-Semitic signs. The anti-Israel protest is mostly comprised of white far-left extremists in masks. Oh, it's not just white people, but okay. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing. So there we go. Uh... It's going to be interesting to see how much team changing there's going to be and what effect, if any, this can have on the election. It is just all so fascinating. Uh, Derek Chauvin's attorney breaks down the conviction appeal to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I would l love for the Supreme Court to do the right thing. Um, this guy's a political prisoner. I don't care if he was an asshole. Uh, what was there something about gambling debts? I don't, that doesn't matter. Like, I don't care about that. That should be handled individually. Um, attorney for uh, Derek Chauvin filed a petition asking the Supreme Court to hear an appeal to the contentious and highly publicized case concerning the overdose death of fentanyl Floyd. The Minnesota State Supreme Court this past summer declined to hear the case. Chauvin was sentenced by uh, hack judge Peter Cahill to 22 and a half years uh, in prison after a jury found the former officer guilty of second-degree murder. Again, preposterous, especially in light of, I mean, we already had the the um, autopsy, uh, but uh, we went over what was previously, or was it last week, uh, reported that they all knew. They all knew that the evidence did not match the narrative, and they buried him anyway, and they buried the rest of these cops anyway. Um, one of Chauvin's attorneys uh, told Alpha News the appeal is of nationwide significance, noting several reasons why he believes his client was not given a fair trial. He says, we argued that the Minnesota courts violated Mr. Chauvin's right to a fair trial under the Sixth Amendment by refusing to transfer his trial to a location in Minnesota, which was not affected by the riots. 
BLM protests and riots broke out nationwide in 2020 with damages costing $2 billion. If the jurors acquitted Mr. Chauvin, they would have been bracing for a resumption of riots in their own community and possible threats to their own personal safety, which virtually all of the jurors expressed when questioned by the attorneys prior to the trial. Supreme Court precedent provides that such cases should presumptively be transferred without any finding of actual juror bias. In other words, the bias is presumed. He argued the apparent wrongful conviction of Chauvin has made it nearly impossible for police departments to maintain and recruit good officers. During the trial, Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, argued that Floyd's drug use and bad heart were crucial factors in the death and that Chauvin used reasonable force through the authorized prone hold. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner revealed Floyd's autopsy showed the deceased had lethal, potentially lethal levels of drugs in his system. Um, I would be stunned if the Supreme Court did the right thing, but uh, you never know. You never know. You're probably going to get like a base dissent from uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, give me, uh, give me ten seconds here. Okay. Here is another political prisoner uh, locked up by the Biden regime for his speech. Owen Schroyer ordered by the Biden regime to report to federal prison tomorrow, which is today, as I understand it, he is in prison right now. And they are probably going to torture him. I think they tortured Baked Alaska. I mean, this is this is like no joke. Infowars host Owen Schroyer, who was sentenced last month to 60 days in prison in relation to events of January 6th, despite not having entered the building, the Capitol building, has been ordered by the federal government to turn himself over to federal prison tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, Schroyer said in a video, Owen Schroyer here, and I'm about to turn myself in to be a speech prisoner in Biden's America. Unfortunately, we knew that things would get this bad. Unfortunately, we knew the Democrats were this corrupt. Now I have hit the uh, hit to the front lines and be a speech prisoner in Biden's America. Yeah, you're probably going to be in for some. I hope he survives. I hope he survives. Schroyer added that he's currently in litigation to once again receive access to his original Twitter account. While Schroyer is away, his media team operated the at Owen Schroyer 1776 account, and he will be given updates on his situation while he's incarcerated. He said that year 1776 is extremely important, not just because it was the founding year of our country, but the U.S. government is arguing it's illegal for me to say 1776 in Washington, D.C. Don't believe me? Check the U.S. government sentencing memo for yourself. They said me chanting 1776 in Washington, D.C. is worthy of 60 days in prison. I'm surprised they didn't give him longer. They gave Joe Biggs two decades at least for pushing on a fence. Biggs also a former InfoWars guy. So now we got two InfoWars guys in prison, and they're going to do something to Alex Jones because this civil thing's not working at all. He, 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 it seems as though he cleverly moved all his money. Good, good. I hope he has a fuck ton of money somewhere that no one can get to. Um, but they're going to criminally indict. I, I, I would be stunned if they didn't criminally indict him. Over bullshit, it's going to be obvious bullshit. The 60-day sentence that Schroyer will now serve was handed down by AIDS commie judge Timothy Kelly, who belongs in prison. He's the one that gave Enrique Tarrio 22 years in prison. That was for a tweet that said, um, or as a parlor post, I think, don't leave, something like that. Schroyer did not enter the Capitol. He had only addressed a crowd outside the building. Prosecutors who had attempted to get Schroyer locked up for the double amount of time seen in his sentence claimed he spread election disinformation. 
this is to set up the indictment of some commentators. I think that's there. This is all. There's this is all a process. They're going to indict. A, maybe it is ultimately going to be Alex Jones, but they're going to indict a commentator who specifically uh, told the truth about the election. Um, the AIDS commies said Schroyer did not step foot in the Capitol. He did not need to. Many of those who listened to him did. In the aftermath, he has blamed Antifa and told his followers we should be proud of what happened. The DOJ condemned Schroyer for his speech. It wrote that he stoked the flames of a potential disruption of the certification vote by streaming disinformation about alleged voter fraud and a stolen election to thousands, perhaps millions of viewers on his program on InfoWars. Do you see this right here? He streamed disinformation about voter fraud. There it is. There's your predicate. There's your predicate to indict. It's fa it's bullshit. It's not real. Is that the word predicate? It might not even be the word. That's the shit they're going to use to indict uh, a commentator. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's what I think is going to happen. Crazy. Completely crazy. So, yeah, you got this weird shit going on. You got, like, inside. it looks like inside the Biden regime that there is, like, a solid pro-Palestine influence you know, normally it's like 100% pro-Israel. That's still there, but it's it's like there's this these competing forces. Now you got Macron calling for an international coalition to go after Hamas. Says world must fight terror group without mercy. Well, I don't give a fuck what you do. I just keep America out of it. I would look. I would rather there be not America. But yeah, go in there and take out the Hamas people and stop bombing neighborhoods and be like, well, you know, it's collateral damage. <laughs> it's hilarious. French uh, President Macron held nothing back when discussing the urgency facing the Western world to defeat Hamas. During a press conference with Prime Minister Netan, Macron called for the International Global Coalition established to defeat the Islamic State to be expanded to go after Hamas. How about not letting them into your country? What are, you, what are you, idiots? It's all a gay op. France is ready for the international coalition against Daesh, Daesh, ISIS, in which we are engaged for our operation in Iraq and Syria to fight against Hamas. Um, early on Tuesday, Macron met with Israeli President Herzog, where he discussed the danger Hamas poses to Israel and the rest of the world. Um, he says, I propose our international partners that we can build a regional and international coalition to fight against the terrorist group that threatens all of us. Macron said Hamas must have been fought without mercy, but not without rules. Uh, adding that civilian casualties must be avoided, unless, of course, you're talking about Israel, they can do whatever they want. The French president's strong comments against Hamas and in support of Israel come a day after Blinken urged the world leaders to condemn Hamas. Uh, Blinken said, enough is enough. Uh, should have been the case with Hamas two weeks ago. It'd be good to hear the entire world speaking clearly with one voice about the actions that Hamas took, about the slaughter of people, about the fact that there should be absolutely intolerable, unacceptable to anyone and any country and any people, except when Israel does it to the Palestinian civilians, then it's totally fine. The U.S. has increased its presence in the Middle East by deploying missile systems to the region and preparing troops for deployment as Israel continues to face threats from Hamas on its borders with the Gaza Strip and Hezbollah on its border to the north of Lebanon. Um, it is a fascinating thing uh, to post about. I don't post about it a lot. I think this was my first post even related anything to Israel, I think. 
because um, I don't generally give a shit. I, I, I'm more watch, just watching, you know, like um, I, I don't think innocent people should suffer for the sins of their government. And that's pretty much my position. Um, that's not a standard that we would accept in America. And that's basically the standard for ISIS. ISIS it will do a terrorist attack and take out civilians for the sins of the government. So that's all. Anyway, so last night, now this was fascinating. I had posted a poll related to some shit that went down last night. Uh, and it, it and it's really interesting. You get all sorts when you just put Israel in something. You get all these fucking people coming in. First, you get the Bitcoin people. They're like shilling Bitcoin, <laughs> and then you get these whores shilling their OnlyFans. That's a hell of a thing. It's like it's hilarious. And then you get you get the normal people. You get you get like viewers, and you get people that have you know strong opinions either way that are like real. And then you get these obvious IDF people who are like sitting in Israel behind their computer posting like Jim Carrey memes because the memes are like gay. They're not like, they're just like, it's obviously inorganic. Uh, and and the, they just, what they post doesn't make sense in context of what's being said. So that's very funny. So anyway, what spawned this is uh, Tim Pool had a very interesting day related to Israel. So he started off his day really good. He started off his day because the pro-Israel people, they're very unhappy with Cassandra Fairbanks because Cassandra Fairbanks is Tim Pool's booker. She's a pretty good bo booker. They do get decent guests. Um, anyway, and, and like Scott Horton's going to be there Friday and they just had, uh, they just had the uh, guy from Grey Zone. So I will, I will say, as critical as I am of Tim Pool at times, um, cred th that's... You know, you're you're taking risks when you're bringing in people like that because the Israel people fucking hate those guys, okay? So anyway, a lot of the pro-Israel people, they are very pissed off at Cassandra Fairbanks because she talks about uh, a lot of the civilian casualties happening in Gaza right now, okay? So they don't like that. And so they want Tim Pool to fire her. So Tim Pool made a video saying he will not fire her and he will never do something like that. And credit to him for that. That's good. You know, they're putting pressure on you to fire your friend and you're like, fuck that, I'm not gonna do it. So I, so I saw that video and I was like, that's absolutely fantastic. However, you know, at some point, he's either gonna get a call or realizes that the people that gave him the call before the Kanye interview, they're not gonna like that video. So what he did last night on the show, he had this, uh, there's this young guy, Preston, Preston Parra, I think his name is, and uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but I thought he did a really good job keeping his emotional composure. He was just m making arguments about how he shouldn't kill civilians, and that Israel shouldn't just bomb a neighborhood and, you know, kill everyone in it. That's really was his argument. And he's very Christian. So he had a very pro-Christian, you know, thing and, and whatever. Okay. So Tim Pool went into full-blown, almost Nikki Haley, Israel cum slut mode. You can compare it to Nikki Haley or, or Dave Rubin, just like ridiculous levels of propaganda, which made me laugh. And then, and I wasn't even that interested but then I watched this performance and I was like, I'm, I'm going to do a poll. Uh, who auditioned, who had the best audition to be Israel's cum slut? Tim Pool, Dave Rubin, or Nikki Haley? Nikki Haley won the poll, although I think the poll still has a little time. Uh, Nikki Haley, I believe, is going to win that poll. But anyway, yeah, it's, um, and I, you know, look, it's a tough spot for Tim to be in because he does both sides a lot of issues. This is a hell of a thing to try to both sides, especially like if you have 
you know, like they can hurt him. You know, that's the thing. Like they can hurt him. They hurt Kanye. He knows they can hurt him. But, you know, like, again, credit for defending your friend. I do think like I do respect that. Okay, I do respect that. But, you know, and I think there's a way to kind of defend Israel if that's what you want to do. But uh, it was not good. And that, that Preston guy, he did a good job. Uh, credit to him. He kept his composure. I thought he, 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 I thought he uh, did well for himself. And I'm always rooting for Christians in situations like that. Because he's very, like, he was talking about how, like, you know, he, he was getting, like, biblical about salvation and all that. And I'm not a Christian. But I would like to see more Christian stuff. And anytime I see a Christian, I am hoping, hey, I hope you get some people on board. Okay. Uh, he said a couple things where I thought optically were not great, like something along the lines of, uh, you, you, like, you'd have to be stupid to not be a Christian. And, like, you can believe that. I don't care. It doesn't offend me. But optically, that's probably a turnoff. But all the other stuff, especially how he, how he conducted himself, I thought was a very positive thing. So credit to that guy. I thought he did an overall good job. And he's young. He, I remember being young and zealous in the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I had that opinion, you know, you're an idiot if you're not Jehovah's Witness. It's, it's not a good look. It's better to just make your argument. You have a lot of good arguments you can make, you know, with Jesus and stuff and being nice to people and all that. Like, that's all good. Um, you know, Jesus very much anti-pedophile. Uh, very much, you know, if you uh, fuck with the young ones, I'm editorializing. I know he didn't technically say that. I understand. You, you, you know, they, you're better off being thrown into the sea with a millstone around your neck. That's a pretty strong advocacy against pedophiles, in my opinion. So I'm a fan of that. That was good. Because they pretend, oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, tolerated everything. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true. He also didn't tolerate people selling shit at the temple. He was whipping those motherfuckers. He didn't like that. Yeah, Jesus uh, whipped the Jews. It's a hell of a thing. Um, all right, so yeah, this was this is wild. Um, the dumb press hoe is cleaning up the uh, anti-Semitism debacle at the press conference yesterday. White House press hoe uh, attempted to do some damage control after one of her responses during Monday's press briefing sparked backlash from both sides of the political aisle. In a post to Twitter, the dumb press hoe responded to some of the criticisms, namely that she had blown off concerns about the rising tide of anti-Semitism in the United States and instead focused her attention on hate crimes against Muslims. She did do that. That is what she did. She re this is what was so fascinating. The press whore of the United States, when asked about anti-Semitism, pivoted as if she was asked about anti-white sentiment. If you asked her, what about, let's say there was a rash, I mean, you, there are anti-white hate crimes that happen, okay? And uh, if you asked her, hey, what about this anti-white hate crime that just happened? She would immediately pivot to something else. Well, she did that with anti-Semitism. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. This is what I'm talking about, that they're losing to the Muslims right now. And I don't, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing at this point. You know, that's, um, you know, because the people they're losing to, they're not, a, they're not a pleasure either. You know, they're more visceral. You know, they, I don't know. I don't know, man. But it's not good. It's not like either side, you know, wants to do stuff to you. So I would rather neither of them have any power and Americans have power who like America uh, and who are not going to try to censor people, who are going to, you, you know, are, are going to try to make it so you can't pass out pamphlets and stuff. That's no good in America. By the way, if you didn't do that and you didn't debank people, I wouldn't give a shit. You know, it's just so wild. Like, like they're coming for you. And there were plenty of people 
in America that would have hopped aboard if you were just nicer. <laughs> but you weren't. And now, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, <clears throat> in a post to Twitter, she responded to the criticism. To be clear, the president and our team are very concerned about a rise in anti-Semitism, especially after the horrific Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. That's why the president mobilized his homeland security team to address any potential threats that could harm Jewish communities, as well as Muslim, Arab American, and Palestinian American communities. See, they don't like the pro-Israel lunatic Jews. They're not going to like that. That's, that's going to be like the Trump Holocaust statement. They didn't like that when Trump was like, um, today's Holocaust Day or whatever it is. And, you know, um, shout out to all the people. Again, I know he didn't say it like this, but whatever. To all the people that died in the Holocaust, you know, with respect, sorry that happened. Something like that. And they were like, how dare you? Because they didn't say, they didn't focus on the Jews. They just said everyone that died in the Holocaust. They didn't like that. They're not going to like this. You're talking about anti-Semitism. By the way, this is one of the few times that if, now I don't buy the terms anymore, like it, it, all of these things are cudgels to be used, but this is one of the rare times that the cudgel isn't being used against white conservatives. <laughs> it's being used against people that are pro-Palestinian. Oh man, isn't this wild? Anyway, to say, to bring up the Muslims when they're, you're being asked about the Jews. Oh, there's a lot of Jews in the world of the crazy uh, Israelis. By the way, there's plenty of Jews that are not part of this. And I'm not, I have no beef with them. If This is the thing. If you're not doing what I'm talking about, I'm definitely not talking about you. Same with like if I watch people on the internet and, and they, like if, you, if someone's talking about Italian homosexuality in Florence, Italy, I don't get bent out of shape about that because I'm not a homosexual. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people, okay? So, you know, maybe, maybe if you're newer, you might think I'm throwing a blanket. I don't throw blankets. I try to be very specific. I'm specifically, when I'm talking about is Israel, I'm talking about very lunatic pro-Zionist propagandists like Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin and all the people that pretend Israel's perfect. And then on the other side, I'm talking about the lunatic pro-Hamas people that think everything Hamas does is perfect, okay? Both sides can suck my dick is my personal position. But I don't fault you if you take a side. Take whatever side you want. <laughs> why do, but why do I have to take your side? I don't have to do anything. And I love, I love it when human beings set themselves up as the arbiter of a good person. You better go along. Look at this picture. If you don't do what I say, you are responsible for this. You're a bad person. That's all made up. That's all completely made up. Now, you don't have any authority to do that. No, not at all. Anyway, it's all very interesting. Um, so now it's possible this shit might come to our borders because if ha Hamas starts doing a bunch of terrorist stuff, because I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, I'd be a little surprised if there was an Israeli terrorist attack in the country. I would be surprised. I'd be like, oh, I didn't expect that. Would I be surprised if there was a Muslim terrorist attack? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, the thing that would probably shock me more than an Israeli, Israeli terrorist attack in America would be if like an, an Italian, an Italian terrorist attack, you know, because people could, I mean, maybe, I don't know, would you call the USS Liberty a, a, a terrorist attack in America? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I'm not saying it's impossible. Okay. I'm not saying that it could never happen. I'm just saying that the Muslim terrorist attack is much more likely. But if the Muslim terrorist attack happens, this is just going to make this all the more interesting to see again, who teams up with who, 
How does this work out? Who wins this battle inside the Biden administration? What does this do for Trump in the election? What does it do for RFK? RFK is really sucking the cock of Israel, sitting up there with Rabbi Shmuley, you know, has the blessing of Rabbi Shmuley. And uh, what's that going to do? I don't know. Um, so Megan Kelly says, weird how you didn't say that when asked directly. And then uh, Carol McElwood says, to be clear, it didn't seem that you or the president are very concerned at all about the rise in Jew hatred. Say it from the podium. Don't take it to your Twitter account. Well, if the Jew hatred was among white people, which it isn't, that's the thing. Uh, uh, Salty Cracker talks about this all the time related to what white people are the most fucking tolerant, particularly for homosexuals, but are the ones portrayed as the most homophobic. And you've got these retards for... Uh, queers for Palestine, who would be thrown off a building immediately if you were there. They would fucking, or they would Ayatollah Khomeini you on a, on a fucking crane. Okay? So, so it's just, again, it's really, it's just, it's enjoyable to watch the people that demonize our side now get face to face with a group of people that are what they said we were. Oh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. What are you going to do? You know, you would think if everything was normal and we were dealing with normal people, we would ally and team up. Now, I don't think that I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, when pressed on Monday about the rise in anti-Semitic rhetoric and demonstrations on American college campuses and elsewhere, and whether the White House was concerned about the threat of anti-Semitic violence, Pierre pivoted almost immediately as if she was asked a question about white people. <laughs> That's not what the Daily Wire uh, posted, of course. Um, man, eh, that's incredible. Critics push back from Ari Flesher. He says, this is one of the most tone-deaf answers ever. The question was about anti-Semitism and KJP talks about threats to Muslim Americans. I guess the fact that Jews are attacked doesn't register with her. What a weak answer. Uh, and why are you looking in the book? What's the approved answer? Simple answer is yes, you are concerned about the rise of anti-Semitism. Of course, we're also worried about hatred against Muslim Americans. Must do better, said Moskowitz. By the way, if you, you know, I, I don't know how much you're keeping score here. But uh, yeah, I would rather, I would rather go into a Jewish neighborhood than Dearborn, Michigan, okay? And I'm not saying, are there reasonable Muslims? Absolutely. But you know, look, it's, it's like with the Italians with homosexuality in Florence, Italy. It happened. It's a thing. But uh, it's unlikely. You're going to get looked down upon by some of the people if you go into a Jewish neighborhood. But otherwise, I think you're going to be fine. And the, and the fucking delis are in, insane. Holy shit. The delis are insane. They really are. I don't care. I don't give a shit about judgment. If you have good food, you could hate me. I don't fucking care. It's not all of them. I worked for Jews at a camera store. Okay? And it's some of them were cool. Some of them were hilarious. And a couple of them were absolute fucking assholes. So it is what it is. Um, this is not, see, this is, this is why it's over, in my opinion, for me personally, when it comes to sports. Because I don't think any of these sports could reach the threshold that I would need in order to go back. Um, uh, the only sport that I uh, uh, treat differently is UFC. I like a lot of the UFC fighters. They're very based. They're very anti-commie. Uh, and I like Dana White. And he allows his, and I don't care, you know, he has this thing where you can, you can, you can uh, wear whatever flag you want. Well, there's all sorts of people 
that fight in the UFC. Some are pro-Israel, some are pro-Palestine. Let everyone fucking fly the flag. And I mean every flag, if they want to. I mean, whatever. Fly any flag you want, that's the rule. And then if you don't like the flag, you can yell and scream. But that's the thing that's awesome about fights. This is why one of the greatest wrestling gimmicks of all time is Hulk Hogan as the American and the Iron Sheik as the fucking Iranian. Or you had Nikolai Volkov. Like, people, and especially back then, because society, you know, there wasn't the internet. And also, I was a kid, so I, I thought, like, all this shit was real, which was a very thrilling way to watch wrestling. And uh, But it was such a great thing. Like, you saw these people fight. Or you can bring it up, bring up real sports. When the Flyers uh, beat the... Um, the USSR, this was like, you know, 50,000 years ago, or the miracle on ice. There's a, like, that's a very good thing. So I would love nothing more than to have a fight against two badasses. One having an Israeli flag and the other one with a Palestinian flag. That would be fucking must watch TV. Just like they had the one, wasn't there this, uh, you know, I'm not a, as much of a fan of the women fighters, although I have way more respect for women UFC fighters than women uh, wrestlers. I'm not saying there's no entertaining women wrestlers. I'm saying that very rarely do they get it to the point where I'm entertained. Of course, you know, I'm one person. I, I'm obviously in the minority because I think it's very popular. But there was that fight. There was this anti-communist woman fighter who fought and beat the shit out of a fucking commie from China. That's fantastic. That's it's like so so that so UFC gets a total pass. I like UFC, NHL, MLB, NBA, NBL, NBL. No, NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB. Okay. Um, with that said, there's still nice things. Like I like I hope the Phillies win the World Series. Okay, I'm not really watching. I have fond memories of the Phillies. Um, I watched the Phillies when they and rooted for them when they really sucked uh, many years ago. But you know, it, I I just can't. You know, this is why. So the NHL. What last week was it? We went over an article. Hey, the NHL is doing something a little bit based. They're like, hey, fuck this homosexual tape that you, you try to coerce people into putting on their sticks. Okay, and so they were like, you can't do this anymore. Well, guess what? And this is not at all surprising. They backpedaled. They will now allow or they will now allow players to put homosexual tape on their sticks. Just two weeks ago, we reported that the league had outlawed the pride tape, but apparently some gay guy from the Coyotes thought he'd wear the tape on his stick anyway, which caused the NHL to cave. The National Hockey League is ending its ban on players supporting social causes on their equipment, including a popular stick tape. That was the reporting earlier. There's this fucking based hilarious guy from, uh, what country is that? Not Wakanda. The fucking country, you know, the you know the way people. What the fuck is that shit? Whatever fucking African country that is. I actually, those people seem very pleasant. I wouldn't visit there. I'm, I want to be clear. Uh, but they seem, uh, they seem like they can take a joke. Um, and they're very based, uh, you know. They lie and they say, oh, homosexuals get killed. They're, no, they don't. If you fuck a kid there, they're going to kill you. But, uh, you know, you, can't, you just can't do the propaganda. Why do you have to do the... Why can't you just suck another man's cock in private? Why do you have to give people propaganda? I don't need to spread any propaganda about big titty bitches. So why do you have to spread... And, and I would take a deal if you're like, hey, I'll keep my shit private and you keep your shit private. Nope, then we have a deal. But you wouldn't take that deal. I'm talking about rabid homosexuals. Regular based gays, they, they not only would take that deal, that's the deal they're currently in. Because you, you don't even know. Because it's not, it's not germane. It's not germane. Who cares? Anyway... The gay tape company is pretty happy about this. Pride tape is very 
Very happy. Unbelievable. NHL fans, however, we'll see how they react. They aren't exactly the gay pride type. Unbelievable. So, yeah, hockey. And then I went, and I'm not going to get into it again, but the other thing that turned me off to hockey is uh, there was this coach, Mike Babcock, a, a championship-level coach that was starting with a new team. And he lasted, I think, a month because the new players, not all, but most of them, are abject pussies. And they just don't know how to deal with men. They don't know how to deal with coaches that are fucking men. And so he got fired immediately, and that's it. So there you go. Columbus Blue Jackets lost an all-world coach because someone was being a fucking pussy. I, I can't. I just... It, look, I am more than willing to acknowledge that some things are passing me by as I get older. No problem. No problem. It is... I had a great run. I lived through, without question, the greatest sports hours of them all outside of 50s and 60s baseball, which is the best probably ever, ever of any sport. Second, probably 80s, 90s NBA. Um, so it is what, and that's the other thing. What do you have now in sports that rivals any of that? Nothing. There's nothing. There's no Iverson. There's no Jordan. There's no, what, what do you have? Curry. Curry is an amazing player. He shoots like no one I've ever seen before. Who, what else do you have? Durant? He's okay. LeBron James is a pussy. LeBron James is not Kobe Bryant. He's not Michael Jordan. So what do you have? You have a fucking pussy. He's very good, but he's a pussy. So anyway, it is what it is. Where are the centers? The Patrick Ewings and the Alonzo. Remember that shit? All the centers? Everyone had like a great center. That was the shit. Anyway, whatever. Moving on. We have, uh, uh, let's see. This is, this is, fa I do think there is something happening here. And it's just so fascinating because I think the people it's happening to are surprised that it's happening to them. But again, it's being, it's been happening to us this whole time. Voice actress says she was fired from YouTube show for being Jewish. Wow. Holy shit. That's amazing. Man. Now, I was one of these people. I, I don't think you should be fired for your political beliefs. I'd like to see political beliefs be a protected class. Whatever it takes to get the oppression to stop. But, um, you know, now we have a, a different group. You know, there's always another group they're going to go after. So it's just all very interesting. Beloved voice actress Tara Strong was fired from her role in the independent... She's a smash, I think. She's got big ones. Uh, independent animated series, Boxtown. I don't know what the fuck that shit is. After posting her support for Israel and its war against Hamas terrorists on social media. On Friday, she posts, I just found out on Twitter regarding her termination. This is what happens when you help fans get shows made, I guess. Fired for being Jewish. Glad I helped to get your Kickstarter money. Please lose my email address and pray for my family in Israel and in Gaza. It's a hell of a thing. Oh, you have family in Israel and Gaza? That's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, Justin Amash, horrible situation for this guy. It is a hell of a thing. I got to say, that guy, he's just, you know, keeping it businesslike. But it's got to be crazy. He's had multiple family members of him were killed in bombings. You know, Israel bombed these buildings, the church... And like, yeah, oh, so they bombed the church or they bombed the place next to the church. The people still died, okay? I don't know what you want. Like, oh, it makes it okay if they just bombed next to it. They didn't mean to. Right, yeah. Hey, oh, that, oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't mean to? That makes it okay. Anyway, he's just posting the footage of, like, his family members getting pulled from the rubble. This guy used to be in Congress. He's like a libertarian now. That's a hell of a thing. The Internet's a fucking crazy place, man. Strong, who has voiced iconic characters such as Batgirl and Harley Quinn, as well as characters... On Powerpuff Girls, Rugrats, and Teen Titans. That's a hell of a, uh, uh, what do they call that? A resume. That's a lot of shows. 
wrote, The Post, in response to an announcement that the role would be recast, Strong had previously written multiple posts slamming the atrocities committed by Hamas terrorists in Israel against civilians on the 7th. She wrote in one of the posts, For those who support the actions of Hamas, when they infiltrate your hometown on your soil, break into Jewish homes, raping, beheading innocent babies, will you applaud them? Yeah, they will applaud them. The people that are crazy, yeah, they will applaud them. Will you wave their flag while they slaughter Christians and Muslims who don't believe their ideologies? Yeah, those people will cheer it if they do it to us in America. <clears throat> anyway, you think you're going to reason with people? No, definitely not on Twitter. <laughs> In another, she wrote, world's gone crazy. People arguing online about whether or not the mass raping, shooting, and kidnapping of innocent young women from around the world and a music festival is justified. Well, it's the internet. I mean, this is what happens on the internet. Could happen at any music festival. Supporting terrorists empowers them, and that's globally terrifying. Well, wait till they support it when it happens in America. That's going to be the next level of this. As this continues to escalate in clown world, in response to the news, the veteran actor's termination fans bashed Boxtown in comments. On Monday, Boxtown's account confirmed that the decision was due to the Jewish star's social media posts surrounding the Israel-Hamas war. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. A person got fired for being Jewish. Welcome to the club, except it's not the club of Jews. It's the club of white people in America that have been fired for being conservative uh, or whatever. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Hmm. The decision was due to a trend among Tara's recent online activity, including posts that promote controversial messages. <laughs> yeah, it's controversial, being against fucking up civilians. Regarding the people of Palestine currently being affected by the ongoing Israel-Palestine crisis. Oh, man. That's a, yeah, well, they, the, the pro-Palestinian lunatics argue that it's okay to kill the men, women, and children because of the 75-year occupation. So apparently if you get fucked with, you can just like roll into a supermarket and start taking people out. And you could be like, well, you know, 50 years ago, you know, I was treated poorly. Yeah, okay, great. Or, hey, I was treated poorly by this other guy down the street, but I'm just going to shoot everyone in the supermarket, and that's okay. Okay, all right. Whatever. Hey, if you can build consensus for your group with that kind of insanity, have fun. We'll see. I'm not going along with it. Again, on either side, either side can suck a fat one. Um, what's this next one here? Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is the good news portion of the day. A lot of bad news. This is some great news. Alleged hammer-wielding robber targets a gun store, gets what the fuck he deserves. Oh, we should call this the righteous block. This is what happens when you rob people. Do not rob people ever. That's it. Then you don't have to worry about it. This will not happen to you as far as being shot as a robber. You will not get shot as a robber if you don't rob people. Don't rob people. Or maybe you reduce it by like 98%. An alleged hammer-wielding robber was shot and killed Sunday afternoon. I bet you they... Well, it depends where this is. They might actually go after these people. An alleged hammer-wielding robber was shot and killed Sunday afternoon around 2.30 p.m. as he reportedly tried to rob a gun store and the store owner opened fire. KTVU reported the incident occurred at East Bay Firearms in Livermore, California. Oh, you might run into trouble. Gavin Newsom, they might try to make an example out of you. They do not like kulaks that defend themselves against criminals, especially if the criminal was black, and that's high likelihood. Not impossible. Sometimes it is a white person. That does happen. Okay, and the same thing should happen to the white person as the black person. But the issue, of course, is in clown world. They pretend that black people are perfect in every way and they never commit crime. Hey, it could be an Asian man. You never know. It could be an Asian man. 
We'll see. The 28-year-old alleged robber came into the store wearing a mask, gloves, and a hooded sweatshirt pulled over his head. The police department observed the alleged robber then attempted to rob the gun store by taking a firearm while armed with a hammer. NBC Bay Area noted the store owner then fired two rounds, at least one that which struck the suspect who died at the scene. Do not rob people. Police viewed the store owner's actions as self-defense. All right, based. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but that's good. What Do we not know? The race of the... Uh, I want to be accurate. I would like to be accurate. What was the race of the perpetrator? It's certainly possible that it's a white person. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. They're high, well, I, actually, the fact that it wasn't listed, I think, tells you everything. Right, so they're not telling you. Yeah, so if it was a white person, they would put white in the title. So it is probably a black person. We'll see. Uh, John Nolte from Breitbart, 11-year-old transgender kid is Grand Marshal of Orlando Pride Festival Parade. So this is a sex trafficked kid is what this is. This is an abused child. This is terrible. The abusive parents of an 11-year-old boy are dressing him up as a girl and allowing a bunch of perverts to exploit him as the Grand Marshal of Orlando's come out with Pride Festival Parade. Uh, very well. Uh, you know what? It, Nolte, you don't even have to editorialize. I did a little bit there because I called the parents abusive, but he put the part about perverts. Yeah, correct. These are perverts, so good for you, sir. A kid, a little kid, an 11-year-old boy, was put on sexual display by his own parents cross-dressed in pink heart-shaped sunglasses and a floral gown. As the saying goes, having an 11-year-old transgender kid is like having a vegetarian cat. We all know who's making the decisions. She just always, so the uh, child abuser said, the child abusing mother who belongs in prison said, quote, she's just always gravitated towards girl things, girls' toys. Uh, uh, she'd say, I'm a girl in my heart and my brain. Yeah. Uh, she's been on this journey since she was five and she's living her best life. Of course, mom is a school teacher. Of course she is. Do they teach Munchausen by proxy at her school? It is beyond my comprehension that 200,000 people on the planet would be okay with sexually exploiting a little boy like this, much less 200,000 in one city. It gets worse. Listen to how this little kid, who should be watching cartoons and worrying about girl cooties, has been brainwashed to spew the correct talking points. The uh, sex-trafficked abused child said, and I quote, being transgender is not about a choice. It's about standing tall in my identity, even when it's really hard. If you think the kid came up with that pseudo-nonsense all on his own, you know nothing about kids. An 11-year-old boy should be about baseball, scraped knees, video games, kickball, sleepovers, too much TV, too much candy, whining about having to take the garbage out, and complaining about the size of his allowance. Instead, his parents have stripped him of that precious innocence and for their own self-gratification made him grand marshal of a parade celebrating adult sexuality. This is a literal pedophile parade. Listen to his mom justify her and her husband's narcissistic abuse. The uh, parents that belong in prison said, I quote, Dempsey has been gender non-conforming since the age of 18 months old. Basically, since she was able to express herself, Mother Munchausen explained, she also gravitated to dolls, dresses, and sparkly objects. Then we come to the true motive, how it brings attention to the parents. Once I began sharing our daughter's journey publicly, I started receiving a flood of messages and calls from friends, acquaintances, and strangers in similar situations asking for help and guidance with their transgender or gender nonconforming children. Um, 
I feel that in a small way, I'm doing my part, helping the very marginalized transgender community. Being a parent is never easy. It takes everything you have every single day. A lot of people have commented that Dempsey is lucky to have me as her mom. I feel just the opposite. I feel lucky to have Dempsey as my child. You're lucky that you're not swinging from a crane. I expect the left and the corporate media to do evil things, like this is back to the base John Nolte. I expect the left and the corporate media to do evil things based about this subject and not other ones, but anyway. Uh, expect the left and corporate media to do evil things like incentivize this kind of mind-warping, forever-damaging child abuse. Evil's going to evil. But to see parents look at their own 18-month-old baby boy and do something like this, that's beyond my comprehension. I wouldn't exploit my dogs this way. And these two are destroying their own precious son for the rest of his life. This is more proof that people are pretty much capable of any outrage even against their own child when they forget hell exists. Yeah, that could be it. Lack of re religion. Very possible. Very possible. All right. Uh, this, I hope this turns out to be something good. American Academy of Pediatrics named in a bombshell detransitioner lawsuit. A woman who was given puberty blockers and hormone therapy when she was a young teenager is suing both her doctors and the American Academy of Pediatrics, which, with, which her lawyers say knowingly lied about the impact of the radical sex change treatments it recommends. Isabella Ayala, now a 20-year-old woman, uh, just turned 14 when she committed to the hospital when she was committed to the hospital for suicidal thoughts. It was during the hospital stay she met Dr. Jason Rafferty, who during his first brief meeting with Alyssa determined that she meets the criteria to consider hormonal transition. This is what they're doing. What, what Dr. Fauci and his evil fuckers did to the what they called the AIDS orphans and how they experimented on them, that's what they're doing to like suicidal kids that come in for treatment. They are, they, this, is, this is insane levels of experimentation that they're doing with children. Um, he, he stated the only obstacle was parental consent. The lawsuit states that Rafferty and other doctors sent Aaliyah down the path of gender-affirming medicalization rather than addressing the true roots of her mental health problems. Six months into her testosterone treatments, she tried to commit suicide. The treatments continued, however, until Aaliyah moved away from Rhode Island and decided to quit them cold turkey. Now comfortable with her gender, she lives a life of regret. Isabel is now 20 years old and longs for what could have been um, and to have her healthy female body back. The changes the testosterone had on our body are a constant reminder that she needed an unbiased medical expert willing to evaluate her mental health and provide her the care she needed rather than a group of ideologues set on promoting their own agenda and furthering broader conspiracy at her expense. The lawsuit not only goes after the doctors, but the American Academy of Pediatrics. Good. Go after all of them. Hopefully, eventually, they go after all these people criminally. That would be fantastic. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens, but um, we need more lawsuits. So that's good. Um, so there was a kid who threatened to shoot up a school, and the school let the kid back, uh, and the parents were told, well, if you don't like it, you should become left-wing activists. It's crazy. Just months after three children were slaughtered at a Christian school in the state's capital, a Tennessee public school district returned a student to the classroom who last year threatened to shoot up his school, putting him in close quarters with students who had testified against him in court. Ninth graders at Giles County High School in a rural community an hour south of Nashville 
showed up for the new school year this August to find that the boy who 16 months prior was arrested for his plan to shoot up the middle school had rejoined them in high school. About seven of them testified against him in court last year, detailing how he had a list of students he intended to, to kill. He had a date picked out, was running drills to practice the act. Now he was back and they believed had an additional motive for carnage. When parents raised their concerns about the school district, it falsely stated the laws from the Republican-controlled state house were to blame. Parents say the school told them to become activists in the special session where Democrats were pushing for gun control if they had a problem with it. Absolute crazy levels of blackmail. Um, Hannah Riley, whose son testified that he was warned that he would be that the would-be shooter not to come to school on a certain day so that he would live, said she and numerous others had pulled their children out of school because they believed their children were sitting ducks. She said the culprit disclosed his plan to her child because her child once showed him kindness and he told authorities, my child's desk is empty at my choosing, because I don't want it to be empty permanently. Oh yeah, I would definitely keep the kid out over this. This is no way. My child did the right thing and they want, they do not want any security. They don't want any armed officers at these schools. So when the shootings happen, they can be as bad as possible so they can then use those victims to try to gun grab. That is what they do. Um, and they don't like it when you talk about it because that's one of the parts, that's one of the parts that's not talked about a lot when it comes to the Sandy Hook lawsuit against um, uh, Alex Jones, one of the arguments is that he argued that Democrats were using Sandy Hook to, to grab guns. That part is true. That is 100% true. That is what they do with all these shootings. Parents have been pleading with the school to do something, but officials tried to pass the buck on the state lawmakers. Yeah, they want to blame the Republicans. That's These are sick, evil people, and they want to blame the Republicans. So... Um, yeah, there you go. And so we, you have a potential shooting that's going to break out in this school. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Crazy. Um, so, this, so a school district near this illegal enclave called Colony Ridge, just by coincidence, has had a surge in drug overdoses. The school district serving the growing population of Colony Ridge, a sprawling development north of Houston that has become a magnet for illegals, is facing a sudden surge in drug overdoses. A whopping 15 drug-related incidents have happened at the Cleveland Independent School District since the start of the school year on August 8th, with the district suspecting that fentanyl-laced Percocet pills are to blame. In recent weeks, there's been four reported cases of drug overdose in our district, specifically related to Percocet pills that may have been laced with fentanyl. We urge all residents, especially those who use or come in contact with prescription medications, to exercise extreme caution. But while there have been four reported overdose deaths where the student required Narcan this year, there were also eight incidents that required an ambulance to be called to CISD. The figure marks a drastic surge in overdoses, with only one overdose being recorded for all of last year. So again, but just a coincidence, you're a racist if you have a problem with this. Oh, it has nothing to do with cartels and them bringing drugs across the border. Nothing. Nothing to do at all. Now, this is a fascinating story that is not getting a lot of play. A Jewish Democrat in Rashida Tlaib's district was stabbed to death. Now, I don't know if they know 
Okay, let's read the article, but here we go. No evidence found so far indicates that anti-Semitism motivated the fatal stabbing of a local synagogue leader. This is Detroit, so it could have just been some typical criminal jogger. Or, hey, you never know. Maybe it was a white guy. It's possible. Like a 20% chance it's a white guy. Maybe less. Samantha Wall, the 40-year-old president of the Isaac Agree downtown Detroit synagogue was found dead outside her home on Saturday morning. The gruesome incident took place amid increased concerns for the safety of Jewish people in the United States and abroad as Israel fights Hamas. The investigation into the death of Miss Wolf remains ongoing. At this time, however, no evidence surfaced suggesting the crime was motivated by anti-Semitism. They are working with the FBI to forensically analyze all of the information obtained up to this point in an effort to ascertain the timeline. Individuals with information that may further this investigation are being interviewed. So, uh, yes, it's pretty much not resolved yet. So we will have to see who did it and what the motivation was. This was one of the people, one of Dana Ness's people, apparently. So interesting. Very interesting to see. Um, convicted child molester who set up free fentanyl sign across from California school arrested. A convicted child molester who set up a sign advertising free fentanyl across from a San Francisco school was arrested last week. Joseph Adam Moore was taken into custody just after noon on Friday after police gave him an order to move and he failed to do so. Moore was arrested across the street from Stella Maris Academy, a Catholic school that serves children as young as preschool. He is on California sex offender registry for lewd and lascivious acts with a child under 14. It appears he's not considered a high-risk offender, so he does not have the obligation to stay 2,000 feet away from any school. Um, Moore had been camping across the school for more than two years, and uh, he put up a sign saying free fentanyl for new users, which caught the eye of law enforcement. Were you giving away fentanyl? What, was that just a joke? Uh, Moore said, no, it's not a joke, adding that people give him fentanyl in exchange for supplies. So they bring me trash that they've scavenged, things that they think are valuable, or they give me some of the drugs that they have, which I don't do. You're exposing grade school kids to this. This isn't right, you know, the reporter says. Moore says, no, it's shallow. The reporter said the kids come out of school and they see this. Moore says, yeah, I only live by two rules. Be kind to others and make it look easy for children. What a sick fucker. At one point, Moore and a parent from the school had a physical altercation. Moore got a misdemeanor battery ticket for that interaction, and he filed an assault complaint against the father. Jan, the father didn't get, get, uh, get more of him. A neighbor expressed concern, saying his wife walks around the neighborhood with their baby by herself and now feels the need for extra vigilance. Yeah, you should probably pack a gun, but you're probably not allowed to in that neighborhood. Um, all right, so there you go. Pedophiles in front of, uh, at least they arrested him. I mean, I'm a little surprised by that. So, yeah, there was this uh, somewhat humorous uh, recording of Sheila Jackson Lee being a hypocrite, um, you know, they claim they're the most moral, but they're not moral at all. So she addressed the leak audio tape. Um, she claimed in her statement addressing the audio tape that she strongly believes that everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. <laughs> she said she wasn't perfect and she had a lot of zeal for serving her 
constituents. To anyone that was listening to this recording with concern, I am regretful and hope you will judge me not by something trotted out by a political opponent that worked to exploit this and backed by extreme Republican supporters on this very day that polls open, but from what I've delivered to Houstonians. Oh, I've already prejudged you before this because you're an AIDS commie and you belong in prison. I don't really care about this audio. I thought it was kind of funny. But no, you're a filthy AIDS commie that belongs to be put in prison. So I, I don't really give a fuck about any of this shit. But I know you don't believe what you say. So anyway, um, this was, uh, I don't know what the hell this is. Michigan State apologizes after Hitler was shown on the football stadium jumbotron. Oh, oh, it's a, in a quiz game. That explains it. You're not allowed to have a quiz question about Hitler. Oh, man. What if the question was, is this the worst guy ever? And then the answer was yes. Then that's not even acceptable. Man, it's hilarious how they treat Hitler. Anti-Semitism must be denounced, said the athletic, the athletic director. The image displayed is not representative of who we are and the culture we embody. Nevertheless, we must own our failures and accept responsibility. An hour before kickoff between Michigan State and the team's in-state rival, the University of Michigan, an image of Hitler appeared on the stadium's video board asking game attendees to name the birthplace of the German dictator and leader of the Nazi party. You're not allowed to do that? Okay, well, that's a hell of a thing. The image was harmful to our communities, especially our Jewish community, which is currently experiencing a rise in anti-Semitism. Not from Nazis, from fucking Muzzies, from Muslims, not from Nazis. The Nazis are dead. I get it. You know, I don't expect you to be happy about it, but, you know, what do you think, he's going to come back to life? Anyway, whatever. Um, Haler said the pregame controversy led to the suspension of the involved employee. Michigan State said MSU is aware that inappropriate content by a third party was displayed on the video board. But they just asked a question. They weren't like, look at this guy. He's a great guy. They didn't do that. Oh, you know, this also reminds me of the insanity about the octopus. They said that Greta Thunberg. Oh, I actually have an article. Yeah, let's. this is the next one. Not necessarily. Yeah, so Greta Thunberg, right? So she's horrible. I, I, she's a propagandist now that she's an adult. So, you know, even, you know, they tried to do this thing where, like, she was saying retarded shit. And they were like, that's a child. That's a child. Yeah, she's still retarded. Anyway, she uh, she did a pro-Palestinian picture and had, like, a, a an octopus in it. And, and uh, people were freaking out because apparently the octopus is, a, is like, an anti-Semitic thing. Uh, which great add to the list of things things because I'd like to know because does that mean the Hydra symbol from Captain America for Red Skull is that anti-semitic I hope so because that symbol's awesome fucking Red Skull is like one of the best bad guys ever he's almost up there with Dr. Doom is Dr. Doom anti-semitic I hope so I hope all of the things are as bad and label them everything is Dr. Doom homophobic I hope he's homophobic I hope Red Skull. I mean, you can't tell me Red Skull was not homophobic. Of course he was homophobic. Anyway, so is Hail Hydra, is that now anti-Semitic? Fantastic. Anyway, they said she had like a beanie baby of an octopus and they freaked out. (laughs) It's hilarious. Israel's education ministry to remove all mentions of Greta Thunberg after a pro-Hamas anti-Semitic post. Oh, I love this infighting. It is just, oh man, get the popcorn. Israel, 
announced it would remove all references to far-left climate activist Greta Thunberg from the curriculum after she was accused of siding with Palestinian terrorists in social media posts late last week. The posts from Thunberg come after Hamas terrorists murdered more than 1,400 people in Israel. Um, Thunberg said, Week 270, Today we strike in solidarity with Palestine and Gaza. The world needs to speak up and call for an immediate ceasefire justice and freedom for Palestinians and all civilians affected. How dare you? People in the photo held signs that said free Palestine and climate justice now. And Thunberg said, uh, stand with Gaza and climate justice now. And then, which is in reference to the decolonized lands from their supposed oppressors, um, which is Israel, according to them. Thunberg included a light blue stuffed octopus in the photo, which is a reference to anti-Semitic imagery that has long been used to demonize the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Really? <laughs> You're demonizing? You? Oh, this is so good. I don't even like stuffed animals. It's not a thing. You know, it's like, like what am I going to do with a stuffed animal? Stuffed animal octopuses are used to demonize the Jewish people and our anti-Semitic imagery? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Everything is anti-Semitic. Okay. You really think... How about... Can you just be non-retards and say, Hey, she's rooting for the other side. We don't like her. And we don't like that. Do you gotta... She's like half-retarded. You think that... I mean, there's a good chance that... That, like this is just she's like a kid and she's a look she's an exploited child just like one of these drag queens is okay it's just she's she's um exploited politically uh, not necessarily sexually although they probably do that too i wouldn't be surprised but she's probably got autism and it, i mean come on this is how isn't it enough that she just sided with your enemies and you can't kill her for that? You got to kill her for the stuffed animal. Again, who is doing your propaganda? It's just people laugh. People laugh. Oh, my God. Good. Break out all the memes. Oh, you know what? How about the guy? Who's the guy? There is this, 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 uh, what is he? I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. You know, the whole, like, uh, uh, there's like these octopus people. And this guy, and they're like, he's a racist. And he's like an old author or something. And he did all this kind of horror. What the hell's that guy's name? And uh, and uh, are, th are those also anti-Semitic? Is that how this, th this works? What about the squid guys from Star Wars? I used to like them. I had those action figures. Are they anti-Semitic? Oh, this is amazing. Absolutely incredible. Um, Thunberg said in a follow-up post, she had no idea the stuffed animal when combined with expressing support for the group of people who had just committed terrorist attacks against Israel. Look at the framing from the Daily Wire. <laughs> Could be interpreted as a symbol for anti-Semitism. She said, I was completely unaware, adding that the stuffed animal was used by autistic people as a way to communicate feelings. Yes, this is great. This is fucking great, man. Thank you, chat. H.P. Lovecraft. Right, wasn't there some shit with A.P.? H.P. Lovecraft with some, like, octopus-type creatures? Are they also anti-Semitic? Oh, I hope so. Makes this much more fun, because then all that's going to happen is these geniuses on the Internet are going to type in whatever they type into the AI meme makers, and they're going to come out with the greatest memes ever. Oh, and it's going to be even more entertaining. She said, I was completely unaware. I already saw some, by the way. 
adding that the stuffed animal was used by autistic... All right. Uh, Thunberg wore a shirt reportedly expressing support for Antifa extremists. So again, here is like you're, you're snatching victory from the jaws... No, no, you're, you're snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, right? You, you already... Like I, I, like I said, I'm on neither side, okay? I don't think... I don't want to see civilians get hurt. That's my position. You can like that or not. I don't care. But I can see if a person argues, hey... Like, I understand why the people that are pro-Israel don't like the picture she posted. Because she's taken the side of your opponents. So when you say that to me, I'm like, oh, that's understandable. I understand why you're mad. And it's like, okay, I get that. No problem. Because they did fucked up shit. I, I don't deny that. Hamas did some fucked up shit. So I get that. But you're making an issue out of the goddamn stuffed animal. Now it makes me laugh at you. I'm sorry. You got it. Look, do what you want. Okay. I'm not the one. You don't have to... I'm not the one losing the uh, the information war, you know. Uh, and I don't even know if it's good if you lose the information war. It might be good, it might be bad. I have no idea. Oh, and then you got this. You better, if you try to cancel Dave Chappelle, you better pull it off. You better pull it off. Fans leave Dave Chappelle show after attacks on Israel draws cheers. We were sick. Fans of Dave Chappelle reportedly got up and left one of his recent performances after he is said to have sided against Israel for targeting Hamas terrorists inside the Gaza Strip. Chappelle's remarks came after the terrorists launched an unprecedented attack against 1,400 Israelis. The Wall Street Journal reported that Chappelle made the remarks during a performance in Boston on Thursday, a claim that a spokesman denied. Yeah, it's weird. He, apparently, he, he's denying that he was there, but it was on his list of places to be. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, whatever. I don't I mean, whatever. The New York Post reported the, he had a show listed in Boston on Thursday. The report said he condemned Hamas's attack against Israel before criticizing what he said were war crimes in Gaza. Okay, that's a pretty reasonable, objective opinion, in my, in my opinion. Now, I don't know what else he said. We'll see. But yeah, what Hamas did was insane. And Israel defending itself, totally fine. But if you defend yourself by just fucking leveling neighborhoods with kids in them, that's ridiculous. And that's that's it. And you're going to do it anyway, but just stop trying to pretend it's moral. Oh, we're the most moral army in the world. Come on. Could you stop? You can't. You got to do better propaganda. Come on. Anyway. So that's, he started off pretty reasonable. Chappelle reportedly stood up for students who are facing fewer job prospects after they cheered on the slaughter of Israelis at the hands of the genocidal Palestinian terrorists. That's the framing of the Daily Wire. Now, I've said this before. It is insane for conservatives to go along with censoring these, these people. That's insane. Because they're going to go after you next. On the other hand, these people who are happy to cancel a conservative for telling a joke about faggots, I don't give a shit what happens to your job prospects and I'm going to laugh and laugh. Um, because, you know, you're not... There's no allyship with people that also want you canceled and dead. So the idea that I'm going to, like, defend them, I'm not going to defend them. But I would just say to go along with censorship of them is fucking stupid. You know, Dave Rubin calling for uh, protests to be banned is fucking stupid. Okay. Anyway... Chappelle reportedly stood up for students. Her, uh, a member of the so so far, what Chappelle said was not unreasonable. A member of the audience was uh, was apparently stern with Chappelle, telling him to shut up. Oh, is that what stern is? He was stern. You tell a guy to shut up, which sparked an emotional response from him. Oh, I, I love this framing. It's hilarious. 
attacking Israel for cutting off supplies of the area, even though Israel is not required. I love, listen, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. So uh, he attacked Israel for cutting off supplies to the area, even though Israel is not required to provide supplies to terrorists. You look like a nut when you say shit like that. Now, you're free to say it, and I don't care if you say it, and I'm not moral fagging. You look insane when you say shit like that. Okay? So, you know, you're better off saying, fuck Palestinians, they're all animals, fuck their water, we're going to cut it off, and we're going to kill them all. Because we hate them, and we want this over with. You are, that's a way more honest position than to, be, to, to, to say shit like this. Because this is retarded. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, they're not required. So all of the Palestinians are terrorists? This is the kind of shit Tim Pool was saying. Not this exactly. But just retarded shit. Obviously not everyone there are terrorists. Okay? You're not just cutting off the water to the terrorists. This is intelligence insulting propaganda, Daily Wire. It's retarded. Okay? I would say the same shit if Hamas said some fucking bullshit like this. Or if the Palestinian supporters said some bullshit. And they do say bullshit as retarded as, as this sometimes. Unbelievable. I love this whole, you have a moral obligation to go along with our intelligence insulting propaganda. No, I don't. No, I don't. You shut the fuck up. Uh, some in the audience reportedly shouted free Palestine, triggering some fans to get up and leave the event. He later tried to draw a false moral equivalence between Israel's policies and Hamas's heinous terrorist attack. I know Daily Wire. Israel is perfect in every way. Just like this is the one time that conservative ink becomes leftists. Israel is perfect in every way. Just like leftists believe black people, illegal immigrants, and gay people are perfect in every way. Um, one man who attended the event told the Daily Mail the audience was cheering Chappelle. I was sick. We were sick. I turned to my friends and wife and I said, I think it's time to go. We walked out and met up with many other Jews leaving the show. Never in my life have I felt so unsafe and so fearful of what I was witnessing. Well, maybe. <clears throat> Did you go along with the... Uh, are you Democrats that went along with the policies of immigration in this country? Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Do you want to reverse course? You want to hop aboard? No? Oh, okay. Oh, well, too bad. Anyway, moving on. I hope this turns out to be something. Consortium News sues NewsGuard. Good. I, I hope you're successful. NewsGuard, an organization focused on combating misinformation in news media that Tim Poole endorses, along with the federal government, is facing legal challenges over defamation and First Amendment breaches. The plaintiff in the case is Consortium for Independent Journalists, which initiated the litigation in the Southern District of New York, founded in '95. Consortium has contributed an impressive 27,000 articles to the journalistic landscape. Um, the entirety of the archive bears a red mark when viewed through search engines or social media platforms. Well, that means you're likely to be credible. Fuck the green mark. Uh, NewsGuard has no credibility. NewsGuard attaches an atronic label uh, to every item on search engines and social media. And it, wor it warns NewsGuard subscribers to proceed with caution. The lawsuit takes particular offense with their system of attaching a label. NewsGuard arbitrarily attaches such ratings to the entire production of a news organization, even where NewsGuard has taken issue with one, only one or small number of organizations' production. Well, this is because you're, you're, for whatever reason, you're not in the club. And that's why they do this. They will also do this to independent media. So hopefully this lawsuit is successful. 
um, and they uh, and they uh, they somehow disbanded. I don't know. That's what Elon Musk is calling for. I, I, that would be great. I'd love to see that. YouTube to tip the scales towards corporate horror media in YouTube Shorts. I fucking dude. Search on YouTube is such AIDS. No matter what, first of all, it's been AIDS for political stuff, even for non-political stuff. Even if you're looking up something that's not political. So you, you do, you, you type in the search word, you get like paid sponsored links. Then you get like three or four um, things that might have to do with the subject. Then you get an ad. Then you get all these shorts. I don't want shorts. And you get all this bullshit, and then you get videos from your subscription box. I don't want videos in my subscription box. If I wanted videos in my subscription box, I would click subscriptions, fuckers. But what I want is what I searched for. It is total AIDS. Anyway, YouTube is intensifying its efforts to boost news content from what it thinks are credible sources. Amid an era, of course, they're not credible at all where people are demonstrating an aversion to traditional mass media outlets. Currently, the video sharing giant is launching a revamped user interface designed to enhance the viewing experience by introducing additional news-oriented content suggestions when users are engaged in watching news videos. To give an insight, an example of this new feature entails a user watching a video about floods in Pakistan published by PBS. It'll be directed towards more related videos from, of course, only corporate horror media. Besides the interface overhaul, YouTube intends to invest a substantial $1.6 million to boost the creation of short-form news content on its short service in partnership with 20 organizations across 10 nations. Um, yeah, so uh, not surprising. Uh, they're going to censor independent media more. I, if you're not on all platforms by this point, you, you, that's a big mistake. So hopefully if you are in independent media, you have plenty of... Um, accounts on alt tech platforms and uh, from what I understand BitChute recently just tested out the uh, streaming uh, part of the platform uh, they just tested it I think among themselves I think uh, Ray Vahi the guy that runs it he does a podcast with this kind of like uh, MILF smash I, I, I don't know what her involvement is anyway um yeah, they uh, they they live streamed one of the podcasts. They just do a podcast talking about what's going on and like how they get fucked with by certain countries. And I think uh, Cloudflare was fucking with them or something. Anyway, um, it seemed to work. So I think if they're testing it out, it's probably I would hope within the next year maybe it'll come out. It's been a long time in the making, but if it works correctly on rollout, that'll be. That'll be a big deal, I think. And then they're working on PayShoot, which is supposed to be an alternative to PayPal. If you could somehow incorporate Super Chats and do you know all the stuff that Rumble did, that would be great. So then we have an additional alternative, and that would be fantastic. This is great news, and then we'll get into some videos. Americans' trust in news media falls to new lows. That is fantastic. The results of a recent survey indicate Americans' trust in the media is dwindling, with as little as 34% saying they hold a great deal or fair amount of confidence in it. This leaves an overwhelming proportion, 38% expressing that they have absolutely no trust at all. Even more strikingly, this is the first instance of those entirely lacking trust outnumbering those with at least some faith in the media's performance. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is from a Gallup poll. I'm so pleased. So pleased. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's great news. All right, let's uh, 
Let's get to some videos here. I'm going to start out with Ball Joy Reid. Oh, this is, I mean, this actually fits in with what we were just talking about. So they're complaining on Twitter that the non corporate Twitter accounts are getting all the views. Oh, that's fantastic. I love to see it. Here is Ball Joy Reid. And we'll be right back. As the conflict between Israel and Hamas escalates, the need for factual information is critical. But unfortunately, many around the world are turning to social media platforms. Well, all of you, uh, you've all lied too. You all lied. ...where misinformation is running rampant. Some viral videos and pictures purportedly showing the violence in Israel and the aftermath in Gaza are being unmasked as fakes or from totally different conflicts around the world. It was already difficult for users to separate fact from fiction, but it has only gotten worse. In fact, nearly three quarters of the most viral posts on X, formerly known as Twitter, advancing misinformation about the Israel-Hamas war are being pushed by so-called verified X accounts. You know, the ones with the little blue checks, according to a recent analysis by NewsGuard. A nonpartisan company. So this is, first of all, NewsGuard is not nonpartisan. That's total bullshit. It is very interesting that on Twitter, we there's a new type of blue check mark that they don't like that is beating them. I, I, I do like that. That tracks false narratives online. Joining me now is Brandy Zadrozny, NBC oh, News senior reporter. That's Pluto from The Hills Have Eyes. That's a hell of a moody. Excuse me. That's a hell of a movie. Our very own Jahan Jones, writer of the readout blog thank you both for being here brandy let me start with you talk about these i i wonder did the dog bites heal uh you know i i think uh pluto he, he got bitten by a dog right didn't he get taken out by a dog <clears throat> looks like uh his neck has healed up pretty good fake accounts and what they're posting Sure. So um, the, the things that we're seeing now, the accounts that we're seeing now that are really dominating the news space are these accounts that have the little blue check mark, right? It used to Good. mean that Good. Twitter had verified that these reporters were really with the outlets that they said they were, that the New York Times was really the New York Times and not New York Times one. And so you could trust these because when we're reading quickly, we really do seem to um, take credibility, credibility signals and our minds say, oh, this is something we can trust and we're still in that zone. But the unfortunate thing now is that no longer means it's a verified account. It no longer determines credibility. It says that they, this account has paid $8 to mm -hmm. Elon Musk to belong to his you know, special subscription service. But our brains are still doing that thing where we treat that as a credible account and we're seeing constant, constant misinformation spread by these uh, accounts who are pretending to be one thing, whether it's a breaking news account or, you know, reporters with Al Jazeera, we've seen fakes like that, and they're promoting this, this false information. I'm putting up a few of them here. War Monitor and OSINT Defender and Censored Men and all of these. Are these accounts based in the United States? Some of them are. You know, what you see here are the seven that the uh, researchers for the University of Washington really highlighted it as their new elite posters. And so these accounts are really a hodgepodge of mass tweeters. One is a political operative in the United States. Some are U.S. right-wingers. There are there was a men's right activist in there that before oh, the Israel... How dare a men's rights activist? Oh. Mass war was tweeting in defense of misogyny influencer Andrew Tate. Oh, There's a right how dare he? 
doing PR guy from Poland. I mean, you really do have a hodgepodge of all of these people, but they're all doing the same thing. They're all yeah. using Twitter X as Elon Musk has designed it now to like promote this fake, fast, um, often very violent um, or uh, oh, it's very violent. How is it violent? Uh, politically, um, uh, political with a political uh, opera, uh, with a political yeah aim in mind. I apologize. Yeah. But so that's, and that's, that's okay. what they're doing. And, you know, the most, again, popular posts are really these emotionally charged ones, including this sure. like graphic content. Oh no, emotionally charged. So these are the people that they're doing and what they're doing it for is, is money. Cause Elon Musk pays people yeah. who get viral tweets and the most engagements. And they're yeah. also doing it for clout. Sure. Uh, Jahan and also uh, Musk is promoting some of them in, in, in unvetted accounts. What is the fallout from this, Jahan? Well, you know, thank you for having it's me racist. on, Joy. Brandy, I'm a fan and a follower, of your, a follower of yours, so thank you for your work. You know, I should just start by saying I fully understand I'm going to come across as a curmudgeon, right? Because I'm the guy who is telling everybody at home to log off of their social media accounts. But there's <laughs> reason behind it. I mean, I also come at this as somebody who experienced uh, the summer of 2020, where we had throngs of people sharing their purported uh, allyship with pro-black causes, you know, stand with black women, Blackout Tuesday, uh, supporting George Floyd and what have you. And we saw how uh, superficial that was. And so I think when we talk about social media and the ability for it to be a toxic environment, we really have to acknowledge that these executives who run these social media platforms have done a stellar job of convincing us, I'd say indoctrinating us in the belief that if we do not post things on social media, we cannot say that we've engaged in the matter at all. But mm -hmm. I think that a lot of these social media platforms have been used to toxify the environment, uh, the information environment. And when uh, Gil Scott Heron, for example, says the revolution will not be televised, I think he meant it won't be tweeted either. And we've seen, uh, op uh, pardon me, social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter be manipulated deliberately by people like Elon Musk to sow chaos. And I think what people need to do <laughs> these to days is- Totally made up. Sow chaos, it's made up. Just practice a little bit more of informational hygiene. It's not a given to me at least that we should be opining on war imagery in between bunt cake recipes yeah how dare you talk about things bigot you need to keep your mouth shut and booty pictures but that <laughs> happens to be the way that we are operating uh these social media platforms right now and it seems like a very dangerous uh, path to travel down and i think what you're saying is, is really important is to tr you know find trusted media sources. They're actually journalists who are, some are still hanging in there on X, um, but a lot of them are on other platforms. It's difficult. Very quickly, Jahan, um, well, I don't know if we have time, but it, give us a, a very quick way to figure out if somebody who is who they really say they are now that the blue check doesn't mean anything. Well, I think it's very difficult. I mean, I don't know that there's a way that we can figure out, you know, verify everybody instantly. Yeah. And that's why we, people just need to practice a lot more responsibility. The question I always ask people before they post something is, is what you're doing actually spreading the word? Or are you posting things yeah. because you want to feel useful? I think a lot of people have a different uh, difficulty discerning between those two. But one is very selfish and one is actually yeah. fruitful. Very selfish, not posting the things that they tell you. Well, it, it, that you're not a curmudgeon. You're speaking. You're speaking uh, truth, and we appreciate oh, it. Yeah, uh, totally. Brandy's the draws. 
Oh, fantastic. Boo-hoo, it's not rigged in our favor anymore. Mommy, that's what they're doing. Um, here is, um, this is a weird media narrative. Trump wanted Melania to parade around Mar-a-Lago in a bikini. Okay, and? The very Australian billionaire who alleged that Donald Trump disclosed sensitive intel about America's nuclear submarines still, to him during a meeting at Mar-a-Lago. They are still going with the submarine narrative. Has made other allegations against Donald Trump. And we know about them thanks to leaked audio that was obtained by 60 Minutes Australia. But of course now, the audio it's unclear does not contain Donald Trump talking. How 60 Minutes obtained this leaked audio. It's unclear who was recording the Australian billionaire. However, uh, here's what we do know, okay? Now, um, in one recording, the billionaire in question, um, his name is Anthony Pratt. Uh, he's the Australian billionaire. Spoke of a conversation between uh, Donald Trump and Melania Trump in which Donald allegedly asked his wife to parade around in a bikini by the poolside. Now Pratt says oh, in the- I, I mean, I can't believe, what a breaking news story that Melania wore a bikini at the pool? Oh, that's crazy. Obviously, she should have been wearing one of those fucking niqabs, you know, like the Jawas wear. She should have been dressed up like a Jawa. Recording, which I wish we could play for you, but for copyright purposes, we unfortunately can't. But I'm going to read the transcript. Melania was sitting next to him at dinner. He said, I asked Melania to walk around the pool in a bikini so all the other guys could get a look at what they were missing. Then Melania said back to him, I'll do that when you walk around with me in your bikini. Okay, so a couple things here. That's a good retort and I bet you this this is one of the few conversations that they've reported on that I think is probably real I think that's exactly what Melania would say that's exactly because that's she strikes me as that type um yeah that's a great response I'll do that when you walk around and by the way would you think she wasn't in a bikini have you seen this woman she's smoking hot of course she's walking around in a bikini to which I say, why would you do that to the human race? It would Again, it's called melting-nosed bird. It's called banter. They're having banter at dinner, okay? It's what normal people do. Be a tragedy of epic proportions. You signed on to that. We did not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. okay, so a couple of telling things from here. Obviously, Melania hates Donald Trump. and no. How could you possibly judge from that interaction that she hates him? I have no idea if she hates him. Do I know what their marriage is like? How the fuck would I know? How would I know? Ridiculous. One could blame her. We could blame her for getting married to him for money. But anyway, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, so that's her way of saying, yeah, let me see your overweight body walking around in a bikini poolside. And then maybe I'll show off my good body so that you can brag to your buddies, okay? So you want to do that exchange? And then of course Trump didn't take her up on it. So why does he want his wife to do that? So he thinks I got a trophy wife and I want to show her off to everyone so everybody could be jealous of me. That's the kind of is, child he is. Okay, so number one, I'm skeptical of this entire story. Really? I am, it I am. It seems like the and most no, believable story hold, of all time. Hold on. It's not that I don't believe that Trump could say something like this, right? I totally can believe that he would say something like this. However, 
there's something off about this Australian billionaire guy. They're really yeah, the whole story is a gay up is and I don't like why was he being recorded? Who was he being recorded by? And how did 60 Minutes Australia obtain that recording? There's oh, just it's I, just weird. There's something odd. Like it's just look, I don't have receipts to show you. Okay, this is just me talking about my gut instincts here. There's something off about this guy and the story. Yeah, but there's something off about everyone who supported Donald Trump. This guy was a huge Trump supporter for a long time. I mean, he wanted to influence Donald Trump and he wanted goodies from Trump when he was president. Remember, yeah. he opened up, I think, a paper mill here in the United States. Yeah. And so he specifically, and he admitted this, purchased a membership to Mar a Lago in order to get access to Donald Trump. And then Donald Trump told him everything. Most believable story I've ever heard. And Jack Smith did, by the way, question him as part of his investigation in regard to the mishandling of classified documents. Because remember, this billionaire is alleging that Trump gave him specific information, including locations of our nuclear submarines. So Smith obviously wanted to question him about it. We'll see if anything comes out in regard to that you know, questioning, I guess. But I don't know, the other thing is, I guess this is more of a personal preference or whatever. I know some people, I, I do not begrudge any woman who finds those comments disgusting, right? I don't know, I don't know if I'd get super offended if my husband said that to me or said that of me. Like, yeah, so men and women are different. But yeah, of course, if my wife in that hypothetical, which we are definitely not in was like, hey, hon, I wanna impress my friends. Can you go show off your body in front of my friends? I'd be like, yes, right? in that hypothetical, okay, where I have a great body and she wants to show it off. So, but women are different and it's different to ask your trophy wife who you obviously married only for her looks and she only married you for her for your money and it's the most obvious thing in the world for you to go ask her to show her off poolside. That seems a little more gross, right? Yeah. So, is to I want to be clear with you guys as to why we're having this speculation between me and Anna. Because the recordings are not of Donald Trump. I want to be super clear about that. The recordings are of Pratt, the billionaire, with someone else. We don't know who he's with. Yeah. And we don't so, know why he's being recorded. Right. So that's why, like, if it was of Donald Trump, we tell you, oh, no, that's a recording of Donald right. Trump, so we know it for sure, right? So in this case, it's secondhand because Pratt is relaying it to this mystery guy. Now, I'm not surprised because if you were the mystery guy that Pratt was telling all these state secrets to, Right from that he got from the U.S. president, you might want to record them too, okay? For either to protect yeah. yourself or to sell them or to give it to the press or to the you know to the authorities. And said so there's a million reasons why you might want to record Pratt telling you these incredible stories from President Trump. I mean, look, that might be true. Pratt himself confessed that after Trump disclosed information about our nuclear submarines, he told 45 other people about it. So that might be the reason why he was recorded. I have no idea. Can we put up that B-roll again of Pratt? Because look, I just also want to say I'm not the only person who's skeptical of him. That gentleman in the photo with Pratt also very <laughs> skeptical of him. So. <laughs> Some evidence to take into account, but there's more. There are more serious elements to the leaked audio that I want to get to. So Pratt says on one of the tapes that he received phone calls from Donald Trump during his presidency about bombing Iraq. In late 2019, Pratt received a call from Trump shortly after he had ordered airstrikes in Iraq, according to a joint investigative report. 
quote, I haven't even heard it. It hadn't even been on the news yet. And he said, I just bombed Iraq today, Pratt says in the recording. The report did not disclose who Pratt was discussing the information with. Pratt also added that Trump shared information about a private call with then Iraqi President Barham Sali. After the strikes, he said, I just bombed Iraq today. And the President of Iraq called me up and said, you just leveled my city, Pratt recalled Trump saying. According to Pratt, Trump responded to Iraq's president at the time, okay, what are you going to do about it? Now the recording does not disclose which military operation in Iraq Trump and Pratt were discussing. At about the time of their call though, the United States carried out a series of airstrikes on five facilities in Iraq and Syria that were tied to the Iranian backed militia group Kataib Hezbollah in December of 2019. John Bolton, who at the time was Trump's former national security advisor, said the former president's disclosure could have jeopardized the safety of any pilots or military personnel that may have been on the ground. That's why the announcement of military airstrikes often is delayed for some period of time so that we can be sure that those who carried it out are back home safe, Bolton said. Now, of course, Trump denies all of the, you know, all of the claims made by this Australian billionaire in those tapes. We can get to his denials in a moment, but Cenk, any, any final thoughts? Yeah, so um, this is the problem with Donald Trump, uh, verbal diarrhea. So, and, and by the way, why is he telling the billionaire this? Because he's showing off. And why does he want to show off to the billionaire? One, he wants to impress people in the club. He was never in the club and he's still trying to get in. And you think like he's against the elites? No, he's desperate to be among the elites. And the schmuck didn't even realize that when he became president, he was among the elites. He just never got it. If he had, maybe he could have had some peace of mind. The second reason he tells really rich people all these things that he shouldn't be telling them that might jeopardize our national security is because he's looking for favors back. He thinks, well, you know, when I'm not president anymore, I want this guy to give me a lot of money. And by the way, he already signed up for Mar-a-Lago and gave me $200,000. And for Trump, that's a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why he's doing it. But I want to give Art Guy, one of our members, the last word from my end. He says, I can totally see Jenk showing off his flawless triceps for his wife's friends. There you go. That's why I love the members. TYT.com slash join. We do the show together. Yeah. Now, let me just get to the final part of this, which is Trump's denials. He says that the failing New York Times story leaked by deranged Jack Smith and the Biden political opponent abuser DOJ about a red haired weirdo from Australia named Anthony Pratt is fake news. I never spoke to him about submarines, but I did speak to him about creating jobs in Ohio and Pennsylvania because that's what I'm all about. Jobs, a great economy, low taxes, no inflation, energy dominance, strong borders, no endless wars, low interest rates. Which by the way, that list sounds freaking awesome. It would have been great if he actually worked on accomplishing those things. Yeah, he <laughs> so. didn't, but he brags about it endlessly, which is smart and it marketing. Works. It works, it totally works, which is why a larger portion of the country actually thinks that Trump is better for the economy than Joe Biden is. But let's keep it real, the economy and most normal working Americans struggled both under the Trump administration and continue to struggle under the Biden administration. That's the fact of the matter. All right, so now this is their coverage of Dave Chappelle having people walk out of his performance. 
Dave Chappelle's views on the Israel Hamas war led to some scuffles with audience members during his comedy show in Boston. Now here's what he said. Dave Chappelle criticized Israel's bombing of Gaza and accused the United States of aiding the slaughter of innocent civilians. In the show at TD Garden on Thursday, Chappelle first condemned the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas militants, but criticized what he said were war crimes in Gaza, according to people in attendance. Now, he made these comments, they came up at first when he said that he did not feel that students should lose job offers over their opinions in regard to Israel. So of course, they in the past have defended people losing job offers if they were conservatives, sharing memes that she didn't like. And their treatment of Palestinians, according to the account of Suhair Nafal, who actually was there at the show, this is what happened. And, and pay close attention because Chappelle's response to one of the audience members was pretty incredible and very aggressive. I saw Dave Chappelle last night at Boston TD Garden. It was sold out, so I would say 22,000 people were there. Three fourths into the show, he said, quote, I want to address what's going on in Palestine and Israel. What happened on October 7th wasn't right, but also what's going on isn't right and not just, meaning what's currently transpiring in Gaza. You can't kill innocent civilians like that and the whole world sits silently and watches. Then someone shouted at him from the crowd, shut the F up, Dave. Now, Chappelle clearly was not amused by being told to shut the F up by an audience member. And here's how he responded to this person. No, you shut the F up. You don't take tens of billions from my country to go kill innocent women and children and come and tell me to shut the F up. Don't come begging for money from my country and then go drop bombs on children and cut off innocent people's water and electricity. You have the audacity to pay to come see me and then tell me to shut the F up. No, you shut the F up. And obviously, they didn't censor themselves the way I'm censoring right now on the show. Some audience members actually cheered Chappelle on and shouted, Free Palestine, while others yelled, What about Hamas? Like, as I mentioned, he did address Hamas and condemned what Hamas did. But others did get up and leave. They felt offended by what he had to say about Israel's treatment of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. So, Cenk, what are your thoughts? Chappelle got a lot of heat from the left. I'm curious how they feel about him now. Well, I'm also curious how the right wing feels about him because I see now people online saying that Chappelle should be canceled. Oh, what happened? I thought you didn't want to cancel him. Again, those are uniparty people, Cenk. That is not. The entire right, that is a portion of the right. Oh, So when he was attacking people you didn't like, you thought he should be protected. But when he criticizes people that you're in favor of, all of a sudden you want to cancel him. Uh, no, silly faggot, I think he should be able to speak freely. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, well, you're a retard. So I told you uh, when, I, uh, when I was criticizing him, I don't think he should be canceled. People are allowed to do a show, people are Piece of shit, I did the video where you and this rabid homosexual, I remember I was in DC, this was a few years ago, I was in DC covering the video where you and some rabid homosexual were talking about how outrageous it was that Dave Chappelle told jokes about trannies. Allowed to go to the show, okay? I, I saw his last special, I thought it wasn't funny at all. And so, am I forced to like it? No, I'm not forced to like it, I watch, I bothered to watch it. And I didn't like it, okay? So that's how the world works. 
So this show, again, I'm not sure what this has to do with comedy, but I appreciated that he spoke out on this issue and I agree with him. What Hamas did was terrible, what Israel's doing is terrible. Look, these charges of anti-Semitism are weaponized and I- No, get out of here. Now do racism. I, I can't stand it. Oh, now you, you love doing it against white people and Trump supporters. But now Cantano Habimana, he can't take it. He can't stand it. He The greasy Rwanda radio guy, he can't take it. Oh, he can't stand it. And so, there, especially in a world that is filled with anti-Semitism. Oh, don't go around yeah. making false charges based mm, on politics. No, oh, wow, can't believe it. This is like a bukkake whore being like, you know, you shouldn't be a whore. You know, think about it. Think twice before you suck your next cock. Oh, you don't like innocent Palestinians being killed? You're an anti-Semite. No, okay, you just ruined it. And and that you become the boy who cried wolf. The things that uh, Dave Chappelle, our reporter, is having said there are perfectly normal things to say. And I appreciate that he actually cared about other human beings and stuck up for them. I was a little surprised by that. So thank you, Dave Chappelle. It's really hard for Israel's government along with its allies, meaning the United States, to spin what Israel is doing as anything but what it appears to be, which is ethnic cleansing of Palestinians from that area. Okay, you see the images, you see the absolutely destroyed and leveled communities in in Gaza. And as those images and those videos come out and as the world sees it, it's gonna be increasingly difficult to convince people that the reaction and retaliation coming from the Israeli government makes any sense or is justified. War crimes are war crimes. You can't just turn a blind eye to war crimes because a government you like or a country you like is carrying them out. And that seems to be the case with some portion of the population at the moment. But again, it's gonna be increasingly difficult to provide cover for what's going on as we continue to see entire families get wiped out, as we continue to see resistance from the Israeli government in allowing fuel to get into the Gaza Strip to allow these hospitals to run and operate properly. One of the arguments that they make is, well, if we provide fuel, then the Hamas will have electricity to light up their tunnels underground. You know, they can just use candles and stuff. Like if, if that's really your argument for denying the Palestinian people, including their hospitals, the, the fuel necessary to function properly, it's a pathetic excuse in my opinion. But you can't use candles to light up an incubator exactly. or an ICU unit in a hospital. Oh, you know, I'm glad you brought up an ICU unit. You said that the unvaccinated should be kicked out of hospitals and ICUs. Oh, isn't that fascinating? But now you're c- concerned with other people that could be in the ICU. That's so fascinating. Uh, you need power for that. You need electricity for that. Mm. Uh, everyone that's hooked up to that grid is about to die. They, they, Israel is now finally allowing Egypt to send in uh, some goods, but not fuel. Uh, you know how much of it? They're sending in about 4% of what used to go in normally. Right. So these people are going to get starved. Uh, it's a that, slow death. It's a slow, a torturous, slow death. torturous, painful death that if, every single person living in the Gaza Strip right now is currently dealing with. That is what's happening. It, Let's it, just be clear about that. If Hamas had held all of Israel hostage like this, and they were slowly killing all the Israelis, and you knew that there were all those uh, babies that were about to lose power and then die in those incubators, 
and you knew all the people, the grandmothers, the moms, etc. They were hooked up to those machines that are life-saving and, and they're about to lose power. What wouldn't you do to protect those Israelis? We're asking you to do the same thing. And in this case, just something simple. Put pressure on Israeli and US governments to stop the siege, to ask for a ceasefire. It isn't picking sides to do a ceasefire. And if you're worried about, oh, well, it's not even yet. Well, Israel killed three times as many civilians as Hamas killed uh, civilians. So when does it become even? Do you need five to one, 10 to one? How much retribution do you need? So if you cared about it being quote unquote even, it is more than even now. Can we please do the ceasefire now? No, when anybody asks for the ceasefire, anti-Semitic. Yeah, that is played out. So, and you're doing great damage to the cause of protecting Jews in this country and across the world by misusing the label of anti-Semitism against good, decent people who are trying to save innocent lives. Now there's a strange part to this story and I wanna be clear that what you're about to hear is a complete and utter lie. A spokesperson for Chappelle contacted by the Wall Street Journal denied that Dave Chappelle even had a show in Boston or he denied that Chappelle was even in Boston on the night that the show actually did happen and did occur. It's just a, I don't know why this spokesperson said it because it's a clownish thing to say given the fact that it was a promoted event. Let me show you some of the promotional material that was put out ahead of the event. Dave Chappelle, it's a celebration, October 19th. Um, at TD Garden. At TD Garden. Okay. In, Boston. in Boston, that's where TD Garden is. Uh, in fact, the audience members were given some merch, including uh, tote bags like the one you're seeing in the photo here. <laughs> but is, does Chappelle have a doppelganger we're not familiar with? So look, I, I don't know if there's something off with Chappelle. He's done some strange things, or I don't know if it's maybe it's just a spokesperson, right? There's nothing wrong with what you said. You don't, why have your spokesperson go out, go out and lie like that for no reason? It makes you look weird. So at least they should correct that on the record. But in terms of what he said about Israel, there's nothing wrong with it. Thanks for watching the video, guys. All right, let's see here. Give me, give me uh, one second, okay. Okay, let's see. All right, we have. It's gonna work one second. All right. If uh, breaking news. From the internet here, from a person calling themselves Amy from Connecticut. So it says Shalom, and now we have this. Oh, I saw this earlier. This is a, this is a ballsy move to pull off. It with what's going on as a comedian. Let me. Uh, I'll put this in. Uh, what's it called? This one because it's the ad blocker. Yeah, this is uh, Danny Poshnik or whatever the hell his name is, a comedian. This is a hell of a thing to do right now. Let's uh, have a look. So grab for your neck and you who it's time to point out the Jews. There's so much work to do to get enough to daily of the Jews. Jews belong to 
the synagogue of Satan. They've been kicked out of 109 countries. Let's make it 110. So when you feel like the only person in town who's tired of the Jews, here's a list of people that are Jewish. I'm not saying what to do. Sasha Baron Cohen destabilizing our country just like George Soros Seth Rogen and the people in charge of the money guess who hangs together at Jeffrey Epstein's island Jared Kushner Alan Dershowitz and the late Dustin Diamond Jeff Bezos is half Jewish Bill Gates is half too but there's no such thing as half Jewish. It's called the one drop rule. You don't need 23andMe to know who rigged the election. Cause you can just open up Wikipedia and check the early life section. So grab for your net and you who it's time to point out the Jews. No one knows who they're loyal to. We need an up to date list of the Jews. Kanye West, not a Jew, but guess who is the Lord and Savior he looks up to? Jews killed him. They've got the Federal Reserve and fixed the price of gold. And they still perform blood libel so they never get old. Some people think that Hillary Rodham Clinton is, well, she's not, but guess who is? The Grinch who stole Christmas. So many Jews are in showbiz, but if you so much as mention it, they'll take away your kids. So tell your friends who don't watch the news, you gotta watch out for the Jews. Grab a tiki torture too. Let's get rid of those scheming Jews. So let's all go do a coup. And don't forget what to do. But if you really, really have to, start an ethno state that's totally free from the Jews. So, yeah, uh, Danny Polishuk, uh, yeah, ballsy. Ballsy to put that out on uh, with everything going on. I like to see that <clears throat> definite eye poking there. I appreciate that. Now we have more breaking news here. All right, we have uh, breaking news from the internet from Dewey C here. He's asking if this is uh, the next pandemic. But he doesn't want to, not interested in flying after this. EasyJet cancels a flight to London Gatwick, leaving passengers stranded in Tenerife after someone defecated on the toilet floor after having an accident during an hours-long delay. I think this is a new shit story because we've covered multiple shit stories. Uh, and I think this is a this is new. This is from the... 17th wow man outraged passengers were left stranded in uh, Tenerife last night 
after EasyJet canceled a delayed flight to London Gatwick because a customer defecated on the toilet floor. Footage shared online and to mail online shows pieces of toilet paper. Oh no, I think this is the one where the shit goes through all the aisles? Huh. Interesting. Maybe it is the same one. Oh, it's still worth a cover. Shit stories are hilarious. Unless they're happening to you, then they're horrible. Um, it shows toilet paper littering the aeroplane's walkway, while another captures the pilot explaining that the flight has been canceled. The clip begins during his speech with the pilot saying, rather entertaining to defecate the front toilet, so we're now staying the night here, and now we're going to get everyone off and organize hotels, and we'll fly back tomorrow morning. The flight, which was scheduled to depart uh, Sunday. I don't know if this is the same one. This this doesn't... I don't recall... No, this is... I think this is a different one. I think this is a different one. Because that was the non-stop diarrhea down the aisle flight. This doesn't look like non-stop uh, diarrhea down the aisle. Passengers um, were scheduled to depart at 20.05 and arrive whenever... And here is more. Yeah, these pictures are different. I think this is an even different. What's going on on airplanes where people are shitting all over the place? Speaking, one passenger who didn't want to be named explained how the flight went bad from worse with customers. Firstly moved from one airplane to another. The second airplane was said to be smaller, so it was absolute chaos, according to the passenger who explained how people were offered 500 euro vouchers if they volunteered to leave the flight. No one took it, so they had to remove 10 people from the plane, which caused lots of arguing, and that took two hours. But then once they got those 10 people off the plane, the plane was heavy because we were at full capacity. So then they were randomly putting our luggage on other people's flights to Gatwick, and that took hours again. People then started to notice the toilet situation with the passengers saying the whole incident was handled really poorly because it could have generally been an accident. We had loads of issues with our flight, so someone could have literally just accidentally shit themselves following the cancellation. So EasyJet admitted they were unable to find hotel rooms in the area. A statement on the company's website regarding flight tracking said, due to extremely high demand, we're unable to find hotel rooms. If you need a room and are able to make your own arrangements, we'll refund you the cost of a reasonably priced room, meals, and travel costs. In that case, we ask you to look for accommodations, which is about three stars or equivalent. After revealing the new flight details, they said, once again, we're sorry for the disruption. However, it wasn't enough to satisfy outraged customers who had apparently been left on the flight with zero communication before it was canceled. Talking, taking to Twitter, one person wrote, Real good, EasyJet to delay the flight three and a half hours with zero communications, then decide to cancel it because someone took a shit on the toilet floor. Quite literally couldn't make this stuff up. Another said, How is it okay to leave people sitting for hours on a plane and then tell them it's been canceled in the middle of the night in a different country? So we've been given the excuse of the toilet being defecated in for the reason for a canceled flight. This is unacceptable. Your customer care is atrocious. Uh, atrocious, atrocious, there it is. Hundreds of passengers left stranded in the airport terminal do something. Man. Abandoned in a foreign country, no staff available to support at 3 a.m. when we were canceled. Now no repayment as booking.com receipt isn't good enough. Never again. Spokesman for EasyJet told Mail Online they can confirm the flight 
was delayed while some bags were offloaded to be carried. It was delayed overnight. Uh, it needed additional cleaning. The safety and well-being of our customers and crew is easy, easy just highest priority. And while this was outside our control, we would like to apologize. Yeah, I think this is another shit story. This is because the pictures are different. These are totally different pictures. And there's really not as much shit on this uh, on this one than with the other one. The other one, it was aisles of diarrhea. It was just like, wow, that guy had diarrhea like crazy. Man, what's going on on these planes? You got a lot of shitting? Is that normal? Man, that's a hell of a thing right there. That's the worst to have to shit on a flight. I had to do that one time. That wasn't fun. Uh, it was uneventful, uh, you know. But other than, like, the bathroom was the smallest fucking room I've ever been in. I'm like, how the hell do you do this? It's like a prison room. Anyway. All right, that was breaking news from the Internet. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Let's go to, uh, oh yeah, Trump denies Sidney Powell was his lawyer. Oh, this is going to matter. This matters. Joining us now by phone is Sidney Powell. She's a member, obviously, of the president's legal team, also General Michael Flynn's defense attorney, a great American, uh, one of the country's leading appellate attorneys. Uh, Sidney, first of all, thanks. I know you are going every which direction right now, busy as you could possibly be. Let's start out right now with the, the president's path to victory here as you and the legal team see it. That was Lou Dobbs back when he had a Fox Business show, speaking with former Trump campaign lawyer, Sidney Powell, and you heard him refer to her as Trump campaign lawyer, Sidney Powell, before Fox told him to basically scram due to his lies about the 2020 presidential election. Now, even though it was abundantly clear on that day, which was November 19th, 2020, that Powell was in fact working for the Donald Trump you know, legal team, Trump now claims that no, no, what are you guys talking about? She was never on my legal team. So this might have something to do with the fact that she decided to take a plea deal in the Georgia election interference case. She is very likely going to testify and provide information in regard to the other co-conspirators in that case. One of those co-conspirators could be Donald Trump. And so that might explain why he's kind of distancing himself from her. But it's not the first time Trump has done that. So stick around, I'm gonna tell you when he did it previously. But let's get to his recent Truth Social post where he wrote the following. Despite the fake news reports to the contrary and without even reaching out to ask the Trump campaign, Miss Powell was not my attorney and never was. In fact, she would have been conflicted. Miss Powell did a, a valiant job of representing a very unfairly treated and governmentally abused General Mike Flynn, but to no avail. So he told the truth about one thing there. She did represent Mike Flynn to no avail. Um, she was in fact uh, Trump's most vocal defendant uh, publicly as he was undergoing investigation uh, for his alleged ties to Russia during the Mueller investigation. Apparently Powell's outspokenness uh, drew the attention of Trump's ex-national security advisor, Michael Flynn, who hired Powell as his lawyer in 2019, more than a year after he pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with the Russian- yeah, That was a total railroad job. In government. In fact, Trump tweeted about that at the time, saying that Mike Flynn, the 33-year-old or 33-year war hero who has served with distinction, has not, retain, has not retained a good lawyer. He has retained a great lawyer, Sidney Powell, best wishes and good luck to them both. 
And she wasn't a great lawyer. She basically tried to use like a crazy legal theory to reverse his guilty plea. Remember, Michael Flynn pleaded guilty. But in the end, her efforts didn't matter because William Barr came in and pardoned Michael Flynn. Now, fast forward to November 14th of 2020 when Trump tweeted the following. I look forward to Mayor Giuliani spearheading the legal effort to defend our right to free and fair elections. Giuliani, Joseph DeGeneva, Victoria Tonsing, Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis, a truly great team added to our wonderful, our other wonderful lawyers and representatives, Trump said. So, I mean, how much more evidence do you need? Oh, Guys, they were in the same press conference. You all saw it with your own eyes. Because this matters. <clears throat> and she talked about releasing the Kraken. She was famous for saying that they were going to release the Kraken of evidence. And what did that Kraken have? Nothing. Zero. No evidence. 60 court cases. They never oh, put yeah. together anything yeah. together. Is Sidney Powell a terrible lawyer? I have yeah, no idea. 60 court cases, not all dismissed on standing. Yeah. <clears throat> Why do I say I have no idea? Because she keeps representing people who are preposterously guilty. So there's nothing they could have ever done because there is no evidence yeah, that the election was stolen. Right, they were lying guys, the whole time. No evidence the election was stolen at all. Just ask Tim Pool. And they all know that they were lying and it's in the memos that they were yeah. lying. They even wrote memos about fake electors and oh, they call them fake electors. That's yeah, not made up at all. That's because they're idiots. Mm -hmm. And they even wrote down their criminality on, on paper. So now. Look, I don't MAGA, I can't I can't understand no one else can understand you guys. Yeah, guys, you're you're animals and no one can understand you. So Cantano Habimana, the greasy fat version, he wants to know what are we gonna do with you guys? So do you think that Sidney Powell was not one of Trump's lawyers? Even though you just saw the quote of Donald Trump saying that she was. Yeah, I think she was uh, one of the lawyers and Trump is probably arguing that he wasn't her, he wasn't, she wasn't his personal lawyer like Giuliani was. That's probably what he's arguing. So there you go, I, I don't care. None of this is legitimate. There's a fuck ton of evidence related to the 2020 election and you, you're a silly retard and that's about it. Was part of his legal team. You like, I don't know how to communicate to you. Cantano doesn't know how to communicate. How about you leave us alone or someone's going to put a boot in your face? How about that? Legally, of course, in self-defense. You all saw her with your own eyes with Rudy Giuliani yes, and Jenna. You're making an issue out of nothing. Yes, she was a lawyer. Trump is arguing she wasn't his personal lawyer. That's it. Yeah, she wasn't helpful. I don't think Sidney Powell was helpful. I don't think she did a great job. And that's it. Doesn't have any bearing over the evidence related to the election. Alice representing Donald Trump. Has that been wiped from your memory? Do you, I mean, do you live on this planet? Of course, she was one of Trump's lawyers. Of course, right? So now she's turning against him. Now, look, the downside of that, the upside of it is that the evidence that she has could be devastating. Yeah. And I'll get yeah. back to why I think that she might have the goods in a second. Oh, she has the downside the goods. is, yeah, her credibility is questionable. Well, yeah, and look, before you get to your goods, like what you're gonna show to indicate that she might have some dirt on Trump, I think it's worth knowing why the Trump campaign did distance themselves from Sidney Powell previously, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I turned to some really interesting text messages that were unearthed during the January 6th Select Committee investigating January 6th. Let's go to graphic five. Zachary Cohen had shared the tweets at the time, or the text, I should say, 
through a tweet. These texts show Senator Mike Lee advocated for Sidney Powell in early November and pushed Meadows to give her access to Trump. So I looked at those messages. I want to read this exchange from Mike Lee to Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff for Donald Trump at the time. Sidney Powell is saying that she needs to get in to see the president, but she's being kept away from him. Apparently, she has a strategy to keep things alive and put several states back in play. Can you help her get in? And then he he didn't get a response from Mark Meadows and writes again. It was the president's request that Sydney has been working on a strategy and has been trying to get in to see him, but she's being kept out. And then he writes again, okay? Um, uh, shares the information for Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell was a pro-Trump lawyer who was part of the effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election, right? That's just a note, that's not a message that he sent, but he just sent the information to contact Sidney Powell. But then the disastrous press conference happened, okay? So let's take a look at the press conference I'm referring to and I'll tell you what the Trump campaign did afterward. The Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic technology software, and the software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election after one constitutional referendum came out the way he did not want it to come out. You couldn't possibly believe that the company counting our vote with control over our vote is owned by two Venezuelans who were allies of Chavez, are present allies of Maduro, with a company whose chairman is a close associate and business partner of George Soros. So three days after that, that remember that was November 19th, 2020. Three days after that, on November 22nd, 2020, uh, the Trump team puts out a notice uh, or a statement, I should say, reading that uh, Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She's also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. Now, the reporting at the time. Okay, so then from that point on, she wasn't his lawyer. So, so then he's saying she's not my lawyer. So you're just, you, you, again, you're just you're, you're making shit up out of nothing. None of it matters. He's getting convicted on everything because all of these uh, trials are illegitimate. I'm uh, indicated the reason why they distanced themselves from Sidney Powell was because she's a lunatic and she carried herself like a lunatic during that press conference. Trump has been agitated about Giuliani and Powell for a few days, advisors said, complaining about how Powell had sounded at the news conference, how black liquid had dripped down Giuliani's face and about how how long the appearance had stretched on and it was a very long press conference. But to me, Jenk, that didn't make any sense because why distance themselves from Sidney Powell, which I admit, yes, absolutely is a lunatic, but then not distance yourself from Rudy Giuliani who looked like an even bigger lunatic and was a bigger lunatic than Sidney Powell. In fact, you know who promoted that press conference? Donald Trump in a tweet, he quote tweeted it and said, a rigged election drawing more attention to it. So I just don't buy that it's really about the press conference. I think they distanced themselves from Sidney Powell because of what she said on Lou Dobbs interview in November of 2020, because she kind of disclosed what their plan was, what their plot was, let's watch. The entire election, frankly, in all the swing states should be overturned and the legislatures should make sure that the electors are selected for Trump. 
You're not supposed to say the quiet parts out loud yet. Again, that's not illegal, retard. You're a fucking retard. That's completely legal. At Sidney Powell, that was November 19th, 2020, the yeah. same- And you know what's amazing about this? These people are just abject retards. Not a single fucking person, after she said that on the air, said anything about it being criminal. Not a single person. The corporate media was writing articles about the process and how it could work. Fareed Zakaria wrote an article in the Washington Post. I read it word for word, talking about the process in which Trump could legally overturn the election using alternate electors. No one said it was illegal. It was not until one day Rachel Maddow and his big dick went on MSNBC and said the phrase fake electors. And then a media narrative was born that is now being used to put people in jail because it's a banana republic. That's how, that's how it happens. It's fucking crazy. Same night as the press conference. So remember they do the fake elector plot and uh, it all goes all the way to January 6th. And the point of the violence on January 6th was to delay the proceedings. So that, that would have had no effect on any of that. If anything, it made the situation worse because then Republicans were less likely because they're cowards to go along with it. They could say, we're not sure who won, we're sending it back to the states. But the rioting had nothing, no effect on, on that. The rioting has no effect on whether or not Mike Pence could throw it back to the states. The rioting doesn't play any part in that. You're just making shit up. Where they had the fake electors waiting. Now, Sidney Powell. That's not, what do you mean the fake electors are waiting? You're an idiot. You're, a, you're like, what are you talking about? Oh my God. What, like the fake electors are waiting? So the violence happens at the Capitol and they've had to hold off something and then bringing in the fake electors? You're a fucking retard. That's not how any of this works. Oh my God, these people are insane. And people are going to jail over this retardation. You know, it's one thing you got some fucking fat piece of shit baboon talking bullshit on the internet. That's whatever. Who cares about that? They're putting people in jail over this bullshit. Have you seen Ass Willis? She's got about the same IQ as Chank Uger. She's a fucking dumb bitch. She can barely speak English. She's putting people in prison. Unbelievable. Well, saying that publicly ahead of time is deeply problematic. Mm no, it isn't. It's completely legal. Because mm -hmm. they're supposed to pretend that they're real electors. And golly gee, all the way in January, they couldn't resolve this. Again, they're alternate electors. Issue. So they had to figure out which electors to go to. But if you already have the fake electors ready to go in November and you say that, well, you didn't screw up the plan. You screwed up by making the plan public. Exactly. Which Again, abject retards. Everyone knew the plan was public. Multiple articles were written about the plan because it's how it works. You're allowed to do this. And, and, and you can have a situation where Mike Pence, he said he's not doing, going along and he's not going to do it. And there you go. And then it didn't work. Okay. Oh my God. It is such fucking intelligence insulting propaganda. Oh my God. Unbelievable. These people are unbelievable. Which also leads me to believe she's privy to the details of that plan and the discussions that Bingo. we're having behind the scenes. So which the anyone who read the Washington Post was privy to, to the details, retard. At least to my theory, which is oh my god, uh, in this plea deal, I got the bab the baboon grease ball theory. She got no jail time. She was a central, pivotal player 
I mean, it's because ask Willis overcharged, dummy. And there you saw her on Lou Dobbs in November explaining how they're going to do bring in the the Trump electors and, and no one said it was illegal. Ten, he won in the swing states. And they're going to bring it to the Republican legislatures, etc. Right? So why is she getting no jail time? That means her cooperation was excellent. Yeah. Now, yeah. if she were Trump's attorney, there could be an argument made that those conversations are protected by attorney-client privilege, but. Trump says she was never his attorney, Oops. and Trump was asked about that. Well, first that. of all, they'll pierce it anyway. They don't give a shit about attorney-client privilege. They pierce attorney-client privilege. Let's hear what he had to say. Mr. President, you said- Attorney-client privilege does not exist for political enemies of a regime running a banana republic. All, none of that matters. You, you have no rights, you, it's a total kangaroo court. No, not at all. I'm, uh, we did nothing wrong. We did nothing. This is all Biden indictments and impeachments. And this is all about Biden. He can't do anything right. The only thing they know how to do is cheat on elections and election fraud. Uh, this is all Biden stuff. All of these indictments that you see. I was never indicted. Practically never heard the word. It wasn't a word that registered. Great answer. So it's all about Biden. Uh, he never even heard the word indictment until recently. He just which, made up. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't speak well of you. You should try to, you know, read a little bit. And that's if you read past the page, you might have heard of the word indictment. Well, you have now. Congratulations and congratulations on blowing your only potential defense against Sidney Powell's testimony. Right, he's he blew his only defense, which was attorney-client privilege, because you just told us she was never your attorney. Hey, Maga, did you, earlier in this segment, weren't you mad at me? Well, she no, you're a joke. I laugh at you. I enjoy watching you beclown yourself on a daily basis, especially now as you've decided to run for president. I didn't realize. So someone posted what they said was Chenk's application to be put on the ballot in Nevada, and it was so retarded. I chuckled to myself, passing it off as a meme. I thought it was a meme. It turns out it, it's real, actual Justice Warrior. He's very good. He's very thorough. He tweets it out, and he's like, look what Shank did. It like He crossed stuff out on it. You know, like the part where it's like you have to be a natural-born citizen. He crossed it out and, and, and wrote it naturalized. He's a moron. He's a fucking moron. So why would I get mad at you? No, I'm going to laugh at you until eventually you get something that you deserve, delivered legally and politically and humanely, or by karma, and then I'm going to laugh some more. That's all. That's what I plan to do. No, she was uh, uh, never the attorney, never the attorney. Okay. Never the attorney, no so attorney. No one, you're making up conversations in your head. No one said that. Client privilege, enjoy that. Um, so, uh, look, guys, they've got three people that have flipped already. And so I w didn't cover the Cheeseboro story on, on TYT. Let me just tell you something. Cheeseboro flipping is huge. Yes. Oh, it's huge, guys. They got him. Huge. I love how they, like, again, he's getting convicted on everything. Uh, none of this is legitimate. So who flips on who and whatever? Who the fuck cares? He's still going to be voted for in numbers that exceed Joe Biden, uh, at least when it comes to the Electoral College. And then the question is, are they going to be able to cheat enough to stop it? That's all, that's that's what we need to see answered. None of this matters. He's the guy, okay, he's co-conspirator yeah. five in the indictment. Oh, yeah. He is the guy 
who passed around the memos specifically referring to their fake electors mm. as fake electors right, so now, and fraudulent. So, so because of how he described it, it now becomes uh, illegal. Electors. I think he just had a moment where he's like, you know, this evidence that they have against me is pretty compelling. Yeah, Maybe we should take I'm the sure. plea deal. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> he's a lawyer, by the way. Oh, I, look. God, that's amazing. I was already telling you Fonnie Willis was doing a great job. Now it's over the top. Setting up those 19, a lot of people questioned her strategy on that. Oh, there's too many people at the same time. Nope. She set them up and knocked them down. So she got one person to flip, then she got Sidney Powell to flip. And he's, and apparently Trump was surprised that Sidney Powell flipped. You, you and your allies were all throwing her under the bus. That everybody testifying was like, it wasn't me, it was Sidney Powell, it was Sidney Powell. What did you think she was gonna do? But Trump is maniacally stupid. He can't have, he can't strategize himself out of a wet paper bag. So he like he was surprised by Powell. But Powell needs someone to corroborate what she's saying because he's not the world's greatest witness. We're honest about that. You see the difference? You are not honest at all. Between liars and honesty? Yes, you are a nonstop liar. You are one of the more uh, obvious liars on YouTube. Right? You are such a liar that you have launched the careers of multiple people who use your lies to mock you and who have gone to create very large channels, AIU, Actual Justice Warrior. Um, that's how much of a liar you are. So, but once Powell flipped, Cheeseboro was like, oh, I'm toast. She has all the information. Uh, now I'm going to go to jail. And I, yeah. I thought there was. That Trump would get me out He's of this, not going but I, to jail. turns out no, we're screwed. Mm. So Cheeseboro flips. He's a very credible witness. He wrote the fraudulent elector memo. Mm -hmm. He's going to corroborate what Sidney Powell says. Mm -hmm. Look, guys, later in the show we have a story about Trump Republicans and what they believe. Mm -hmm. The thing we're trying to get everybody to understand is that those folks don't know the same things you know or I know. <laughs> I don't know if these trials will break through. <laughs> But if you televise all of this damning- oh, Please televise it, I beg you. Testimony, and they, you explain to people something they've never heard because the Democrats never even focused on it. Dumb asshole, do you understand that you, the people you're talking about reaching, first of all, Trump supporters unreachable, because they know you're lying. They know you're lying, there's nothing you can do. Okay, you need to reach normies. Normies do not give a fucking shit about any of this. Okay, now, if somehow Donald Trump was on trial for the price of gas, and you actually could show that Donald Trump was responsible for gas being $4 a gallon, that might get a normie's attention. Okay, none of this, all this is, is one big masturbatory session of masturbation, that's a little redundant, of Washington, D.C. people. Regular people do not give a fucking shit about classified documents and all this fucking and alternate electors what are you kidding me they care about the price of gas and groceries and shit that affects them the price of housing all of that shit is skyrocketing under joe biden no one cares about this and the beauty of this is going to be just like with all the other shit they're going to put all this time and effort into it they're going to get four convictions at least three they're going to get three convictions. They're going to go, aha, we got them. And the polling is not going to change at all, or maybe a, a small tick down, but it's not going to be what they need. And then you're really going to see what they do. And what I think they're going to do is they're going to start getting even more vicious. They're, I can't, these Trump supporters are terrorists. They're supporting a literal criminal. How can you support the three time convicted? 
felon, and who was credibly accused or what was he held liable for sexual assault, whatever the gay faggot um, phrasing is, whatever they use. How and then they're going to get vicious, and then I think they they might get violent. They might get they're going to do anything they can to try to stop people from voting for him. I hope I'm wrong about that. But then they're really going to be angry. And then I'm going to just laugh and laugh. And I'm going to calmly walk to the goddamn booth on election day. And if by, if Donald Trump is on the ballot, I'm going to fill it in for Trump. And if he's not on the ballot, I'm going to write in Donald Trump. And I'm going to go my, my merry way. And that's it. And I think most Trump supporters are going to do the same thing and they're going to be, oh, how dare you? It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be hilarious. Other than like the violence, that's not going to be hilarious. That's going to be fucked up because they're sick. They're sick, insane, violent people. You know, they can't take losses. So they hurt people. It's really no good. But, you know, this is the this is this is the country. This is who's running the country. It's, uh, it's not a good thing. They kept pounding the guys at the inside the uh, Capitol who attacked the Congress. Why? Because they were worried about their personal safety, but and they never touched the elites. But if you once the American people, including Trump voters, see the fake elector memo, maybe it moves. You are delusional if you think Trump voters are going to be moved by the fake electors memo. I don't care what some fucking guy wrote in a memo. Very few of them. But I think that there's some chance it can move a lot of independents <laughs> and maybe some, even some MAGA voters who go, yeah. oh, yeah. I didn't know they were fake. <laughs> I, I thought that Biden stole the election. We were trying to steal the election. Yes, brothers and sisters, oh. Trump was trying to steal the election. And now there should be a children's book called The Delusional Baboon. And it's a, it's a children's book about Cenk Uger as the baboon he is who is just completely fucking delusional. Oh my God, that's incredible. There's three people who are gonna tell you that in these televised hearings. Oh, hey, oh, I beg you, please televise everything. I want that more than anything. Oh, that's funny. That's some funny shit right there. That is some funny shit right there. All right, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through uh, Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, uh, link in the description. Also, uh, we're taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, um, we, well, first I guess I'll mention the book uh, that's already been written. That's uh, The Soft Gentleman, my rabidly homosexual leftist Democrat brother, wrote a book called What a Bigot Would Say. Uh, it is a guide on how to be a virtuous leftist. If you go to Rumble or YouTube in the description, it's about five or six links down. You can download it for free. It's a PDF. You can read it. Uh, he thinks it's a great book. I, I, I think it's, uh, it's a bit faggy, but, you know, whatever. You can, you can do with it what, what, what you will. I, you know, he does a land acknowledgement in the beginning of it. I mean, how ridiculous. Anyway, so um, that came about because we uh, a, a viewer suggested the idea for a book and i tied it into let's see if we can like boost the memberships for like subscribe star because it really really helps the channel especially like around this time because this you know this is this is what it's going to be for the next couple years it's going to be the economy sucks and everyone's getting fucked in the ass what can you do um but anyway um it, but yeah, it, it worked out and uh, we hit our goal. So he wrote the book within whatever the deadline was, two weeks. So we're doing another one. So I will write the book this time. It will be uh, rantings about all of these uh, uh, people and all the 
political bullshit, also viciously insulting all of these people. And then as requested by the audience, some in the audience requested that I write about how Jehovah's Witnesses use the exact same propaganda tactics as the corporate media. So I'll tie all that into it. It'll probably be a bit all over the place, but uh, I'll, I'll do that. So we're shooting for 300 subscribers combined between Subscribestar, the, the Rumble uh, subscription option, and the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse. Uh, so you can go to subscribe star link in the description or you can click the red rumble button or when the soft gentleman is streaming Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday around noon Eastern, you can join the bathhouse, which is on the YouTube channel. OK, let's see here. Um, where did we go? This is uh, Fanny's Willie says, Oy vey, I believe you missed my previous super chat sent between your streams around 24 hours ago, give or take. Uh, the Soft Gentleman actually read it. If you go to, was it the end of the Soft Gentleman stream on the Soft Gentleman channel? Yes, he, he read that one. He says, our parents' wisdom must be dispensed, Goy. You must not be a racist bigot or risk getting an unfair trial like some other shalom. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fanny's Willie coming in with the, uh, with the wisdom from our parents. Patrick Seguin says... Don't know if you remember me. I used to. I do remember you. I used to uh, watch a while. Uh, super chat messages have a character limit, so I'll just be quick about it. I've converted the whole pedophilia pedocrat thing. Them defending all of it is what pushed me. I'm a proud reform bigot now. Okay, so I do remember you. Patrick was like, you were like very very left leaning. But not an AIDS commie because you you uh, you did not want to, um, as far as I was aware, censor or politically persecute uh, our side, which is the threshold that I have for a person who's an AIDS commie. So an AIDS commie, in my opinion, is a leftist who is censorious uh, and who also wants to lock up or kill us. <clears throat> and so now... It, So if this is actually you, that's good to hear. You know, it's the internet and who the hell knows? It could be someone just pretending to be you. But I do recall you uh, and I remember you called up the call-in show a couple times. So if this is Patrick, good to hear. That's actually great news. Uh, if it's not Patrick, then, uh, you know, someone's having a uh, old school channel uh, chuckle, which is, uh, yeah, but I do remember Patrick Seguin. Uh, Brother Skidmark says, and thus thy wartime plebiscite was declared, suspending the election and the citizens of the Banana Republic of America um, suffered the wrath of the grocery store, demon Kakaka Harry Harris, sealed by a noble prize, and so the prophecy foretells the end of all. I'm very fascinating. Mega Jehovah says it's interesting that the aged sheepdogs are regurgitating the Trump-made troops stay at Mar-a-Lago to make a profit. Moronic. He did that while taking a loss. Discounts went about across the board. FYI, there's no vaccine for COVID-19, only fakes. Um, yeah, they so they did mention, yeah, the, the other day, someone, or was it earlier? I forget. But yeah, they did the whole, oh, he he enriched himself by having the military stay at his properties. Mega Jehovah says, let me be perfectly clear, there's no vaccine for it. Everyone are and will always be not vaccinated against COVID-19. At best, you can call it the most dangerous 
Fox scene in history, but a vaccine it is not. Trump didn't get a fair trial, so back at him. Oh yeah, the uh, the COVID nineteen vaccine is is total bullshit and uh, the most dangerous one in history. Upstairs, Nigar says Isa has the good story to tell you. HB Imes was doing my thang throwing trucks with Misa cock, and then I saw it. I saw Fanny's Willie. This cock had escaped from these Fanny Willies. And it was tellings me about wisdom from me parents, but they not my single mama. All right, well, the, your cock is talking to you? All right, that's a hell of a thing right there. Mega Jehovah says, pedocrats, not Democrats. Pedocrats, not Democrats. Foxine, not vaccine. Rhinocrats, not rhino Republicans. Fraud deniers. Avid reality deniers, your messaging would be far more effective if you adopted the same framework you came up with AIDS commies. Yeah, some things stick. AIDS commies seems seems to stick, and um, but uh, yeah, people can use. I don't mind if people call pedocrats. I think that works. Cobra says, question for the chat. Back in the early two thousands, there was the first nine eleven documentary that exposed the truth and portrayed Mossad as. Being at the very least aware of the attack, does anyone remember the name of that documentary and when I can, where I can find it? All right, so yeah, in the early 2000s, the first 9-11 documentary that exposed Mossad knowing ahead of time. Does anyone know what that was? I have no idea. The more famous documentary that I remember was Loose Change. It's been many years since I've seen it. I don't know if they talked about Mossad. I cannot remember. Um, so yeah, not sure. Cobra says, my distant Armenian relatives flew into Mexico and paid the cartel to get them into the U.S. legally, right through uh, the main door. They were not refugees of any sort. Imagine how easy it would be for terrorists. I believe it's all done on purpose to destroy the nation. Oh, 100%. Look, I hope I'm wrong that there's not going to be terrorist attacks, but it does. It looks like there would, there's definitely going to be terror. I mean, how would there not be? How would there not? This border has been, you know, like I know the AIDS commies, you know, they're very dishonest. So they're like, well, it's not open. It's technically not an open border. Right. So it's technically not like no one's there and you, everyone just I, I understand that. But it's practically open because, first of all, they don't catch a bunch of them. So those people get in and then. They do have encounters with millions of them, and they let them all in the country. Do they deport some of them? Yeah, they just deport some of them. But that doesn't change the fact that they're letting in millions of illegals unvetted. That's insanity. That has to be on purpose. No one would do that unless they're sabotaging on purpose. I mean, it's, it's, too, in, it's too insane. That's too insane. Um, let's see. Randolph Hippler says, Hair Bastard, for some unknown reason, business is booming. For our doorless spa treatments, to celebrate, we're offering a two-for-one that's received a million positive reviews. Just use promo code Work sets you free and ask about free camel parking. Oh, well, that sounds like... All right, and, and, there you go. That's uh, Randolph Hippler has some sort of uh, doorless spa treatments. Two for one. Oh, excuse me. I, I misread that. 
because right, you want to make sure that you get the information correct on this offer. It's not a million positive reviews. It's six million positive reviews. Got to get the number right. You got to make sure you get the number right. So you got six million positive reviews. That sounds like a, that's a lot of reviews, man. All right, Randolph, appreciate that. Hopefully people take advantage of that. That sounds interesting. What's the worst that could happen? Silky Johnson says, uh, HB, the drooling retard Hassan Piker is totally right about baby colonizers. See, I come from a long lineage of spear chuckers of the Wapaho tribe. My granddaddy, Chief Horse Dick Walking Stick, told, <laughs> told of babies throwing rattles and coughing on our ancestors. Yeah, you got to watch out. You got to watch out for Chief Horse Dick Walking Stick. Man, that guy was a hell of a chief. Oh, man. Yeah. And that Wapaho tribe, that those guys they were vicious but they could cook really good you know you just had to give them olive oil otherwise they would riot oh man that's a hell of a thing right there uh silky johnson's see that's a look i like all super chats i do i i welcome all of them some people talk shit some people comment on news stories i just i appreciate people that give me material to work with i can work with almost anything but this is just that was that was that's fantastic that was fantastic. Wapaho. See, I can work with that. I like that. I like that a lot. Anyway, Silky says, uh, a conspiracy theorist might say that with the latest news about the safe and effective jabs, the commie faggot pedos going too far, shit economy and sand niggers, again, I'm quoting, <clears throat> pouring into our country and everything else falling, they want to start a new war to distract. Oh, that's very possible. Yeah, I think that's that's likely. Um, people are called, oh, yeah, I, I think didn't, What's the prediction of Mega Jehovah that they're going to suspend the election, right? So, yeah, you could see how easily that they could be like, well, we got to suspend the election because of the war. Absolutely. Very much on the table. Very much possible on the table. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's scary. They're going to, they're just, it's just, I can't believe all of the, this is just a crazy, this is a crazy time to do news commentary or to just like live in America. Oh, my God. And then on top of this, we're, we're going to see economic shit that's even worse. Now is not good at all. Everyone's getting hammered. It's probably going to get way worse, especially if we go to war. Oh, my God. That's going to be crazy. Um, all right. Soki Johnson says... Um, oh, I read that one. Uh, next one is... Uh, Pungent-ass odor nigga says, and I quote... You know the bottom part of your hand where you use to do the karate chop? Well, I use the bottom part of mine to swipe the crack of my buttocks like a credit card and then take a deep whiff. I am of the wiped sect. Even clean your anal gland smell rank. Well, that's a hell of a fucking super chat right there. All right, well, there you go. Pungent ass odor nigga. Uh, apparently uses the crack of his ass like a credit card. Man, that's a, you really, that's a, you're smelling your own fucking, you're not smelling your own farts, you're smelling your own ass. Wow, that's a hell of a thing right there. Cobra says, Hamas is no different than IDF. They both kill, kidnap, and murder. Actually, IDF is worse as they cause more deaths and do it in the name of the law. This whole notion that Hamas kills Christians is untrue. They, there are openly practicing Christian churches in Palestine yeah, the one just got bombed with, with, and this is horrible. One just got bombed, or at least it, something near it got bombed, and killed Justin Amash's family. That's fucking crazy, man. Amash used to be in Congress. I think he's a libertarian now. 
before the fake-ass Jews, a.k.a. Khazars, the Jews in names only, came to the Middle East slash Africa's majority of Christians, Muslims, and Jews lived pretty peacefully amongst each other in Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Libya, etc. Hashtag Revelation 2.9. Interesting. Um, yeah, your opener here, I pretty much, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm arguing, that uh, Hamas and IDF both do fucked up shit, and the people who are doing propaganda for both sides pretend. So, yeah, they just pretend it's okay. And, like, look, if you want to pretend it's okay, fine, but, like, moral fagging to the rest of us, like, you're a bad person if you don't go along with this. Like, are you kidding me? It's hilarious. Um... Cobra also says, uh, ironically, Greta Thunberg is of Akinashi Jewish ancestry with both both Akinashi Jewish parents. Really? And they're taking her out of the books because of the, because of the, it's not, again, it, if you told me, hey, the Jews in Israel, they don't like Greta and they're taking her out of the books because she, she went on the side of Palestine, I'd say, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'm not going to take your side on it, but I at least acknowledge. If you say, "Does it, you know? Do you do you see that?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I see. I see why they would do that." Because then, you know, she's taking the side of the enemy, so you know they don't like her. But to be like, and then well, she had a she had a stuffed animal. <laughs> I love the internet. It's the great. This these are real people. They're serious, and they make these arguments, and they run these countries. The propaganda people for Israel are arguing about a goddamn stuffed animal. Oh, it's, you can't be, you can't make it up. You can't, someone I, I was watching, it wasn't even a political video. I forget who it was. I don't even remember what they're talking about. They were like, if you just cover what really is going on, like you, you can't write shit like this. You just, just cover what's happening. You can't even, like if you write it, it's not going to be as interesting. Like you can never come up with anything like this. This is like unbelievable. The shit that people are arguing over on Twitter right now—it's fucking hilarious. All right, let's see. Dave says, "Just be careful about how some pro-Palestinian protests are portrayed in Europe. I think they pull the let's find the most extreme people in the crowd and pretend that's the entire protest." Yeah, no, they they do that. So, uh, like I said, um. I'm completely against any censorship because it's going to be used against our side, right? So while I'm not going to defend, if you're talking about like leftists that are protesting for Palestine, like I'm not going to defend them, right? Like I'm not going to give a fuck, but I'm against censoring them because you know they're going to tie us up into that. First of all, there's already in Florida, I just saw an announcement on Twitter, DeSantis said that he's ordering the colleges in Florida to disband the pro-Palestinian groups because they're violating the anti-Semitism law. That's insane. That's insane. That is uh, uh, like mad, total madness. I don't like a lot of these AIDS commie leftists. Okay, if you're Palestinian and you're a cool person and you're not an AIDS commie, I have no beef with you. I'm not gonna, you know, if you demand I suck your dick, I'm not gonna do that. But I don't have a beef. That's my my threshold. Really, is 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 very low. You know, just uh, live and let live and uh, not want to censor or imprison or murder us. That's really my threshold. You could argue it's too low, but that's my current threshold. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, I think in France, did they ban them? Or they said you can't openly express support for Hamas. So all of this shit definitely has slippery slope written all over it. 
yeah, I'm sure there's regular, normal Palestinian protesters that don't like Hamas. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's like any group of people. Um, but there's also lunatics, uh, and they've imported a lot of lunatics into these Western countries, and they haven't made sure that they only bring in reasonable people. So now we're every. It seems like every almost every Western country is like a is a powder keg. We're waiting to explode. I hope that doesn't happen. All right, let's let me check. Uh, where were we? One second. Let me check entropy here. Let's see. Let's refresh. Okay. Entropy super chats. Okay. Loading. Here we go. All right, let's go down here. Mojack 420. I had a base intake. I had a based intake nurse yesterday. Talk to me. She asked me if she want, if uh, if she wanted her to, if she wanted me to put on a mask. I said I don't believe. My base. I had a base intake nurse yesterday. Talk to me. She asked me if she wanted her to put on a mask. I said I don't believe him. She said neither. Did she? And then said, no jab. I said, me neither. We fist bumped. She was based in Eastern European smash too. Oh, okay, so the nurse, uh, you had a base nurse in a medical facility that understood that masks don't work and that the jab is bullshit. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <clears throat> you know, you periodically have to go into like um, medical places whatever i'm i'm good to go i'm not having any issues but you know sometimes if you have someone you know or family in different places or you got to pick them up from a place there's there's reasons you go in and out might might be dentist's office all this shit but well actually i don't know if dentist's office would be, would count but from what i understand medical facilities in most places are like considered federal right so i remember during covid it, it even when here there was no mass mandate, the federal, the medical places like hospitals had the fucking mass mandate. So that was where you were going to find your most highest concentration of compliance among people. So that's good to know. I will say recently I was in a place and there were signs all over about how you, and again, I'm completely good to go. I'm not having any problems. Uh, and it wasn't for anything serious, um, but I happened to, I had to go into a place, and uh, and uh, there were all these signs, and the person I was with I was taking someone somewhere, and, and uh, there were all these signs that were like you must wear a mask, and fortunately the person I was with also totally based on all this shit, and uh, and I was like hold on let's see let's let's look, and no one anywhere was wearing them. No one, not the staff. And I was like, fuck yeah. I'm like, there you go. I'm like, no one's wearing them, not, not the staff. And to have the staff not wear them, that was, I was like, wow, that's crazy. So they still have the signs up. Now, I don't know, did Biden reinstitute it for federal facilities? I don't know. But uh, when I saw the staff not wear them, I was like, oh God, this is fantastic. I was so relieved. Because man, fuck that shit. Mojack 420 says something tasty and juicy. <clears throat> Let's have a look here. It's a link. It's a Twitter link. All right. Loading. Let's see. 
Okay. His pronouns, Mojax pronouns are fuck you, all pedos and groomers. Says, today's radiation treatment, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you have a speedy recovery. That that looks definitely rough. Uh, hopefully that gets resolved as soon as possible, sir. Uh, again, wishing you a speedy recovery. Um, Cooper Sees the Truth says, those Twitter accounts are reporting news to make money and gain clout. Are you kidding? That's just disgusting. The joyless bald whore, she absolutely doesn't do her news propaganda show for money or to be famous and gain clout. No, no, no. She works for free and never uses for fame or clout. Yeah, they always do that. They act like like when they make a big deal about like Alex Jones selling supplements or, or making a living. They, they act like it's a, it's a negative thing when a conservative makes a living. The dick-biting cobra says, what's the difference between a priest and a zit? One weighs, one waits till you're 12 to come on your face. Oh, man. The difference between a priest and a zit, one waits till you're 12 to come on your face. That's a hell of a thing right there. All right, thank you, dick-biting cobra. Now, Killer8000 says, look at this shit. What do we got here? A man caught sneaking into a woman's toilet says he's been eating poop for eight years. Oh, man. What the fuck is this guy doing? Holy shit. Earlier this week, an unnamed man was caught sneaking into a woman's restroom inside a shopping center in the Pijang district of Jiangmen City in China's Gandong province. According to reports, the man was eating excrement found in the t toilets. What a filthy Chinaman. Holy shit, that's some fucking crazy shit. <clears throat> According to Shangalis, a security guard at the shopping plaza said he had been spotted visiting the toilets since earlier this year. He goes on the second floor ladies' room to find feces to eat. He usually comes between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. during the first half of the day and then comes in around 3 p.m., the guard said, adding that the man walks in on women before they're able to finish flushing the toilet. That's fucking ridiculous behavior. This guy belongs in prison. However, one has to wonder why the security guard never stopped him despite being aware of his actions to the point where he knew the man's whole schedule and plan of action. Meanwhile, the women's toilets at the mall have been locked up. Well, how are the women going to go to the toilet if you've locked them all up, Ping Pong? That's unreasonable. Fears have been raised over the man's mental health. Yeah. Wow, that's a hell of a thing right there. Oh, Commenting on a story, a doctor from a local hospital said it's very possible the man has a history of mental illness. You think? Local female resident told Gondong TV that reports of the man wandering into public restrooms have left her feeling incredibly uneasy, especially because he's been seen lurking in another female toy written nearby. Well, look, Pang Pang, all you have to do if is come to America and pretend you're a tranny and you can eat all the women's shit you want. And the trannies will support you and say you're wonderful and you're a bigot if you don't go along with your shit-eating ways. Um, the woman's toilets at the mall have been locked up and residents are calling on the government to help seek treatment for the man. Yeah, well, that's a hell of a thing right there. Now, that's a story. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Oates says, you mean you're going to vote in a Trump tracksuit? Oh, 100% voting in a Trump tracksuit. Uh, if anyone has a good one, uh, let me know. I, I haven't found a full... I found tops. There's like hoodies... And uh, jackets, but not the full. I'd love it the the 
the top to match the pants. I am actually, you know what I should probably do? There's that Chinese site. There's a Chinese site that you can send them pictures and they'll print the pictures on sneakers. And it's cheap. It's not expensive. You, and you don't have to buy a thousand sneakers. They'll, they'll, they'll do it print to order. I bet you they would do a tracksuit. They have to. There's no way they wouldn't do a tracksuit. So I would just send them the... I think that's probably what I'm going to do. Extraordinary Jackson says, An octopus beanie baby is a dog whistle, but Kill the Boar is a misunderstood protest song. I'm less worried about a Terry attack and more worried about the government response. Also, World War Three trending. Um, oh, yeah, the government... Uh, oh, yeah. The, I'm t they're just... I, how do they not blame Trump supporters somehow? Um... Yeah, Kill the Boar is a misunderstood protest song, especially when they sing it while murdering white people. That is definitely, that's uh, it's just a protest song. That's all it is. Nothing to worry about. Incredible. That's the South African song that the lunatic uh, um, blacks sing when they're killing white farmers. Again, I understand not all black people in South Africa agree with that. Did I say South America? South Africa? But uh, uh, a good portion of them do, and it's not a good thing. That is not a good thing. Political violence gaining steam in America on both sides. Oh, yeah, conservatives, super violent. Can't believe it. Can't believe how violent conservatives are. Oh, what the heck? Huh. A large portion Ooh, of Americans on both sides of the ear aisle. Ear-piercing are now really looking down at the idea of democracy, more supportive of authoritarian measures. Gee, after blatantly stealing an election in front of everyone's faces, they're losing faith in democracy. Who could have seen that coming? And unfortunately, more willing to engage in violence in order to carry out their political goals. So this was a survey that was done by the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. And here are the results. First, the anti-democracy and pro-authoritarian sentiment. 31% of Donald Trump supporters and 24% of President Joe Biden supporters said, democracy is no longer viable and an alternative system should be tried. That's, that's a small percentage of each group. That's, I don't think that's a big deal. And I'm surprised that number isn't larger um, among Republicans. I think you steal the 2024 election, then that number is going to skyrocket. Because I'll be one of the people that says there's no political solution available. Um, that is not a commentary on anything that I think should happen. But I will be one of the people that agrees with that. And there's plenty of people watching that are already at this position. And I've always said the black pillars might be right. If you rig the 24 election, then obviously there is no political solution to this stuff. Okay, so that's that's what that would mean. What should happen after that, that's a totally different story. Um, you can talk about that. What will happen, what could happen, what should happen. But yeah, you rig the 24 election. That's back-to-back -back elections being rigged. You can even talk about the midterms. Then yeah, what do you, I mean, what would be the point of all that? If, if it's rigged, what is the point? So yeah, so maybe if you want people to believe in democracy, stop rigging the fucking elections. What is the alternative system that you guys want to try? Like, that's what I want to know. You want to monitor? Um, I think probably if there has to be an alternative solution. Um, I'm really not picky. 
as long as it results in you and your ilk being buried under a jail, I don't really, you know, whatever. Whatever. I, I'm, I'm open. I'm an open-minded person. Anarchy? You want a dictatorship? I mean, it's absurd. And also, just like the oblivious nature of what they're asking for here, because they think, no, no, no. The dictatorship that we implement is obviously gonna be great to us and terrible to the other side. Yeah, I've, I've not made any argument in support of a dictatorship. Yeah, so okay. look guys, uh, this set of numbers we're about to give you, that was just the first one, tip of the iceberg, uh, is super scary. Frankly, we're kind of in a dictatorship now run by the left wing, so uh, what are you even talking about? Uh, society is fraying. Uh, yes, are, and you, Cantano, are partly responsible for that. Our respect in our institutions and our former government is... Well, it's because they're rotten to the core and they're not worthy of any respect and they have to be completely dismantled. Deteriorating, decaying right in front of our eyes. I like. It feels like the country is a blanket that's pulling apart at the seams. And so, so the numbers are devastating in and of themselves for how much we don't believe in each other. I, I don't think it's devastating. It's a minority on either side. The vast majority believe in democracy. I think you're overly, see you're trying to, again, build up a consensus to go after Trump supporters. And so you're trying to pretend that they're dangerous because they don't believe in democracy and they don't trust the election results. That's the purpose of this. Other or the system anymore. And I'm gonna get to the root causes a little bit later. Um, but the second reason why these uh, things are devastating, these numbers are, is because Democrats, what are you doing? I mean, this, I get the Republicans saying some of this stuff, and I fight against it every day. But in, let's start with this first one 24% of Biden supporters saying that democracy is no longer viable and an alternative system should be tried. Well, they probably also are pissed off about the election. Are they Biden supporters or Democrats? Not every Democrat's a Biden supporter, especially now. He's not He's not doing well at all. You know, there are Democrats that see what happened and they, they don't like it. They do exist. Okay, if you're a Republican, I get it. Like, we literally had a guy on here uh, backed by Peter Thiel and other uh, clowns uh, who are arguing for a monarchy. Curtis so, Yarvin. Yeah, and so that's that means dictatorship, right? But if you're a right-wing authoritarian person, that's not that surprising. It sucks, but it's not that, like, freedom is just a punchline for them. But, yeah, if, but you don't believe in freedom. If you're a Democrat. You believe in oppressing your political opponents. What alternate system? What, what are we gonna do if it's not democracy? I don't even understand. That's your problem, quite frankly, because you would be the, the reason that this is happening, your side. So whatever, I mean, I would prefer something sustainable, but if it's a dictatorship, it's at least gonna have a few years where you guys get what you deserve, and then it'll get out of control, which I don't want to have happen. But uh, what what is not the answer is continuing this system where you constantly steal elections and then fuck with people. You know, it's one thing, if you're stealing elections and you're doing like a solid job, you know, and people have jobs and the economy's decent and people are treated well, then it's like, well, you know, they want power, but they treat us nice. That's not what this is. They're destroying us. We are their enemy. And so that's not uh, sustainable. That's not sustainable at all. So um, I think people should, and people are already doing this, focus locally. Um, like, like national politics will be a joke. 
and I, I, I would not pay attention to it. I still, make no mistake, I plan to do this stream as much as I do it, and but I, what I will cover will be different. I'll still do daily news, but like things like the midterms and the general election, what's the point of covering that? I, I, don't, I don't really, barring like an outrageous demand for it, you know what I mean? Like if people are like, oh, you have to cover it, I love it. Okay, if you love it, fine. But it, I will just reiterate what I'm covering here is completely pointless as the system is broken. Um, but locally, I think focus on local elections, absolutely, because there is a political solution locally. You can absolutely keep commies out or kick commies out via local elections. You've seen it many times. You've seen it at school boards. So there are definitely things you could do. You can, you can do things. Now, look, it, it, everything depends on the type of area you live in, what your current circumstances are, whether you have time for it. Like, everyone is different in what they can do and what they have time for. Um, but if you have the ability to do something locally, I would say definitely do it, whether it's get involved in politics, whether it's make sure you vote locally, make sure, even if it's just making sure you vote in whatever local shit hap uh, is coming up and, you know, watch out for like commie subversion because sometimes they run as Republicans because they know most people aren't paying attention. So, you, you know, stuff like that. That's all important. If you have a school, like I, I know places where in their schools they have bring your Bible to school day. That's like a totally AIDS-free school district that does that. Make sure that anyone advocating for gender ideology or trying to remove any of the Christianity from school, and I'm not a Christian as I say this, but Christianity in school uh, uh, moves the commie stuff out. And if someone has a better solution, I great. But I, I don't see another practical solution because the Christians, they're doing it already. They're here. They've done it before. Okay? So I would rather the Christians be in control of the schools and the commies have no control rather than like what did we try over the past decade in the public school system it's supposed to be neutral and no one's religion is to take control well we saw where that led okay that's so so you know if like the libertarians have a process and they're ready to go then okay i'm open to that but you know they have a they're in like new hampshire they're doing great apparently but there's not a lot of, of, of them ready to go into school boards, unless I'm not aware of it. If you're aware of a whole bunch of libertarians ready to take over school boards, let me know. But I'm just not. But there's a lot of there's a lot of Christians ready to do it. So. Um, so, yeah, but locally, just make sure the commies don't get in. And if they're in where you are locally, see if there's a way if again, if you have the time and the ability and means, see if there's a way to get them out. You know, can you can you do a recall uh, or do you have to wait till the next school board election you know whatever it is go to the school board meetings complain about what they're doing i mean we're seeing that all over the country and that momentum is building it's still it's it's happening all over the country and as ridiculous as desantis is with some of this shit with like israel he's done a fantastic job related to the to the schools uh, i was uh, excuse me not me the soft gentleman was covering an article they were complaining about how broad this law is in florida that keeps leftist ideology and political bullshit out of like not only the public schools but the colleges good job good i don't will it work long term or are they going to look for loopholes probably you got to be diligent but that's good you got this one school, I forget the name of it. It's a liberal arts college that they took over and they put Rufo on the board and now they're getting the commies out of the teaching positions. 
It's fantastic. So um, that's that would be the way. But the idea, if they rob Trump in 24, the idea of general elections doing anything, fixing anything, yeah, that would obviously be out the window if they screw Trump. Understand what you're saying. Like if you like, even if you're young and you say, okay, socialism. But wait a minute, that's the economic model. That doesn't have anything to do with the political model. What would we do? Socialism without a democracy? That just becomes a dictatorship instantly. Yeah. Yeah. But there are also as much as there are Democrats that don't like Biden, and don't like that he stole the election. I'm not saying it's a huge group, but there are they are there. But there's also lunatic AIDS commie leftists that want a communist dictatorship. No, 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 hard no, hard pass. I don't know what in the world they're thinking, but wait till you get to the other numbers. So 30% of Trump supporters and 25% of Biden supporters said elections should be suspended in times of crisis. No. Okay, now, now, bookmark this because Cenk is pretending to be against this. I would be very surprised if they did suspend it. Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't go along with the talking points because he always goes along with the talking points. It is Hard a, pass, it no. Is, it is amazing to me. Listen, we obviously have issues in our liberal democracy. The liberal democracy is lit, okay? We should want to save liberal democracy and reform our institutions. The notion yeah, that- How are you gonna reform the institutions when you're constantly defending their corruption? All you do is defend the FBI. We give up our voice. That we give up what makes democracy- You can't talk about a voice in a democracy when you rig elections. Amazing, which is allowing people to have a say. But they're not having a say when you're rigging them in, in everyone's face. If you know, you're gonna rig it, at least do it in a way where people don't know. Make decisions about who they're represented by. The idea that we should just throw that out the window because we have flaws in our current system that need to be reformed is Insane to me, absolutely egregious. Guys, if you, the minute you suspend an election is the minute you put democracy on a chopping block. Okay, let's see what happens when Biden suspends the election for the war. I hope that doesn't happen. It's, it's a disastrous idea because you're saying in times of crisis, you know what politicians are gonna do? They're gonna invent crisis after crisis after crisis. They're gonna say, well, COVID's a crisis. The Israel-Gaza war's a crisis. Everything's a crisis, the right? The US is always in crisis these yeah. days. Yeah, and so they'll <laughs> suspend every election until there are no more elections. Hard pass on both of these. Look, we fight against the right wing that says these stuff. If you're on the what left- What the fuck is the right wing talking about suspending elections, motherfucker? You should never be saying things like this. Well, get a load of this. Nearly half of Biden supporters, 47%, and 35% of Trump supporters said the government should restrict the expression of views considered discriminatory or offensive. Oh, come on. Disagree. You don't disagree with that. You constantly do propaganda to support that. You have argued that students sharing memes at Harvard deserve to be kicked out. What are you talking about? You are not pro-free speech. 47% more than the Republicans? No, look, it's I love how they pretend they're surprised that uh, Democrats are more censorious than Republicans. It's a free country. We fight against offensive speech every day on this show. But you fight back with more speech. If you, you advocate for censorship, start saying only people who agree with me should be allowed to speak. Uh, we're done for. That's not free. It's been what you've been advocating for with the left all these years.
That's not this. I think now they're, they've come off it a little because they upset the trannies. Country. And it also makes society dumber. Yeah, and, and it by does, the way. Because who are, who are the arbiters of offensive speech? This is like a cum slut that just did a bukkake shot uh, coming out. Let's say that I, they don't do this, I don't think. But let's say it, they did like post-game interviews, like in sports, and the whore gets up there and starts talking about, you know, we really got to start thinking about how porn uh, degradates society. Uh, and we really have to start thinking about the example that uh, whores set for our young women. It, who would take that serious? It's total hypocrisy. Exactly. Then you've destroyed democracy because you have to pick someone to be the judge of what speech gets banned. Right. Already you're on a disastrous course. So uh, let's go. It's Cenk Uger a decade late on that one. Further with the disastrous course, because now we're gonna get into the support for violence against political opponents. When asked whether it is acceptable to employ violence to stop political opponents from attaining their goals, 41% of Biden supporters and 38% of Trump supporters. Gee, I can't believe the Biden supporters who this whole time we've been propagandizing and telling them that Trump supporters are Nazis and that Trump is Hitler and he must be stopped. I can't believe they're now agreeing to go along with violence. Said yes. When we pretended that it was okay to burn down half the cities in the country because of some fucking dumb motherfucker died of a drug overdose. Oh, I can't believe people on our side think political violence is necessary. It, this is unreal. So look, the 38% on the Republican side is a number we've seen now in, in about three polls, right? In that ballpark of now a shocking 40%. And I've been scared to death about it. And then you see the acts of violence. In fact, we have more coming bullshit. up later in the show. Total bullshit. About how Jim Jordan's opponents were threatened with violence. That's not, again, that's not violence. Most of those text messages or, or phone calls were obvious gay ops. From right wingers, right? But wow. 41% of Biden supporters, what violence are you gonna do? So, Jay, And to what end? So and, and when the violence starts, you don't think the right wing has more weapons? That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. I think this is a good opportunity to kind of stop and talk a little bit about where I see the problems and why I believe an increasing number of Americans on both sides of the political aisle feel this way. I do think that we're all segregated by our media filters and the media because of this competitive. Holy crap, you mean the system that you've been advocating for that censors anything you don't like has caused people to go into their own bubbles? Oh, no way, I can't believe it. Environment and the for-profit model, right? What it leads to is the two sides which represent the two political parties engaging in increasingly inflammatory fear mongering rhetoric about the other side. And so that has kind of informed my decision to bring the temperature down. That's not to say that oh, I agree yeah. with everyone on the right. It's not to say that there aren't individuals on the right who preach and advocate for things that I think are incredibly dangerous and yes, violent and anti-democratic. But I think there's a way to talk about those things without inciting fear and absolute violence and hatred for the entirety of the other side. But you've been doing that all these years. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. And look, but part of that process is calling out your own side. Yeah. So if you're if all you do is they're the bad guys and we're awesome. When they say violence they're evil and demonic, but when we say violence it's righteous and beautiful, then you lost the threat. But that's what you've been doing the whole time. Then you have no principles. You have no Well, you've never had principles. Uh, consistency. You've never had consistency. And so then that creates more division and, and it devolves the situation worse and it entrenches people into their evil, your evil. And what do you do with evil? You don't negotiate with it. You attack, attack, attack. And that's where we are today. So you could, and, and if you watch the show and like, like the reviewer said of my book, the Republicans come in for a shellacking. I'm giving no quarter. That's not the point, guys. Yes, you can fight back on the things that you don't agree on, and you could fight back ferociously on that. But at the end of the day, you have to come back to yes, but they're human and they're Americans and they're part of us. <laughs> Rwanda Radio wants you to know that uh, the Tutsis are human, guys. We're human. Oh, man, how merciful. So now, so do you still stand by that you wanted us kicked out of hospitals and ICUs for being unvaccinated? Do you retract that? What's your position on that? And let's also reach out to their better angels and look at the things that we agree on. So fight on the things we don't agree on, but realize that they're human beings that, that actually agree with us on a ton of stuff and pull them in on the things that we agree on and talk about unity and not just division. So, but every other media outlet is driving division, division, division. Those guys are the baddies. I'll give you one last example. It's from mainstream media, and then I'm going to talk about in a second how they're the root cause, in my opinion. Because so, what do they say? And a lot of left wing shows say this: when Mitch McConnell takes a billion dollars in donor money, he's evil, serves corporations, and is a terrible, corrupt person. When Nancy Pelosi takes a billion dollars from corporations. Same exact thing. They go, no, she's an angel, master legislator, beautiful, great, and looking out for your interests. Then people stop believing in media, in politicians, and they. So again, this is like them after the the full house burns down, talking about, oh, you know, it's important. You got to make sure you don't start fires. Fires can be very dangerous, guys. They start to lose faith in the entire system. Here, I'll just say it. Look, the root causes, we have a system, but no one clarifies what they mean when they say system. If you're talking about the system of democracy that we have, that's beautiful. And that's the core of what we are as America, and that needs to be protected. But oftentimes, mainstream media conflates that system with the current system of corruption. With our institutions. Right, yeah. and, our, and currently our, our institutions are swamped with corruption. Correct. And we do not want to protect that corrupt system. But no one ever clarifies. So because the mainstream media is invested in the corruption, they go, no, if you stand against corrupt politicians, then you're against democracy. No, brother, don't do that. Don't do that when you conflate those two things. This is what happens. We start to fray and everybody goes, okay, then I'm done with the system. I guess I don't like democracy. No, democracy is the answer. Corruption is the problem. Fascinating, the arsonists don't like the fact that the house is on fire. Isn't that interesting? Here is uh, David Pakman back from the bathhouse uh, talking about how Trump hits new high in 2024 polling, interesting. Do not adjust your television. Do not double check whether this is a repeat, because once again, again and again and again and again, 
despite all of the troubles, despite all of the humiliations, Donald Trump's polling in the Republican primary has reached another new high. <laughs> Donald Trump's polling, which is the purple line at the top of this chart, is now a eat another dick, Bill Mitchell, above 59 percent. You'll remember that Donald Trump's previous high was about 58. It is now 59. By the way, Bill Mitchell and the DeSantis shows have just gone full corporate media. They're going along with most of these cases as if they're legitimate. And I do expect them at some point, they'll start going along with the locking up of Trump supporters. Trump now controls amid four criminal trials, multiple civil trials being found to be a civilly liable rapist and on and on and on, skipping the debates, character assassination of everyone around him who disagrees. He is now secured 59% of the Republican primary electorate, leaving 41% for everybody else to divvy up. DeSanctis is stuck between 12 and 13, which is where he's been dating back to late August. Nikki Haley has reached another new high. I will tell you that, but it is still just shy of 8%. If this continues, Nikki Haley will surpass DeSantis and she will be in second place. But will it matter if Trump has almost 60% of the vote? The Vivek Ramaswamy surge is very much over. He's stuck at 5%. Pence is totally DOA. No one's paying attention to him. He's at three and a half. Chris Christie stuck between two and three. Tim Scott stuck between one and two. Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson failing to get to even 1%. Trump is crushing these people. He could probably shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and voters would say, I'm sure it was self-defense. He's not going to be railroaded again by the justice system, is he? I support Trump regardless. This guy is dominating. And at this point, we are now beyond Labor Day. Remember, we were told we got to get beyond Labor Day before these numbers will matter. We are beyond two debates that Trump skipped. We'll have the third debate in a couple of weeks. And Trump is actually controlling more of that Republican electorate than ever. We then go and we take a look at what's happening in general election polling. And there are a couple of really interesting things here that I want to show you. The polling continues to suggest that if you add Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as a general election independent candidate alongside Trump and Biden, that it is good for Biden. The degree to which it's good again. But if if RFK continues to run to the left of Biden and he he goes after the progressives uh, and and, you know, whoever else, um, there's no way that's good for Biden. Varies. I'll give you an example. And that would absolutely turn off Trump supporters and independents that lean conservative. He's talking about reparations. You know, I wouldn't have necessarily bought that. But he did come out. Number one thing, reparations. It does look like he is he is basically trying to sabotage Biden. Um, I hope that's the case. We'll see if he starts attacking Trump on covid, then we're going to know that he's going after Trump's people. But if he keeps going about uh, 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 they say reparations and all this fucking climate shit, um, I, I think that Biden's going to have a problem. Example, there's a new Suffolk University USA Today poll. This is a good poll. When it's Biden versus Trump, they're tied at 41. Now, remember, that leaves 18 percent of the electorate 
it's still unsure. But when it's Biden, Trump, it's 41, 41. You add Kennedy. Kennedy gets 14 percent and it pushes Biden to a one point lead against Donald Trump. Not a miracle of any kind, but it is a difference. And then when you add Cornell West, as suspected, Cornell West helps Donald Trump. I've been telling you this for weeks, if not months. Cornell West, the best he can hope to do is to get Donald Trump elected. It's a disaster. On the other hand, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. does seem to actually be helping Joe Biden, which is super interesting. When you include both of them, it's Biden and Trump 37, 37, Kennedy 13, Cornell West four. This could be a completely insane general election. Now, one other element of this I wanted to look at with you, just because I still get people who write to me and say, David, Bernie would crush all of them. There is an Emerson College poll which looked at some other hypothetical matchups. One of those matchups was Bernie versus Trump and Trump wins by eight in a Bernie versus Trump matchup. They also did Biden versus Romney. And in Biden versus Romney, Biden beats Romney by 10. Now, it is important to consider that when they aren't even talking about running, they're not going to get the support in polling, even if it's an imaginary that they would. If Bernie said, I am running, my guess is he does better than 40 percent here. If Romney were to say, I am running, my guess is Romney does better than 30 percent here. But it is still interesting that there are people still emailing me convinced that if indeed that if indeed Bernie Sanders ran against Donald Trump, he would easily win. I still just am not seeing any evidence of that. You can make hypotheticals. You can say, well, everything would be different. It would change in this way or that way. But I've not seen any evidence that Romney would defeat Biden uh, if that's the direction they went, nor that Bernie would defeat Trump. If you have such evidence, David will dismiss it, but um, he'll move the goalpost regardless. But um, yeah, uh, these indictments, all that they've done to Trump, completely backfiring. And DeSantis was told, yeah, run. Then the heaps of people will leave him after the indictments. DeSantis is still hanging around. It's hilarious. Um, oh, disaster. Multiple Trump lawyers are testifying against him. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He's getting convicted anyway. These are not the legitimate trials. The former president Donald Trump may yes, soon the, have multiple. The nine-time Bukaki queen, David Pakman. Multiple, multiple of his former lawyers testifying against him. Let's go through the list first and foremost. By the way, that's not clear that they're testifying against him. That has that has yet to be seen. Just is Michael Cohen, friend of the David. Oh, yeah, he's credible. Michael Cohen. Pacman show Michael Cohen is expected to testify tomorrow in Trump's civil trial in New York with Donald Trump sitting right in front of him because Trump is also expected in court tomorrow. This is going to be an absolute delight. CNN reports Michael Cohen plans to testify Tuesday at the Trump civil fraud trial in New York. Trump's ex attorney said, with the former president expected to attend. Michael posted to threads. It appears that I will be reunited with my old client, Donald Trump, when I testify this Tuesday, October 24 at the New York State AG civil fraud trial. See you there. Trump is expected to attend the trial Tuesday and Wednesday. Cohen was scheduled to testify last week, but it was delayed over a medical issue. This first and foremost is already very bad because in that case, Cohen is not also a defender. But then 
we go to Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheesebro. Oh, something's wrong with this article. Hold on a second here. See if we can get it all fixed up. Uh, something went very wrong with this article. Okay. In any case, it's uh, something about the formatting has gone bonkers. But uh, Kenneth Cheesebro has pled guilty in the Georgia case, case tried tied to Trump. Cheesebro is the lawyer who authored some of those memos explaining how Republicans could send fake slates of electors back in uh, December and January of 2020 and 2021 to try to steal the presidential election from Joe Biden for Donald Trump. As we talked about before the break, Cheesebro is not the only one of Trump's lawyers to plead guilty in Georgia. Sidney Powell has also pleaded guilty in Georgia. Either of them potentially could testify against Donald Trump. When your own lawyers testify against you, it's potentially really, really bad. Three, four, five, six different ways in which you can consider that your lawyers testifying against you is bad. First and foremost, it's the super top level thing of when lawyers realize it would be better to plead guilty and take a plea rather than fight this. It shows. Oh, that yeah. It shows how strong the evidence is. Not that Fannie Willis overcharged the case. That and that wasn't ready to go to trial has been built is strong enough that lawyers are saying, I don't want to fight this one. That's totally made up. It's the complete opposite. And I don't want to go to court. Number one, that's a, a red flag for other defendants that this may not go particularly well for me. Number two, of course, your own former lawyers have potentially damaging knowledge about what went on. Your former lawyer probably has a deep understanding of the facts and circumstances of a case or what are the defenses that would likely be available to you, the strategy you plan to employ. And so their testimony, if indeed they testify against you, can provide direct insights about your state of mind, whether what you knew and when you knew it and whether efforts were deliberate or negligent or accidental. All of this can be detrimental to your defense. In this case, we're talking about Donald Trump's defense. And then number three, of course, in theory, juries are deciding cases just based on facts and oh, yeah. matching the facts. Yeah, guys, this is just facts. It's totally nonpartisan it's up to the law. But it is true that when you see a client's own former lawyers testifying against them, a member of the jury could be thinking to themselves, this is to me a sign of guilt. When this client's own lawyers bailed, pleaded guilty and are now testifying against them, that to me suggests mm. that something is very wrong here. Now, oh, strictly yeah. speaking, you could also spin it the other way and you could say, well, these lawyers are merely testifying against Trump to try to save themselves in exchange for more lenient punishment or whatever the case may be. Usually prosecutors would be very clear to document you are not actually getting a reduced sentence by pleading guilty because you have agreed to testify, whether or not that's true and whether you can sort of massage the truth of that is another story. But many juries would see your own lawyer sitting up there on the stand and testifying against you uh, as yet another sign of your guilt. 
even if the attorney's testimony is purely factual. So again, it doesn't matter. He's getting convicted. If it's not directly or overtly. And it's going to have no effect on Trump's base. Incriminating. The mere act of seeing a defendant's own former lawyers testify against them can be damaging to their case. So none of this is good for Trump. Assuming that the Michael Cohen testimony in the New York civil fraud trial happens tomorrow, we'll talk about it. We'll see what reactions there are. I'm sure it will be wildly, wildly triggering to Donald Trump. Uh, and certainly to that, uh, I am very much looking forward. It's okay. When you get locked up, I'll be looking forward to it wildly triggering you. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, I'm going to the men's prison. Oh, this might be okay. Pat, um, even, oh, hilarious. Even Fox News admits Joe Biden's speech was fantastic. First of all, who gives a fucking shit what Fox News has to say about anything? Fox News is total AIDS. At the end of last week, President Joe Biden addressed the nation and the world in prime time about what's going on with Hamas and Israel, about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, and more generally, what is going on with the role of the United States in the world as a, as he sees it, defender of democracy. This speech was actually so good <laughs> by the standards we have for how these speeches. Fag dad Bob is pretending Joe Biden is coherent and giving a great speech. Go. Not the propaganda speech was at all. so good mm. that even on Fox yeah. News, they praised Joe Biden. And it was a good speech. Now, at it, you know, I got a bunch of these emails about Biden doesn't even know what's going on sort of, sort of thing. He doesn't. I will remind people, Joe Biden is 80 years old and he has struggled with a stutter his entire life. Yeah, guys, it's a stutter. He doesn't have dementia. It's a stutter, guys. Come on. So you really have to understand that we're listening to the message Joe Biden is giving us. Uh, and when you listen to that message, you didn't have to like it, but it was coherent. It was strong. It made sense if you understand the foreign policy of Joe Biden. And so we go to Fox News in the moments after the speech. Here are Brett Baer and Martha McCallum interviewing Brit Hume. This is not the attitude of Fox News hosts typically after a Democratic president. Well, first of all, any time a president uh, is, is seems like he's talking about going to war, the entire corporate media uh, supports it. When Trump bombed the Syrian airfield, CNN was sucking his dick. President gives a speech. Let's take a listen to this. This is the president's second Oval Office address. Your overall thoughts about him tonight? Oh, I think it may be remembered as one of the best, if not the best, speeches of his presidency. He was firm, he was unequivocal, he was strong, as he has been, particularly uh, in recent days when he was, before he went to Israel and while he was over there. I was struck by the fact that he spent as much time as he did on Ukraine, and I think it was a good thing that he did, because the aid for Ukraine uh, package that he's talking about and further aid to Ukraine beyond that is in jeopardy, and I think that he was hampered a little bit in that effort by the fact that he dare not really mention the best reason. I mean, he mentioned, broadly speaking, the best reason for sticking with it in Ukraine, which is that what would the rest of the world and its evildoers think if we pulled out of there? because that comes on the heels of his having pulled out of Afghanistan, which arguably emboldened uh, all of the uh, all of our adversaries around the world, uh, particularly Vladimir Putin. 
Um, he didn't make that. He he can't really make that case, and you wouldn't expect him to. But he made a strong case for it nonetheless, and I think it's I think it's it's important that he did. And also, of course, you're right, Brett, to wonder whether as Republicans will there'll be a follow-up to his statement about holding Iran accountable. But at least he talked about Iran. He had been <laughs> loath to do so in his remarks regarding this Israel atrocities uh, since they happened. But tonight, there it was. So. Uh, on two important counts, I think he did, did remarkably well and was quite strong, quite firm. Remarkably well, quite strong and quite firm. Not the sort of review you expect from Fox News of a president. Yeah, Fox News has no legitimacy. And a Democratic president's speech. Now, I generally agree that it was quite a good speech. There was an exception. There was a moment where Joe Biden talked about how Lots of American companies are basically like making the bullets that are being sent over there. It's for I, I, I get the point, which is, listen, if, if these are causes worth supporting, if it's a, a cause worth supporting to support Ukraine's defense against the invasion by Russia, then isn't it better if it also provides American jobs by virtue of the U.S. manufacturing the bullets and the ordnance and you know whatever else? Uh, it's a little too military industrial complexy for me. It's sort of like, hey, we're sending over our, our rockets painted in the gay pride flag for them to use sort of thing. It's, a, it's like, OK, is this actually what we want when it comes to that that sort of imagery? But regardless, overall, it was a good speech. I do think it was extremely smart and accurate for Joe Biden to even though the impetus for the speech was the terrorist attack by Hamas in Israel. I think it made sense to talk about Ukraine, particularly because there is a sort of fatigue taking place among some in the American public about the support for Ukraine. And that makes sense. It's understandable that there is fatigue. I do think it's important not to miss the reality that it's an extraordinarily good deal to support Ukraine in the way that the U.S. is supporting Ukraine. It's a tiny sliver of a slice of the military budget. It's preventing boots on the ground. And if Russia were to successfully steamroll Ukraine, it is almost certain that those desires would then extend beyond Ukraine. And it might invariably force American boots on the ground to get over there, which I don't want. I don't want the U.S. getting involved in that way. So I think it was intelligent for Biden to wrap this all together. As as always, the sort of nationalistic, patriotic imagery and the stuff about the bullets and the bombs or whatever. Not my thing at all as a guy who's extremely skeptical of the military industrial complex. Oh, but I'm sure I agree with Fox News. Right. It was quite a good speech. Yes, Fox News somehow has credibility to David. Uh, judge threatens Trump with jail for violating gag order. Yeah, I want to see you do it, bitch. Do it, you AIDS-looking homo. A judge is now threatening Donald Trump with jail for violating one of the gag orders against him and is also fining Donald Trump. Is this getting real, finally? <clears throat> Let's discuss. Nope. NBC News report. The judge is impotent. Its judge threatens to imprison Trump for violating gag order in the New York fraud trial. Judge Arthur Engeron said in a filing Friday, the court is fining Trump five thousand dollars 
for leaving up, quote, an untrue and disparaging post about oh, my clerk. How dare you make an untrue post in America? Clerk on his campaign website. You may recall that Donald Trump was attacking your fat hog clerk deserves to be disparaged. Attacking the clerk in Judge Engeron's court, which is pretty depraved. Depraved. Um, he also floated the idea of jailing Trump for defying a the guy that takes nonstop cocks in his ass is arguing that someone else is depraved. Partial gag order requiring him to remove a post trashing the judge's law clerk on social media. Earlier in the day, reports NBC News, Judge Arthur Engeron was livid when he revealed Trump failed to comply with the order and raised the possibility of putting Trump in prison. Imagine that. Mm, I would love to imagine you in prison, so I'm on the same page. Said Trump had posted on his social media account, quote, an untrue and disparaging post about my clerk and that he, quote, ordered him to remove the post immediately and he did take it down. Despite this order, last night I learned the offending post was never removed from a website. This is a blatant violation of the gag order. I made it clear that failure to comply will result in serious sanctions this is a former president, folks, and this is what what judges are having to do. Continuing, quote, incendiary untruths can and have led to serious physical harm. I that's uh, totally made up. And that's the get the statax. No, no, no. Scotastic. Scotastic. Stoca I think stochastic, I believe. Anyway, whatever. It's fucking bullshit. That's the stochastic terrorism narrative that a judge is saying now threatening a former president with the stochastic terrorist narrative. Insane, completely insane. We'll now allow the defendant to explain why this should not end up with serious sanctions or I could possibly imprison him. Do it. A former president of the United States is being threatened by a judge with being thrown in jail. That is not normal. That is not a typical thing. You know, former presidents tend to get involved in writing books or building houses or raising money for nonprofit initiatives or partnering with other former presidents to bridge a political divide. Trump's up to multiple criminal trials, civil trials and being threatened with jail by a judge. Um, in response, Trump's attorney, Chris Keyes, said, Based on my understanding, this was truly inadvertent. The argument that Trump's lawyer is making is that the post was taken down from one site, but not another. And it was merely an oversight. And that's sort of it. Um, I can only imagine the chaos and insanity that will afflict the average Trumpist if Donald Trump is indeed thrown in jail for violating these gag orders. I also continue to struggle with what the logistics are. Does Secret Service move into Trump's yeah, it's not possible. jail cell forum I, I, with him? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's all really, really unprecedented uh, stuff that would have to get figured out for the first time. If there's anything we've learned so far, it's that Judge Arthur Engeron really doesn't seem to care about the optics with MAGA when he makes these decisions in his court, he seems sort of like the type of guy to just do whatever he thinks is right based on what the law says. Oh, it's, yeah, that's what he's doing. It's refreshing. I like Yeah, it. he's a good guy that I'd rather judges. What do a that. fair judge. Then consider everything that is going to be said by 
Don Jr. on Rumble uh, when he makes decisions. But hopefully Trump's lawyers are telling him you've got to take this seriously. You've got to ease up. It really couldn't happen to a nicer guy if Trump ended up in prison. That's what I will say about you. Hopefully it happens. Or if you just get what you deserve from your booster shot, same thing. I'll take either. Um, here is the uh, the mailbag, I think. All right, let's get into feedback for the week. Fridays at the end of the Friday show, I'll look back at some of the comments I got, posts on Reddit or YouTube comments, emails. I just cover the insulting ones. All sorts of different things. Certainly because of the escalated and politically tense environment in which we find ourselves today, not only because of the American election, but also because of the forthcoming criminal trials of Donald Trump, the situation with Hamas and Israel and on and on. The comments this week are particularly weaponized, I might say. Good, good. You deserve it. And so we'll just dive right into it and we will start with some critiques, although that's not maybe the right word for them. Stephen says, I'm about sick of this communist. Wrong spelling, communist propaganda show. Right there with you, Stephen. I'm not a communist. Base Stephen. Yes, you are. <clears throat> I mean, you hit you hit my threshold for AIDS commie. If you want to split hairs on what an actual communist is, no problem. You know, I'll, I'll even use whatever term you want to use. But we're talking about the same people. So David is one of those people, uh, whatever you want to call them, AIDS, commies, whatever. I'm just not a communist. I really don't know whether these folks are just using the word communist as a slur. Sounds good. That's fine with me. I don't care why you Or whether use they it. genuinely watch the show and think I'm a communist. Now, the latter is almost more interesting because it really shows I'm giving a lot of credit here. This is this is charity. OK, assuming that Stephen is actually weighing in based on something he heard me say, it is very interesting that a respect for human rights. A oh, da yes. David really respects human rights, especially when his political opponents are arrested and charged over bullshit valuing of plurality and mm. respecting of different perspectives that these are just basic things which are now considered communist by part of the political milieu yeah. of the American yeah. right uh -huh. wing. But this it's is totally certainly not a communist or communist show. And many folks this week writing in. Here's another guy who wrote in over the weekend. Your now it's the wrong your, of course, he means you that are, matters. but he doesn't include that. It's almost a requirement. You're a socialist Democrats communist. You don't hate Trump. You hate your country. Well, I do hate what the country has become. I hate that the country has become a laughingstock because of what MAGA Trumpism has done to the country. That's true. So I thought it wasn't a laughingstock anymore that now that the pedophile in chief has taken over. It's still Trump's fault that it's a laughingstock. But it's not that I hate the country. It's I'm humiliated by the people that got us to this point. And my social. I'm very Yes, I, I'm. Good. I'm glad you're humiliated. That's fantastic. List. I hope it really bothers you. Democrats, communist. It's bad out there, folks. It's very, very bad. Now, then we go from uh, ad hominem insults to conspiracy theories. 
Here's Rick Smith, who responding to my latest commentary about the forthcoming criminal trials of Donald Trump responded simply. He was never indicted. And of course, indicted is misspelled. So there, this is another interesting one. If I interpret this literally, since indicted spelled like this isn't a thing, it's true. Trump was never indicted with a GH. <laughs> but I can assure you, he really was indicted with a CT by the criminal system. He's going to face criminal trials or we'll settle them between now and then. This is genuinely happening. And to those who believe that, I don't know, Trump is still in control of the military or JFK or JFK Jr. Or, <laughs> are still alive. And I, I don't know, you know to the people that really believe these impossibilities. What would it take to change your mind? Because it's kind of getting to the point where I think the answer is nothing. There is nothing. That would change the then what are you going to do homo minds of these folks. OK, last one of these also using the incorrect. Your your idiot. Biden is a 100 percent traitor. So wrong. Your first word should be capitalized. Idiot starts with I. So it should be an idiot. And then there should be a period after Biden. So I guess that's yeah, people give a fuck about that. One, two three, four. And and I, of course, should be capitalized five grammatical or spelling errors in like a seven word sentence. It really says a lot. It says a lot. Yeah, that's a hell of an argument about our educational system. But remember, these folks vote. They get to vote anyway, and some of them vote. Um, and that's scary. But it means every single for every one of us that votes, we cancel out. Again, that's the talk of a fraudster who knows that they are going to use mass mail in balloting and they're going to use fraudulent ballots to cancel out our votes. That's he knows that he's saying that on purpose. One of those votes. He's the only person I've seen so far that talks about Democrats voting as canceling out our votes. And that's cautious optimism, I guess I would call it. I don't know. Mark wrote in and Mark says Biden is old. He served a long time. He should be able to retire. The problem with Biden is nobody's excited to go out and vote for Biden. We need people to care enough to go out and vote. You know, I don't know that I agree with this. A lot of the polling that we are seeing that is being called disastrous by many Democrats where, oh, two thirds of Dems want someone other than Biden to run fair. I'm in one of those two thirds. I would love a different nominee than Biden. But you'd better damn well know that come Election Day, if it's Biden versus Trump or Biden versus the Sanctus or, who, you know, any of these authoritarian right wing lunatics, I'm going to be very excited to go out and vote for Joe Biden to prevent oh, yeah really excited any of those lunatics from becoming president. Oh, but you're voting against them rather than for Joe Biden. No, I'm voting for Joe Biden. And whatever reasons I have for doing that don't really matter. I will be excited to go out oh, yeah. there and I'm vote sure for Joe vote. Biden if it's Biden versus Trump. And similarly, you look at a lot of these polls with with dubious results for for Biden. You know, it's tied right now. Well, it may be tied, but 
if indeed Donald Trump is the nominee, there are going to be gobs and gobs of center left Democrats, progressives and others who are going to be activated and are going to go out there and do what they can to make sure that Donald Trump or DeSanctimonious or whoever don't get four years in the White House. So Biden is old. OK, he should be able to retire. Sure. But I believe people are going to be highly motivated, highly motivated to vote for Joe Biden. Now, along the lines of polling, a couple of posts about that faithlessness East posted to the subreddit. People stop tripping over Biden polls. Stop tripping Bill Maher, Cenk Uger, anyone else panicking about Biden's poll numbers. The polls don't factor. The 2024 election is anything but a typical election year. Look at the special elections in very red Kansas and Ohio, far more accurate than any poll where abortion rights overwhelmingly won. These aren't people who answered a phone call from a poll worker. They voted women livid over Roe v. Wade overturned, overwhelmingly came out in force and voted pro choice. Does anyone think women will be any less livid come November 2024? If men know anything about women, they don't forget. OK, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what, what that's about. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What is that about? I'm not worried about voters sitting at home in the next election. January 6th, the MAGA GOP acting like nothing happened, plus their inane buffoonery has changed everything for most voters. The next election isn't about Joe Biden, the economy or the cost of gas. It's about the survival of a free America. People will show up and vote. A very similar point That's to cool. the one I was making and one I tend to agree with. Also along the lines of polling, Reddit user Rye Whiskey says Obama's approval rating in September of 2011 was 41 percent. It didn't stop him from winning and goes on to say Obama's job approval rating averaged 41 percent in September, tied with August for the lowest monthly approval average of his administration. He started his term with 66 percent and drifted downwards from that point up a little after the killing of Osama bin Laden. It is too early to predict reelection chances based on approval ratings, writing 13. Dude, Biden's approval rating is in the toilet. That's hilarious. Project 2025 sinister plan to have Trump appoint lunatics. How dare Trump appoint who he wants? He's not allowed to. We're going to go next to Janelle from San Antonio, Texas. Janelle, welcome back to the program. What's going on? Hi, David. Uh, Hi. Well, one thing I was going to let you know is that I'm soon going to be Janelle from Maryland. Is that right? Yeah, we finally sold our house. Congratulations. Um, anyway, <laughs> my did um, you uh, did you have to stage it in some way or was it just perfect as is? Oh, I had to stage it. <laughs> you did have to. OK, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So um, my question today is um, I wanted to know your opinion <clears throat> on the theory that Tommy Tuberville is refusing to promote military um, officers. Yes. And um, because of not because of abortion issues, he's maybe using that as a a guise, mm -hmm. but as part of Project 2025 and how they want to replace uh, workers with 
quote unquote patriots. So let me explain this, because this is you're not the first person to bring this up to me. Tom Hartman has talked about this. Oh, he's and he's a I've seen nut. this mentioned elsewhere. Here's the idea. Some so Tommy Tuberville says that for abortion related reasons, he's holding up military promotions. Tom Hartman and others have suggested maybe what's happening here is as part of Project 2025's goal of taking over control of so many of our institutions with right wing extremists and authoritarians. The idea is fill a, a rather keep otherwise known as normal people who are not AIDS commies empty tons of these positions so that if Trump or whoever wins, they can come in and fill the Pentagon with authoritarians and, and, and promote hardcore right wing authoritarians into these positions. It's merely speculation, Janelle. It's a scary proposition. I hope that that's not what's going on, but I certainly can't sit here and tell you I can guarantee you it's not what's going on. Oh, this whole thing has got me worried. I mean, that's a nightmare. Good situation. I hope it's a nightmare for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, listen, and the best thing we can do, we can't control what Tommy Tuberville thinks or why he's doing this. We can control if we vote in November of 2024. And so let's focus on that and make it so that that scenario, that nightmare scenario never happens. I think that's where we should focus on our, our energy, Janelle. Amen. Oh, yes. All right. We got some breaking news here. the internet. I think this is about a giant stone penis. This is breaking news from the internet from Dewey C. Concrete penis, good luck charm, becomes Storm Babette's latest victim after blowing off bar roof. Oh man, that's a hell of a thing right there. Husband and wife team, John and Michelle Gate, uncovered the hidden artifact last year. And it has since become a talking point. There is the said stone penis. Looks like someone jizzed on said stone penis, or that could also be uh, bird shit. Anyway, a concrete penis formerly tucked away as a good luck charm on a bar roof has become the latest victim of Storm Bevet. Husband and wife team John and Michelle Gate have owned idols India Indie Bar in Harleypool for 17 years and have plenty of great stories from their time behind the bar, but none quite like this. Over the years, the pair has had various repairs done to the roof of their Church Street pub, but it wasn't until last year that they uncovered a hidden artifact. While the roof was being repaired in January 2020, builders discovered the concrete phallus, which had been built onto the roof and it instantly became a hit and a bit of a good luck charm for the pub. However, after Storm Babette ravaged its way across the region Friday, Friday, it sadly became the latest victim of the weather with strong winds blowing it off the roof. Oh, it blew the cock off the roof. Man, that's a hell Babette blew that cock off the roof. That's a hell of a thing right there. It will be sad news for John and Michelle's punters who got a huge giggle. This has got to be UK. 
hunters out of hearing the tale of their discovery. After they initially found the concrete token, they took a picture to share with their regulars on Facebook and ended up learning of how lucky, how their lucky charm came to be. Landlady Michelle explained, I did a post and put it on Facebook when we found it and got loads of shares. So you got loads of shares from about the stone cock, did you? Then a roofer that did it came forward and said, oh, it was me. I did it five years ago. It's my trademark. So we just left it up there and thought it might be a good luck charm. Well, it may have been lucky for the pair over the past six years. John was gutted when he went to check the roof amid the strong winds on Friday and discovered that the penis had been blown off. The penis was blown off, the article says. In case you were wondering, I just, want to, I just want to make sure you understand that the article said the penis was blown off. Okay. He quickly took the Facebook to update their regulars on the news, explaining, For those of you that remember the discovery on our roof back in 2022, today is a sad day. Cocks blew off. Balls are still up there as far as we know. <laughs> well done, sir. That's a hell of a post. That's a hell of a post. Now the phallus has become somewhat of a celebrity in its own right. The pair are considering how to commemorate it moving forward. This might prove to be a battle, though. As John says, his dad is his eye on the concrete phallus and is planning to erect it in his garden. Well, you need a cock garden. You're going to have to have a cock garden. All right, well, there you go. That was breaking news from the Internet from Dewey C. Incredible article right there. If you have an article that you want read on stream, whether it's regular news, old news, satire, news about shit, piss, or penises, again, as long as it's legal and there's no explicit sexual pictures, because obviously none of the sites allow that, uh, but anything else completely legal, uh, you can uh, look in the description, 10 and up details in the description. And uh, let's have a look here. Where was our next one? This was uh, threats and censorship against... Oh, oh, this is uh, Barely Attractive Emma and Sam Cedar complaining that now their side is being censored. Oh, man. Huh. Let's have a look here. Best is leftists. Sam, have you talked to any of your friends in the entertainment industry and encouraged them to speak out? I was disappointed to see Sarah Silverman post some ignorant things lately. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I haven't been uh, terribly excited at uh, some of the things I've seen posted. Um, you know, uh, some some people I think who have a sort of more uh, visceral connection, who have family members who are in the area, they they have certain reactions, and I I'm not I don't love it. Um, it's uh you know people are extremely emotional right yeah. now and um and i'm not making excuses for anybody or whatnot but again you know like my project is to um to try and get as many people as i can to sort of understand the dynamic uh, that is going on in Israel and, uh, and in Palestine and the idea of like, you know, this uh, Zionist project, maybe we need to take a, uh, a look at it and be a little bit more skeptical about 
what fuels it. Um, and that's not to mitigate the horror of what uh, Hamas did, and it's certainly not to mitigate the horror of, um, you know, it's not, the, uh, a, a mom or a dad does not care yeah. how you kill their baby right. or their kid. A kid does not care how their mother or father was killed. Um, I mean, I, I obviously they, they care, but it, at the end, the pain is just as great. And, um, and I think, um, you know, I, I've said this before because I've been talking about this conflict, you know, in a professional setting for going on 20 years now. And um, I don't the I don't engage really or I try not to in the sort of who's more or less moral, whose uh, killing is, uh, you know, more or less barbaric. Like I just I the in my experience, as soon as you start to engage in the sort of like who has the moral high ground in these um arguments the it it all you get is what we have had for decades now and um but, and so, but i think framing the issue of you know ending apartheid as a moral one is not it, it the, i agree with you on who goes which killings are more immoral i mean you can't make that case like i saw a video of someone taking down the missing person um posters that people were putting up of uh, Israelis that were taken hostage. I find that to be disgusting. Like, See, now, now that's an interesting thing, right? Because it's, it's bullshit on both sides with the posters, right? So they're putting posters up, but they, they know where the hostages are. They're all in Gaza. Putting them up in London, that itself is a propaganda effort. But then, taking it down is also a propaganda effort. And I don't care what posters you put up, but it's just kind of like... It's just both of them being retarded is, is how I... But I, I, look, I'm an American, and I'm not interested in America getting involved. Um, but, like, how about framing it... Like, if you wanted to... I don't know. I Just putting up missing posts... Like, missing makes it seem like there's something you could do about it. And that's a bullshit argument, because they're in Gaza. Why can't you put up a poster that doesn't have the missing thing and be like, you know... This, look, look what Hamas did, okay? But when you're like, oh, missing person, but they're in Gaza. They're, they're not in London. You put missing person posters up in London of people missing in London. So just, again, the propaganda is just not, it's too overly dramatic and it's just too aidsy. But anyway, that's just my, you know, view. They, we'll see, you know, if ultimately Israel gets people back on their side, then, you know, then whatever. But it just they're they're losing a lot of the information war, and so just some of the way the propaganda is done, I think it's just antiquated for the information age. It's just not. You got to make better arguments for people. You can't make that. You can't. You you can't engage in this in that way. Um, and it's tribal and it's wrong. But in terms of the broader context, she could get in trouble for saying that with uh, I think her audience. I I think there's plenty of people in her audience that would disagree. We'll see what she does. So the issue. 
I think it the the the, the issue, issue of Palestinian liberation outside of the violence we're seeing right now is a moral one, right? I mean, I, would say I it's a historical one. Like, I think we need to put this in the context of the broad history and the structures that we're seeing. And yeah, like if ultimately, like we we make a conclusion about those structures, saying this is immoral, but also look at the what it's producing, which is these cycles of violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not saying that I. I, I don't see a moral problem with them talking as a rhetorical tool to uh, try and argue in this moment. I, but I think broadly speaking, um, the idea of, of apartheid, the idea of, of, of colonization. Like it would make more sense to put like a Stand with Israel poster up rather than a missing persons poster, if that makes any sense. But whatever. The and if you're putting up posters, follows, follow the rules and regulations of your municipality. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think everyone's posters should be able to go up. But obviously, that's not the case in Florida anymore. Not, not allowed to do it. The idea of deprivation and, and whatnot are, you know, uh, moral precepts. But in terms of, like, trying to argue what should happen in the future, um, I assume a certain sort of like, you know, I'm not going to argue with a guy who says um, they're animals and we should chew them up and, you know, uh, use them as, uh, you know, as fertilizer and talking about people, essentially. Oh, Dave Rubin. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I'm not having. I don't think Rubin's gone that far, but he's getting there. He's getting there. Arguments with those people. I'm having, uh, you know, I'm talking about engaging I just can't wait till he does it with Trump supporters after DeSantis leaves the race. He's going to be pissed off. Uh, you know, for the most part on this show, like uh, there's 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 two different modes in which we function. One, engaging uh, people who are sort of like um, politically adjacent and trying to convince them. And, you know, anybody who's going to be politically adjacent to the show, I think on some level, at the very least, thinks they believe that uh, in the humanity of Palestinians. And I think sometimes, like, it, you know, with the opportunity of, with those people, there's a way to point out, like, hey, you know, maybe you need to examine that. I mean, you were, you had an example before the show you were talking about, where, where I think, like, sometimes, like, people well, yes. can see. You know, I, I had like, a very, very, very difficult conversation with somebody close to me, and I, I, I had to say, you have to examine the way that you view, view Muslim people. Um, and, 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 I, and, and brown what the hell does that mean? Brown people more broadly, and just like to the question, sorry. To, it, what does that mean? To cut you off, Sam, but about Sarah and, and other celebrities sharing this. What I think is really annoying, and, and you're not on like Instagram, so you don't see this as much, but... Um, the celebrities that are, are most that are sympathetic to Palestinian liberation and, and 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 what's going on in Gaza, I would say, are being told by all their PR teams to shut the hell up. Like the only the, the, the public voices right now, unfortunately, from some public figures are pushing a, a good amount of Zionist propaganda. And then there's like a few celebrities like Gigi Hadid, who's Palestinian, who speaks out about it. But I guarantee very cautiously. you, very cautiously, and then the Israeli government's getting into a Twitter war with her, like insane people. But like it, just because people aren't speaking out right now, doesn't mean that there isn't growing support and understanding of what's happening. People are terrified. Ha they have PR teams that are telling them, 
don't say a thing, right? And what's annoying is that there seems to be very little consequences for completely reckless misinformation being spread by certain celebrities and other public figures about like what is actually happening in Gaza when it when it, as long as it is supportive of Israel. But there is an entirely like it, it, obvious, I would say, chilling effect of any Palestinian support. And like we just Greta Israel Thunberg, is tweeting, tweeting about Greta Thunberg right Greta now Thunberg, because she had yes because she had well, said solidarity with Palestine. Yeah. She had a, a, a an autistic, uh, emotional support <laughs> octopus plushie in the background of the photo. First of all, if that was a conservative, if Mike Cernovich took a video driving in his car and his kid was in the car seat um, and the kid had that stuffed animal, you would be calling him anti-Semitic all day. And there are like people saying that that was an anti-Semitic symbol that she's secretly putting in there. We're like we're talking like QAnon levels of derangement here and the picking apart of anybody who wants to say something positive publicly about Palestine. That is, I mean, I printed this out too, that the, in this, the Harvard students that are getting doxxed right now by... Oh, you don't like doxxing right now? Oh, that's fascinating. Weird. Because you liked it when it came to Chaya Rychik. Um, for, 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 for putting out that letter in support of Palestine, they're, the, the, these, the, they're putting their faces on billboards, sending their information out to potential employers. They're, they've had, their job offers have been rescinded right now. See, you know, my position is you shouldn't do this to anybody. But that's not their position. Their position is only do this to, to white people and conservatives if they get uppity. But don't dare do it to their side. Like, this, this chilling effect is real. So my, my point is just that... It, may, it feels very alone right now. I feel alone in many ways in certain conversations, but there are a lot of people. Well, you're a political extremist, and if you surround yourself or if in your family you have normal people, that's going to happen. People that are sympathetic behind the scenes, but they're afraid to say something because of, like, your family members are going to get doxxed or a right-wing group is going to put a photo up of you outside in Harvard, Harvard Square where you go to college and call you anti-Semitic so all of your classmates can see. You know, so so that's the that's the situation right now. Uh, I mean, it, it, I, it, by the way, free it. speech warriors. Where's Barry Weiss? Barry Weiss has never been a free speech warrior. She is a lunatic. OK, the actual people consistent on free speech are against these things. But I will definitely not come to your defense. I will laugh. I will laugh because you would you would do it to me. I don't think we should do these tactics and i think what desantis is doing in florida is totally insane trying to disband the palestinian groups in the colleges you're out of your mind you, I, w w there's of course going to be another group that they're going to go after in the colleges um, do they have any sort of like non-tpusa conservative groups that are america first you think for a second if like um Fuentes or even someone not Fuentes, but maybe that they don't like that's critical of Israel that has a group going in a, in a college. You think they won't ban that group? Of course, they're going to ban that group. So, yeah, that's DeSantis is being a lunatic, uh, but whatever. He's trying to win the election. He's trying to out. He's trying to out Israel Trump. Hopefully Trump doesn't bite. And he just, you know, Trump really you can just totally ignore DeSantis. You're up by like 60 points. You don't have to do anything. You really, you don't have to do anything. You can laugh, point and laugh. That's all you got to do. 
Where's Barry Weiss? Taibi's really upset Where's that, Taibi? uh, that people thought the hospital might have been bombed by Israel. Where's Greenwald? Where's Charlie Kirk? He's tweeting. Gre by the way, uh, Greenwald just came out against what DeSantis did in Florida. He just wrote about that and said it was like he's acting like a woke leftist. Green, they, at least to be fair, Greenwald's. Okay, I'm sorry. Stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I mean, I mean, look, the yeah. uh, uh, there, there's no doubt. And this is, I think. But the idea that we have to defend you guys when they're doing it to you, when you would never do that and you would you would quickly put the boot back on our neck. No, thank you. No, I don't care what happens to you. You know, when I was in Vegas, like I was I was saying, like, you know, um, within the first day, I uh, knew the face. I could identify like three different IDF uh, communications, uh, you know, uh, people. They've been on TV so much. And it, it has always been this has always been the case. Um, it is. I mean, the interesting thing from my perspective is like this is feels a lot less isolating than during the, the iraq war era uh because there's just more dissent mm -hmm. i mean the, it is uh there's there's more sort of like bloodless and insanity uh in in some respects because the israeli government is even more right-wing than it has ever been yep and they're they don't even feel like they need to uh dress up what they're talking about and they can be a lot more sort of like uh, vicious and and frankly, there's a lot of uh, settlers, um, both ethno-nationalists and religious fundamentalists, who are much more vicious. Um, which is not to say that this this has not been an ongoing thing, but like the there's no sense there's there's no sense that they even feel like they have to hide uh, their agenda or be quiet about it. But at the same time, I'm also hearing a lot more dissent uh about this then you know and it's not apples to oranges i mean it's it's not apples to apples but um i i think there's you know i i i've been saying for years i remember i don't do you remember indy mike <laughs> we we would have um uh matt remembers but years ago i i would have uh debates with this guy on like just the email thread with a bunch of people and i was like um dude the if you're concerned about Israel, um, the biggest threat to Israel is what they are doing. Exactly. They are doing. And what it's going to do in this country, because it is just a matter of time in this country, and I still contend that it is, um, it is just a matter of time before there is a critical mass, and we see it with younger people, a critical mass who understands, who sees this conflict in a different perspective. You know, when I was um, uh, 10, there was, you know, there was no reporting on the, the, the Der Yassin massacre. Nobody, there was no social media mm -hmm. that was talking about what was happening in 1948. There, you know, this is all the historians stuff. hadn't even got there in like in the 80s. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it, it there was, there, you know, we had a, like a version of the Dunning School uh, in terms of 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 the of the founding of Israel, you know, and there was no sort of like, um, you know, you didn't hear reporting about the Irgun or the Stern gang uh, as terrorist organizations. All you heard about was that Israel had been attacked uh, by, you know, six different countries. And, uh, you know, it was a big David and Goliath story. And things started to 
both change in the way that Israel approached uh, that, the, that, that region and also simultaneously a growing understanding of like how the country was uh, founded. And the further you get away from that and you, the further you get away and, and, and there's more history about how that country was founded. And I, look, I don't, I don't believe that you can go backwards in that way any more than we can say like the United States um, should essentially not exist anymore. We can't. And we can't. Is uh, well, hold on a second. Your side is always arguing about white people being colonizers. What are you talking about? Israel exists and it will exist. But, but the way in which that country deals with a greater understanding of that past and deals with the path forward, um, it, it is, it's untenable. I mean, at the, at the, at the final um, uh, analysis, it is untenable. And the question isn't, you know, will there ever be a, a, uh, a single country uh, or a resolution to this? There will be at one point. It's just a question of how many people have to die and be immiserated uh, between now and then. And I, it could be decades from now or, uh, or not, but it's not. This is untenable. And, and, and by die, I'm not even just talking about within the context of the Palestinian population or the Israeli population. I mean, this has the potential to expand. Um, and, 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 I, and I sort of feel like this is, we're at a much more tenuous uh, point in that regard than we've ever been. But, you know, it's interesting. There was an era where it was like, if you're Arab, why don't the uh, Arabs take them in? And we live in an era now where we understand, like, that is pretty offensive to say that because they're Arab, that you can expect a country to be like, well, we'll we will take them in. Like, I don't know. Like, would we ever say that about um Ukraine. Like, why did like, they have to be taken why, in? Well, but, but that's but my, my point is, is like, Jordan, we would not. Yeah. But, but my point is, is like to get people to understand the, the sort of inhumanity of that talking point, which is it's been a talking point for yeah. my entire life. Um, would you say, why isn't Poland just taking in all the Ukrainians? They're all white. They're all Caucasians. That's a good point. Like, I mean, they're, or, or they're, they're all Christian. Like, uh, like, uh, like what? Like what? Let Russia take the land. Let, I like, mean, wh they could just go to Poland. And I think like the, it's it, it has been just a, you know, I, I, I think it, it was effective for a long time. But I think like there's a broadening understanding of our, our our shared humanity, at least in some circles. And that's why we're starting to see this pushback and why we see this difference in the poll in the polling in terms of like uh, the Young way that people, people. support. Yeah. Um, so I hope we answered that. Uh, that I am. <laughs> All right. Let's see, uh, Trump was blindsided by Sidney Powell flipping. When Sidney Powell uh, accepted her plea deal and pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor counts on Thursday, a lot of us were surprised, right? I mean, to say the least. I think surprised is a bit of an understatement but we didn't see it coming. But you know who else, according to reports, didn't see it coming? Donald Trump and his legal team. 
According, according, excuse me, to Maggie Haberman, writer. Oh, always credible. Maggie Haberman, of course, the one with the, oh, he's flushing documents down the toilet. Oh, yeah. Of course, with the New York Times that has basically had to follow Trump around for the last eight years. She reported that Donald Trump and his team were, quote, blindsided by Sidney Powell's decision to take a deal and, of course, agree to flip where flipping is required of her. That is what the agreeing to testify truthfully, honestly, uh, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Uh, that's what that means. Like flip, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Uh, that's what. Did you hear that? I, I want to go back a little. I think there might have been two. Hold on a second. Put the other earphone in. Let's go back a bit. Let's let's kind of let's really listen. Say the least. I think surprised is a bit of an understatement, but we didn't see it coming. But you know who else, according to reports, didn't see it coming? Donald Trump and his legal team. According, according, excuse me, to Maggie Haberman, writer, of course, with the New York Times that has basically had to follow Trump around for the last eight years. She reported that Donald Trump and his team were, quote, blindsided by Sidney Powell's decision to take a deal and of course agree to flip where flipping is required of her. That is what the agreeing to testify truthfully, honestly, uh, right there of her. That is what the agreeing to testify truthfully, honestly, uh, truthfully, honestly, did you hear that? I'll, I'll slow it down of her. That is what the agreeing to testify truthfully on. Okay, let's slow it down to 0.25. Let's see if we can isolate this fart. We got to be in the, the 40s by now for the amount of times this has happened. Honestly. Do you hear that? Uh, you know, honestly. Uh, honestly. Honestly. Brent. So there we go. That's got to be fart 40. We're probably at fart 44. All right, Farron Cousins farting again. Let's see. Now we have plenty of time in the video. Maybe we'll get a double. Uh, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Uh, that oh my God. We have another one immediately. We have a double. We have a double. Honestly, uh, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Uh, that's honestly. This is a fart festival. Holy shit. I think we have a triple. Thing is required of her. That is what the agreeing to testify truthfully, honestly, uh, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Two. Uh, that's what that means. Like flip when flipping is necessary. Okay. I think it's just two. I thought it was three. Testify truthfully, honestly, One. Uh, you know, without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. Uh, that's no pleading the fifth. What that means, like flip without any legal restrictions, no pleading the fifth. OK, let's slow this one down. This guy is a farter. Let's have a look here. Uh, that's what that. Uh, that's fifth. Uh, the fifth. Uh, that's fifth. Uh, 
All right, we got two farts in one video. I think the all-time record is four, so we still got a ways to go for the all-time record. But we're well on our way to 50 all-time. Uh, that's what that means. Like flip when flipping is necessary. But here is what Haberman had to say on CNN after this whole thing was announced. <clears throat> They're still trying to figure out what it means. There are some people in his world who are telling me they don't think this is that big of a deal for him. They think her ability to actually really testify is marginal. They're arguing that this shows that the DA, Fonnie Willis, overcharged in this case. There's concern about the degree to which Powell could offer information, not just about former President Trump, but about former Trump lawyer and New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. That's really where the bulk of his mind share is. There's nobody in Trump world who is pretending this is a good development. They're just split on what exactly it means. So some of Trump's people think, ah, not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. And apparently others are like, no, this is, yeah, we're, we're in trouble and we don't know how to respond. We don't know how to react. Now, as I said the other day, when we talked about this story initially, uh, Trump's defense was going to be to basically throw Sidney Powell under the bus. That is what we have heard from some of his former lawyers who have been out there talking to the media. Tim Parlatore is one of them. They're going to try to argue that Sidney Powell was the lunatic. She was the crazy one who came up with these plans. You know, we, we went along with them. You, you're going to have a hard time reconciling those two facts, by the way. But that was going to be their argument, right? Yeah, she's a nut. But you listen to the person you're saying is a nut. So that's not a stellar legal defense. In fact, that's that's not even a legal defense at all. So... Go with that if you want, but Sidney Powell saw the writing on the wall. She knew she wasn't going to beat this. She knew that she was looking at a minimum, considering the charges against her, of five years in prison. So why not take the deal? When you know that everybody else is already gunning for you, taking that deal was the smartest thing. She doesn't have to go to jail. She pays a few thousand dollars in fines and restitution, has to write an apology letter to the state. But... She doesn't go to jail. And Sidney Powell was at the heart of all of this, right? She was the one in that little press conference at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping where Giuliani's hair was melting down his head. She was there. She was present at the Oval Office meetings. She has information that leads directly to Donald Trump. But let's talk for a second about that Rudy Giuliani angle, right? Because her and Giuliani for the longest time were joined at the hip. They were the two people out of all of Trump's lawyers, because he had several of them telling him, don't do this, you can't do it. Powell and Giuliani were telling him together, you can do it and we'll do it for you. So here's what this could happen. Instead of just flipping on Donald Trump, Powell could be asked, you know, because they can go take her, interview her, get her statements, and she could end up giving up all the dirt on Rudy Giuliani. They may not even go the Trump uh, path with her. They may try to get all the dirt on Giuliani, then approach Giuliani and say, hey, bud, we, uh, we got a whole list of things here. Ain't no way you're getting out of these charges. How about you make a deal with us? We know you don't have money, right? <laughs> you can't keep paying your lawyers. We'll make it real cheap for you. We'll make it so you never step foot inside of a prison but you got to give us the goods because we got oh, the goods on you. Goods. Now we need to know what you know about Trump. Uh, so Powell could be the key to cracking Rudy Giuliani. 
So lots of different possibilities here, but each and every one of them really horrible for Donald Trump. And that, of course, is why they say they were blindsided by this decision by Powell. All right. Well, that was only two. Uh, it looked like we had a chance at the record, but uh, it didn't come through at the end. Now we have some breaking news here. Uh, this is 28 seconds about the Middle East. All right, let's put this in uh, this one here. Let's have a look here. Okay. All right, yeah, <clears throat> fuck the Middle East. That was breaking news from the internet from Shosuginu. Appreciate the support, sir. All right, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking uh, Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, we're trying to get to 300 subscribers combined between Subscribestar, Rumble, and the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse. 30 days from hitting that goal, I will write a book. The Soft Gentleman, of course, wrote a book. That's available for free. You can go to the description. Free download. He is a uh, homosexual leftist. He wrote a book on how to be a virtuous liberal called What a Bigot Would Say. You can download that for free. It has been uploaded and apparently approved for distribution in all of the stores. Now, we, it, it takes a few weeks from what I've told, so I've not seen them in the stores yet. You know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. But I'll keep you guys abreast of that situation. <laughs> abreast. That's a hilarious. Why, why did they choose that as a thing? Abreast? Everyone's going to think about titties when you say that. Anyway. So, um... If we hit 300, I will then be writing the book this time, uh, and it will be rantings and uh, profane insults of all the different political people, as well as a commentary on the various political things going on, and a, a uh, as at the request of some in the audience, I will also break down how the media uses the exact same propaganda techniques as I found inside the Jehovah's Witnesses when I escaped from them in 2007. So you can uh, click in the description on the subscribe star link, or you can go to Rumble, click the red subscribe button, or you can go to the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse on his YouTube channel, The Soft Gentleman, and you can click join. All right, let's see. We have um, Silky Johnson says, HB, though I'm not a religious man, I do enjoy the spirit behind an enthusiastic sermon. And since the world is shit right now, I'd love to hear from Reverend Shitstain to give us a word on the unwiped asshole nigga and give us guidance, drop and dip. Yeah, it's been a while, especially you have, uh, I think, well, no, the un, the unwiped asshole nigga, I believe, made an appearance, I think, in the last two weeks and did some verses, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he's a hell of a character. Pungent ass odor nigga says, and I quote, 
Even when you wash your ass with soap and put it in your sphincter to Pacman enemize yourself, your anal glands still find a way to produce an oil that has an odor. So I swipe my hand up my ass like a credit card and still can harvest some sweet anal odor. All right, well, this guy, this guy likes smelling his own ass, apparently. And he also apparently, I guess, has done some research on how the ass works and what kind of shit happens and various things. So there you go. That's, uh, that's, that guy really likes his own ass right there. I have, can't say I've ever done research on my own ass. Really not interested. Just need it to work. That's all. That's about it. Um, Damien Gershwin says, Hello, HB. It's Damien from chat. Just wanted to say thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and confidant. Well, thank you. Appreciate the support. Shout out to the chats. Michelle Kincaid says, Gross alert. Did you ever watch the show A Thousand Ways to Die? One episode, a guy was addicted to huffing poop. He got high from... Uh, Ethel, E-F-T-H-Y-L, I think. Yeah, don't they also call it Jenkum or something? He couldn't get enough and was soon taking it from porter potties. I think he drowned in it. It's been a while. I'm aware of the show. I did not see that episode, though. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone dying of shit overdose. I do remember there was, um... There's a, a an internet video of a guy, this like white kid, uh, huffing. I think what's called jankum, where you like shit in a bag and huff it, and it gets you high. <sighs> That's a hell of a thing right there. You know, I, I had I had periods in my life, particularly when I was young, where I really wanted to get high, almost needed to get high, um, especially when I was a teenager. And I had anger issues when I was a teenager, and I I, I would say I'm not saying this is good or bad. But LSD and, and weed definitely seem to completely get rid of my anger issues. Um, you know, I'm sure there's drawbacks to, uh, of some sort, but I like not being an angry person. Being an angry person was no good. That, that, was, mm, that was no good. You know, you got the JWs and all that shit. It's just it's, it's what, what happens. But anyway, um, I, I remember, like, if... if Because, you know, it's so funny. Now in society, like, when is it ever dry when it comes to weed like i haven't had a situation where anyone was like oh, i can't get weed like i don't remember the last time that was, that happened in the 90s that happened all the time you know there'd be dry spells and you couldn't get weed and it sucked and um and i remember you know one time a couple times i did this i heard you could get high off of like uh what's that shit hobby glue or whatever and I tried that, and, and, and it worked. It felt like I was a little drunk. And I knew, I at least knew, this is definitely not good to do long-term. But I gave it a shot a couple of times. And it made me feel like I was drunk for like, I don't know, three to five minutes. And, uh, and I didn't do it too much. There is not a circumstance on Earth, no matter what. Even, like, and I've also, when I had a pill issue, the withdrawal from opiates is ridiculous. That is, it's worse than cigarette withdrawal. Um... It is, there is not a circumstance on this earth where I'm huffing shit, okay? If someone says, look, your, your opiate withdrawal, and again, this was years ago uh, when I had the issue, uh, you, you, you could just huff this shit and everything will be fine. I, nah, nah, I, I, no, I, I don't, uh, not, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not huffing shit. You know, huffing your own shit in a, thi like, what? Anyway, that's Jankum, and I remember the video of the guy who, um, 
who was huffing his own shit. I don't know what happened to him, if he died or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's a hell of a... So apparently this guy in the story, or on the show, <laughs> he died. Wait, hold on a second. What? Because there was a part on the point you couldn't get enough. <laughs> yeah, he drowned in a porta potty. Oh my God, that's insane. You know, there's the various stories that we've covered. People have submitted of like the one creep. The guy was creeping on women, and he was in a porta potty. <laughs> so apparently, this guy went to went into a porta potty to collect shit to get high, and he drowned in it. That's a you know what that's Darwin taking care. I mean that's that's a Darwin award winner. I don't really you know, I've said it before. If you're deliberately handling your own shit, there should be something that uh, causes you to spontaneously combust. Unless there's like a good reason. I don't know what that good reason would be. I guess if you shit your pants and you were taking the pants and throwing them in the trash and you're technically holding your own shit in the pants, you wouldn't spontaneously combust. But if you're one of these AIDS commie leftists that throws your own shit at people, you should just spontaneously combust. Your, your time on earth is over. You need to move on. Whatever else is out there, you got to go. You got to go. Anyway, that's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a way to go right there. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, let me just uh, double check here. Extraordinary Jackson says... Um, um, you can't... You can't realistically have a chance to reform anything when you have a university system that pumps out millions of trained radical revolutionaries each year. They will always work to break the system. These niggas going to suspend the election. Yeah, that is one of the things, like, because even if somehow Trump wins, there, there's a lot that has to be done. And it's maybe an insurmountable problem. It's possible. But I still think people should try. Um you don't have to try, but like I like seeing, like I, I like seeing what they did at this college in Florida. It shows that it's at least possible in a college. Now, unfortunately, they're gonna have to do what they did in the Florida college to pretty, pretty much every fucking college. That might be difficult, but yeah, that you have to. The subversion in the college has to be resolved. That's a major thing. You can't pump out generations of of human beings that are taught by commies. That is no good. That is, you have to completely reverse that. Hopefully, you can at least make a little bit of it. I don't know. But hopefully, there's a way to, to try that. But I do agree with that. Um, I don't think, did we? Hold on a second. I don't think I read this one. Cooper Sees the Truth says, The world seriously needs to return to a might equals right and conquer equals control. Because I'm so goddamn sick of all the moral fagging, victim glorifying, and just overall scheming and underhanded shit. The world was so much better off when people uh, live by, we're stronger, we conquered you, so bow or die. It's, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, and I think this is the only type of way that commies understand. I wish that wasn't true. But I do think that's pretty much the only way to deal with them. It's the only thing they respond to. Um, I wish there was a way you could, you know, an easier way or, or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's, uh, it's just an unfortunate thing. Okay. Let's see here. Here is Kyle Kalinske once again, 
eating up the media narrative about Trump spilling secrets while dressed, of course, as a Miami Vice homosexual prostitute. Let's have a look here. So the Australian billionaire who came out the other day and said um, Donald Trump was giving him top secret classified information casually at Mar-a-Lago, we now have leaked audio of some specifics that but not of donald trump talking you would need the audio of donald trump talking all you have is a guy describing a conversation that he claims that he had and on top of this apparently this is not even something that jack smith thought was indictable and jack smith will indict over total bullshit but apparently this bullshit wasn't even enough for jack smith which is incredible that went on in those conversations. So this is in media. Breaking leaked audio of Australian billionaire talking Trump secrets released by 60 Minutes Australia. Now, I would play this for you, but uh, 60 Minutes is uniquely bad with their copyright stuff. I mean, they, they'll strike you in a heartbeat and, you know, pull your monetization and all that stuff. So I, I can't play it for you, but I can give you the direct quotes which are laid out in this article here. So they say former President Donald Trump was more open with state secrets than previously reported, according to newly leaked audio recordings published by 60 Minutes Australia. The news segment, which ran early Sunday morning U.S. time, revealed Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt talking about his experiences and relationship with the former president. Pratt is the central figure in the ABC News report from earlier this month that Trump casually discussed classified information. OK, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, my God. These people. Look at this part. The private comments captured while Mr. Trump was still president. Motherfucker, case closed. While president, he can declassify. He could say whatever he wants in a conversation with somebody. These people are insane. They're just insane. Holy shit. I thought this was after. I thought it was after he was president. It's when he was president. It makes it even more bullshit than it was before. Oh, these people are unbelievable. About nuclear submarines. Unbelievable. New York Times reported on the leaked audio as well and reported this. The private comments captured while Mr. Trump was still president provide a rare glimpse into how a businessman on the other side of Mr. Trump's transactions actually viewed the New York real estate developer's tactics. With a mix of blunt acknowledgement and admiration for someone so willing to test the boundaries of the presidency, on the recordings, Mr. Pratt recounts how Mr. Trump shared with him in December 2019 what he described as elements of a conversation the president had with Iraq's leader right after a U.S. military strike there aimed at Iranian-backed forces. Days later, a U.S. drone strike in Baghdad would kill Iran's top security and intelligence commander. At one point, Mr. Pratt said Mr. Trump discussed the phone call he had with President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine earlier that year that had helped lead to Mr. Trump's first impeachment. Quote, that was nothing compared to what I usually do, Mr. Trump said in Mr. Pratt's recounting. It is not clear whether Mr. Pratt shared these accounts with prosecutors or whether prosecutors are aware of the recordings. Behind closed doors, however, Mr. Pratt described Mr. Trump's business practices as being like the mafia. Oh, well, that's a very organic narrative. Definitely nothing inorganic about this. He just so happens to match the media narrative that it's like the mafia. The New York Times report, as well as the allegation that, that Trump asked his wife, first, uh, then First Lady Melania Trump, to parade around the room or parade around the pool at Mar-a-Lago in a bikini, quote, so all the other guys could get a look at what they're missing. Watch above 60 Minutes Australia. Okay. In the secret recordings, one of the things he, he brings up is that Trump, Trump was bragging to him 
You know, I just spoke to the Prime Minister of Iraq. I was just speaking to him five minutes ago. I was just on the phone right before I'm talking to you right now. And the guy was like, oh, really? Uh, that's crazy. Well, what were you guys talking about? And Trump goes, well, he was really mad because I just bombed his country. I just bombed this, this place and his country, this city. He was not very happy about that. And he was, he was telling me, well, you just leveled my city. And I said back to him, what the fuck are you going to do about it? That's, a, that's fantastic. I, I hope that part's true to the story. That's fantastic. So according to this Australian billionaire... That's fantastic. Trump, what the fuck are you going to do about it? That's fucking awesome. He was on the phone talking about a call he just had with Iraq's prime minister. And he had just bombed uh, Iraq. And Trump said to this guy, well, what the fuck are you going to do That's about fantastic. it? That's fantastic. Oh, you're not happy I bombed your city? What the fuck are you going to do about it? Yeah, what, are, what the fuck are you going to do, bitch? As president, bitch. <laughs> That's what he hit him with. You think this? You think? You think people? You think Trump supporters are going to turn against him over this? You're oh these people. Oh my and this god! This is on top of for those of you who don't remember the specifics. This guy claimed Trump tried to get him to buy or set Trump up with some Australian officials where they could buy new U.S. defense technology. He was bragging about our submarines. And the fact that they're stealth and you can't, uh, you can't really see them. And he was bragging about the number of uh, nuclear warheads that these submarines could carry. This is all stuff that was like very top secret. Very. It doesn't matter. He was. It just said he was the president. So he's allowed to talk about whatever he wants. Very classified. Um, and he was just casually blabbering this stuff out to an Australian billionaire at Mar-a-Lago. And this is other stuff that this guy said Trump was casually, willy-nilly sharing with everybody around him. So are these are the specifics of this call going to be part of the case on the classified documents? I don't think so. I think the only one that will be is the top secret. Class well, I mean, he's been indicted over uh, c completely legal shit, so I wouldn't be surprised. But but from what I understand, the answer is no. Classified stuff regarding the nuclear submarines and the warheads. That, I think, will uh, be part of the trial. The stuff about Iraq, I don't think necessarily will be. But look, the point to make on that one is come get your uh, fake anti-war hero. There are some people who still argue to this day that, like, Trump is more anti-war than Biden. Well, Biden is on the verge of World War III, and, and Trump didn't start any new wars. He's like a threat to the establishment or whatever. We have... That's obvious. Recordings... Of him, how is saying to Iran, "What the fuck are you gonna do about it?" How the fuck is that in any way equivalent to what the hell's going on right now? Bragging about bombing Iraq and and shutting the Iraqi prime minister down when he objected and said, "What the fuck are you gonna do about it?" How is that comparable to what Joe Biden is doing right now? You're an, you're an idiot. You're just a fucking moron. Come get your anti-war hero, your fake anti-war hero. What a con. What a joke. This guy is a con and a joke. That's funny he used those terms. The guy is, and again, you remember the bombing of Soleimani. You, I, I don't, we don't even need to get into all this. Yeah, you fuck got, Soleimani. He got what he deserved. Guys remember all this, but the fact of the matter is, this guy is now uh, really spilling the tea about what Trump was like behind the scenes. And in this uh, little segment... He's he, drinking tea like a faggot. That's what he's doing. Here, he expresses admiration at a guy who's like that brazen and pushes boundaries that much. 
But then he also is sort of like horrified at Trump at the same time and like shocked at how crass he is and shocked at the information he's willing to casually give away. So anyway, uh, there you have it. I think some of this stuff will come up um, at the at the trial when it comes to the classified document. Oh, I'd love to see this come up. Uh, try to argue that Trump's not allowed to declassify as president. It's in the obstruction of justice because he could not shut up about it. And this is not even getting into the, the, the conversation, the further conversation about was anybody paying for access to this, to this material, right? Was like he had all this top secret and classified stuff. Why did he take that stuff in particular? And what benefits was he getting off the off of those things? Well, well that- again, you're now combining. Now you're pretending that this story is about a conversation that happened after he was president. But it clearly said you read it. It was before. That's where the conversation about potentially selling stuff to Saudi Arabia or others comes into play. But right. Which there's zero evidence at, at that was originally, I think, made up by Chank Uger. This guy's got a lot of the secrets and oh, he's yeah. willing to uh-huh. share. Hey, y'all, yeah. do me a favor. Not made up at all. Um, Trump wanted Melania to parade around half naked. Who wouldn't want Melania Trump to parade around half naked? What are you kidding me? The fact that Donald Trump, the fact that Donald Trump may have leaked state secrets is not again not a real thing. You you are the president. You can talk about what you want. The only revelation that we got recently from Australian billionaire and Mar-a-Lago member Anthony Pratt. Because in the midst, of course, of talking about how Donald Trump allegedly told him all these state secrets and told him about all the conversations he was having with foreign leaders and possibly even revealing classified information, Pratt also- Again, if he's the president at the time, he could reveal classified information. And when he reveals it, it automatically becomes declassified. That is how it works. So let's slip. Another little nugget that's not necessarily as damning. How did he let slip? He said in in front of everyone, according to this uh, story, that he wanted Melania to parade around so people would know what they're missing. And then she said in response, I'll do that as soon as you walk around in a bikini. As, you know, it's called banter. That's what normal people do. It's not a scandal. Revealing classified information. And it's certainly not illegal. But it is scandalous to a degree, nonetheless. None of this is illegal, retard. And this revelation from Pratt is that while he was with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, Trump actually suggested to his wife, Melania, who was the first lady at the time, that she needed to parade around Mar-a-Lago half naked in a bikini, you know, to make all the other guys interested, to make them jealous, to... I don't know, maybe drum up a little excitement here at Mar-a-Lago. People aren't exactly coming here for the chocolate cake. So how about you give them a little bit of your goodies to entice more people to come? Pratt said that Trump wanted her to saunter around the pool in her swimsuit, quote, so all the other guys could get a look at what they were missing. And Pratt said that Melania then responded and said, I'll do that when you walk around with me in your bikini. So obviously Melania wasn't too happy about this and said, you want me to be half naked? How about you go put on your speedo and then yeah, I'll do it. You want to use me as a piece of meat? I'll turn around and use you as a piece of meat. But that is a piece of meat that expired a long, long time ago. Let's be real about it. 
Now, Trump's campaign, of course, has come out and said this is total BS. None of it's true. Trump would never ask Melania of that. That's definitely not like him. Except it's exactly like him. <laughs> because we also have a new book uh, from, uh, uh, what is it, McKay Coppins about Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney told a story about how he was at a, a sporting event with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump said to his son um, about Melania, they were dating at the time. They weren't married yet. He said, told Romney's son, by the way, not, not Trump's son, told Romney's son. When I drop her, the phone is going to ring off the hook. Every guy in New York wants to go out with her. Oh, well, I imagine that's probably true. She's smoking hot and she leaped the wall. Because that's all Melania is. The former first lady of the United States. So, you know, oh, now you're going to pretend that you respect Melania? Oh, these people are rich. I, trust me, I wasn't a fan of her by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I, th I think she's just as awful as the rest of the Trump family. But this is still a former first lady of the United States. Her name will be in history books. It is somebody we have to deal with. It is a position that is respected and should be respected. And the president of the United States just wants to reduce her to a piece of meat. <laughs> Man bait, basically. Yeah, okay. Go out there, show what you got, make the other men jealous. You know, I'm president of the United States, your first lady. Let's give them something to look at. You know, of all the scandals that Donald Trump has been involved in, you know, most recently, obviously, the 91 counts against him, felony indictments. Um, yeah, 91 indictments. The treatment of women always seems to fall by the wayside. Oh, it's the most serious one. Right? It always comes back up. Oh, yeah. You know, the access... Because yeah, you start running out of ideas, so you go back to this. Hollywood tape, the 18 women that have oh, accused yeah. him of sexual oh, yeah. misconduct. Right. I mean, He's Huffington Post reported it's actually more than 40 that oh, have accused sure. him of it. Let's make it a fagillion. A fagillion gorillion. The sexual harassment lawsuits, the E. Jean Carroll oh, assault yeah. That one's believable lawsuit defamation lawsuit where trump was, was found liable found liable <laughs> i mean all of it comes back up every now and then but then it kind of falls by the wayside it's like his treatment of women his complete scumbaggery yeah, it's almost like a propaganda cycle we'll call it is the one thing that always continuously gets swept under the rug and this may be one of the biggest things that needs to be out there every day. Yeah, every because day. Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter if Pratt is even making this story up about right, me. Right, guys. It doesn't matter if he's making it up. Oh, that's a mask off. Lonnie, he could be. Maybe this exchange never took place. Maybe Trump didn't ask Melania to do that. But that doesn't mean that all of these other things didn't happen, right? The E. Jean Carroll stuff, the 18 other women accusing him of misconduct, the Access Hollywood tape. Those are things that tell us what kind of a person Donald Trump is. And that's the kind of thing we need to take seriously. That is the kind of thing that should be a campaign issue. Democrats need to bring this back up. Right. Trump falls flat with women voters. He certainly did in 2020. And this statements like this stories like this on top of all of the history kind of seems like the thing that needs to stay out there and alive oh, yeah. to remind everyone, not just women voters of the level of depravity, depravity. degradation, mm -hmm. and just general scumbaggery that comes along with Donald Trump. Yeah. They're out of ideas. They are out of ideas.
Um, cult members say they have no problem with Trump serving from prison. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Recently, NBC News decided to interview a bunch of different Trump supporters to find out what they thought about the prospect of the man that they blindly support going to prison and possibly being in prison during the 2024 election and beyond. And to pretty much nobody's surprise, these cult members actually said they don't care. We don't care if he's in prison while he is president of the United States. I mean, that's not going to happen, but yeah, this is a badge of honor. These people indicting him are pedophiles because, you know, specifically they're talking about the Georgia case where Trump is facing a minimum of five years and it's a state crime, not a federal crime. So he wouldn't be able to pardon himself. And who cares? The governor of the state of Georgia does not have the authority to pardon people. They have a pardon board. And you have to wait five years blah, blah, blah. to be able to submit your request for a pardon. So if Trump goes to jail in Georgia, he will jail. be in jail in Georgia for the minimum fat chance um, you of wish. the next entire presidential administration. You wish. So there's a good chance. Do I hope you get put in prison. That would make my day. Who goes to? Or you just take another uh, booster. I'll take either. Jail. <laughs> from at least please. 2024 to 2028. Um, so his supporters, however, say like, we don't care. Like he could, he could do it from jail. That's literally what these people are saying. Let me read you some of these responses. One of them actually said it would be kind of, that's the beauty of this. If he gets convicted and then, uh, they, they can't kick him off the ballot and he wins. That's the biggest fuck you even bigger than 2016's. That is the ultimate, there is, there will never be a fuck you like that delivered to these people in the history. It will be the greatest fuck you of all time. The greatest middle finger of all time. Fun to see, actually. I know that sounds crazy. Yes, it does. Yes, it does sound crazy. So I'm glad you're still coherent enough to know that what you're saying is crazy. And on that note, I'm going to say it actually kind of would be fun to see. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Here's another one. Arizona Trump supporter Dana Duke suggested, for instance, that, quote, if he's convicted and he wins, put the Oval Office in whatever prison they have him in. Brilliant, right? Why didn't we think of that? Just go to the White House, get the big desk, and you can take a couple guys to move it. It's a big desk. Um, I don't know if you get double doors in there to be able to move it. You may have to take out a wall. I don't know the logistics, but you get the desk, you drag it out of the White House, Throw it up on a U-Haul, drive it down to that Georgia prison, stick it in his jail cell, then boom, brand new Oval Office. Again, why didn't we think of this brilliant idea? Republican Vicki Scott claimed there was nothing that would keep her from voting for Trump again and issued a veiled threat based on her belief that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump. <laughs> Vicki Scott says, quote, he could still run for president if he's behind bars and he would still get the same amount of votes. Keep him tied up all next year and we're still going to vote for him. And I'll tell you what, if it gets stolen again, it might be a third world war. Oh, probably going to be in there before that. I don't know if that's what Vicky sounds like, but in my head, that is definitely what Vicky sounds like. 
because that's definitely the kind of thing you would expect from a backwoods hick Republican. Mm. Um, I'll take the backwood hicks over you pedophiles every day, all day. Yeah, they don't care. The cult members do not care. Again, to nobody's surprise. But at some point, shouldn't we have, not reporters out there talking to these people, shouldn't we send mental health professionals to do these interviews? First, he wants them locked up because they're not voting the way he wants them to. People who are... But that's fair, because I want him locked up. So, you know, we, I try to be fair. Experts in deprogramming cult members? Oh, yeah. I'm not kidding, either. Like, those are the people... I'm not kidding, either. Well, ...that NBC News should be hiring. Don't send out, you know, your on-the-field reporter with a microphone. Send out a psychologist with a microphone that knows how to talk to people that are in these mental states and just try to get a little bit of reason and rationale in there. I can't reason with these people. You can't reason. Well, you're a liar. They know you're lying. That's why you have no shot. That's it. It's as simple as that. They know you're lying. And you keep trying to repeat the same lies over and over. With these people. These reporters can't reason with these people. But if we, I don't know, maybe switch up the roles a little bit, let the reporters take a day off and send the mental health professionals out there to do these interviews. Maybe they can crack a couple of these nuts. And I mean that quite literally. Yeah. Well, I imagine you, you're, you clearly want violence and that's not surprising. Maybe. It's what happens when angry people like you don't get your way. I imagine it's the same thing, same situation your family faces. Otherwise, like this one woman said, we could be looking at World War III. Because if Trump loses, doesn't matter if he loses by, you know, 30 million votes, they're going to claim it was stolen. There will be violence. There will. Like, not maybe, there will be. So maybe send the mental health professionals out now. Right. So he wants mental health professionals to visit people who are not voting for the candidate he wants them to vote for. And save ourselves a lot of chaos next year. Right. So we don't have to kill them after. Here. We can, I guess, try to deprogram them before we kill them. Now, he's claiming that Trump Jr. is somehow legally culpable for breaking the gag order that was done to Trump. And I'm pretty sure that's not how this works. Am I missing something? So the, the gag covers not just Trump, but other people not involved in the case. I don't think... Is Trump Jr. involved in this case? Maybe he's involved in the case. Did I miss it? I don't know. That seems weird. Well, folks, last week, Donald Trump got popped for violating the gag order that had been placed upon him by Judge Arthur Ingeron. And the reason for that, of course, is because Donald Trump did not fully delete the original post that he had shared on Truth Social, attacking one of the staffers in the courtroom. Uh, he deleted it from Truth Social, but he didn't delete it off of his own website, donaldjtrump.com. So Judge Ingeron decided to do the very bare minimum, and on Friday he hit Donald Trump with a $5,000 fine. He could have, could have put him in jail over the weekend, you know, just sit and think what you did, but instead he said, give the court $5,000. Kind of weak, not what I wanted, but hey, at least it's some kind of punishment for breaking the rules, right? Well, shortly after Donald Trump was fined $5,000, Donald Trump Jr. decided to one-up his father 
and potentially violate the gag order himself by sharing an article on Twitter. I've, I've never seen any talk that this gag order applies to anyone other than Donald Trump. How, how is that? What are you going to argue next? Trump supporters are now violating the gag order by saying things on the Internet that you don't like? He, you're, you're saying you want this guy locked up because he shared an article? attacking Judge Ingeron and accusing him of violating judicial ethics. Let me give you a little bit more backstory before I can tell you the full story. The reason Donald Trump got popped for not deleting the post last week was because the group, the media company Midas Touch, great folks, by the way, a bunch of uh, rabid homosexual leftists. Uh, they actually brought it to everybody's attention. Like, Hey, oh my God, he still has this thing on his website. Well, that made it all the way up to New York Attorney General Letitia James. She brought it to the judge and the judge took action upon that, all based on Midas Touch being the group to expose it. Now, Midas Touch did not go to Judge Ingeron and say, Judge, you have to do something about this. Look at our reporting. All they did was bring it oh, to everybody. Yeah, all they did, they, they, they didn't do anything. Everybody's attention, like, hey, this is still here, kind of a big deal. So, Junior gets on Twitter, shares an article from the right-wing outlet National Pulse that, uh, well, let me read this. It said that Judge Ingeron, quote, is acting on the orders of Democrat Political Action Committee Midas Touch 100%. in sanctioning Trump. Yeah. And as Midas Touch actually points out, this post- So he wants Trump Jr. locked up for criticizing Democrat operatives disparages the judge by accusing him of committing ethical violations of the judicial code of ethics by doing oh, the yeah, bidding the judge belongs in prison of a political pack. If true, that would result in the removal of any judge from the bench. In fact, the judge was simply made aware of what was reported by a media company, not a political pack. But junior still sent that out to 10 million of his followers Fuck you. attacking the judge, Good. which deserved it. based on the gag order, you can't do. And Midas Touch, of course. So, so again, I thought the gag order applied to Donald Trump. I've never heard them argue at all that this gag order applies to Donald Trump Jr. Or anyone else. I mean, maybe like the lawyer, if the, you know, lawyer, but like, what are you talking about? Did I miss that? Am I missing that gag orders can apply to people not involved in the case? Of course, it's not a political action committee. They are a media company. But here's the thing, and Midas Touch points this out. Um, Donald Trump Jr., just like Donald Trump Sr., just like Eric Trump, is subjected to that gag order. That gag order is not limited to just Donald J. Trump. Well, why didn't they say that? So Jr. going out there and spreading this fake news. I mean, do it. Keep talking. Trump Jr., fucking make them take the mask off even further. About the judge, that should be considered a violation of that gag order. And again, this happened, it was either late Friday or over the weekend. You know, so today's Monday. Today, this will likely be dealt with by the judge, if not acknowledged and submitted to the judge. So this week, we may have action on this particular issue. And hopefully, Jr., gets popped with a little bit more of a penalty than his father. Because after all, right, the well, first- good, I hope you, again, I, this is why I, I hope he gets put in jail because he's wishing people are put in jail over sharing an article.
He posted an article from a media outlet, and bald fuckface wants him arrested. Okay, no problem. What's good for the goose is good for the faggot. First time you do it, I can see how in Trump's case, you could pretend it was a mistake. But in Junior's case, there's no excuse for that at all. Like, you can't even pretend that this was a mistake. It was an article filled with lies about a media company and about a judge. And the judge part is definitely something that is actionable based on the content and the wording of that gag order. So hopefully Junior gets popped with this, but we'll have to wait and see what happens this week. Hopefully you get popped with something, you bitch. All right, let me uh, read this. Uh, Michelle Kincaid says, seriously, what do they think Sydney is going to say that would hurt Trump? It'll probably be something like her being in the room when Barr called Trump and told him that there was no fraud. Trump hangs up the phone and calls Barr an idiot. The end. Yeah, the, the, the key issue they have here is there's no crime. She didn't witness any crime. Um, and yeah, the Barr thing, they act like that's criminal of Trump when Barr told him that there's nothing to this. That somehow it's legally binding for Trump to obey Bill Barr. It's a preposterous argument, but they argue it like that all the time. Uh, oh, this person told Trump this. Yeah, you're allowed. He's allowed to disagree if he wants to. So yeah, I I don't see, and I, I've been watching Barnes is pretty good. Robert Barnes, as far as um, legal analysis, and I, from what I understand, the argument he was making w was that Fannie Willis is not ready to go to trial, so they were willing to drop all of these felonies. And in Sidney Powell's case, uh, have her plead to a misdemeanor, or I think a few misdemeanors or whatever, but ultimately a $5,000 fine, write an apology, and be on probation. And she took that, obviously, and, um, and, uh, and that's it. So there's no, yeah, there's, they're acting like it's a given that they're going to testify. I'll believe that when I see it. It wouldn't, like, shock me. But I want to see what, what are these people going to argue? The, the, I would love these trials to be televised. It is going to be insane. These trials are going to be crazy. Because these indictments, like in Georgia, Fannie Willis is an idiot. I would love to watch the Ricadas of the world and the Barnes of the world just completely tear these uh, uh, cases apart piece by piece. I think that'll be very entertaining. I'll obviously cover it too if you want just you know profane anger. Uh, that you know, that's it. Really depends what you're looking for. If you want like good legal analysis, definitely not the channel. I would recommend Ricada or Barnes Law. If you find any, what would you call it? What's that word? You find any sort of um, catharsis in listening to a person vicious, viciously insult these people? Well, that this this would be the show for you. All right, very good. That is the end of the stream. Next stream is uh, Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats and Streamlabs. Sincerely appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. Or you can go to Twitter, which is at LiveHNN. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys Thursday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.